Hi, I'm Rafe, and I'm taking over for the stupid robot. I'm not allowed to listen to this podcast because it has curse words, and I don't like spoilers. If you are like me, stop listening now. If you are an awful person like my dad, keep listening and enjoy. When I say I want, you say pie. I want pie. I want pie. When I say yummy, you say pie. Yummy pie. Yummy pie. Apple, rhubarb, peach, or pear. Any kind, we don't care. like the Quaker Town comic Jim Winner, then you've just been dying to get inside a teenage boy. And if that's the case, then you're in luck, thanks to the Firestorm Matrix, making sickos fantasies come true since 1978. Welcome back to the DC Comics podcast that keeps it real in the field, whatever that means. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. I don't agree with anything you just said, Eric. And, it, <laughs> and you're who? And I'm Jim Warner. That's right, the Quaker Town comic. This is episode number 44 of Weird Out Loud. If that's what it's like, to, or what you need to be to be the Quaker Town comic, I am now the Quaker Town comic. Like a man ship said, I don't know who this comic guy is because I don't know this teenage boy thing. I did not approve <laughs> that message. Ay, 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 Eric, uh, you know what we are? What are we? We are the official unofficial podcast of the site, weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. A lot of mm-hmm. handsome guys over there. Yes. We're also proud members of the Comics Podcast Network at comicspodcasts.com. Proud. And hey, I'm going to just say it right now. If you want to yell at me, make fun of Eric, or tell Eric what Imaginex you might want released next, yeah. our email is weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And our Twitter is Weird Science DC. And you know what? I'll talk to you. Eric probably won't talk to you. Would you talk to people? They, they start tweeting. You always jump in late in the game. Yeah, I always jump in. I'm always late to the game. Yeah, you always try bringing it down, too. You, what? You're a party pooper. Fucking nerd. <laughs> and I will, oh, Jesus. So I will continue by saying we would love it if you'd rate and review our podcast, Eric, because we like to win. We're winners. Try to be. Well, we're not. That's why we want to be in this. One Motherfuckers thing, always try to ice skate thing, uphill. Yep. One thing that we try to uh, do good and uh, whatever. But yeah, you can uh, rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you download it. That'd be awesome. I made that claim last week. Nobody did it. We Bunch just of jerks. There. Yep. They just listened for free. That's all we asked, Eric. That's all we ask. And you know what? It was a tough week. Yes, it was. You're going to hear it throughout this whole podcast. Everybody who's listening to this, you're going to hear it from the people who mail us. You're going to hear it from us. Then you're going to hear it more from us. But, boy, uh, we both said this is probably the worst single week of comics that we've had since we started our site. About two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. And it's definitely the podcast. uh, Almost a year. We're almost at the year anniversary. Crazy. One year old. And, yeah, it was bad. What is, I don't know what it, more to say, uh, but, man, DC's in trouble. We're all in trouble. We're all in trouble. What, what, was, what do you think? Any sort of comments about it? Or? We'll get to it when we get to the books. Okay. I thought we were going to actually talk about what we thought was going to happen, but we'll move on then. I'll say, if you want to talk about what's <laughs> no, going to happen, no. they're going to have to cha- radically change everything they're doing right now. Do the opposite of what you're doing right now. Um, you might succeed then. Yeah, it's, it's bad. I'm trying to keep everything up and... and chipper but boy we have a lot of shitty books this week i might start crying saying happy birthday to myself in the corner. Know. who knows well, we could we might uh but you know what we're gonna move on with the news eric oh shit the news yep Girl, what's your sole purpose in this army to do whatever you tell me drill sergeant god damn it Trump. you're a goddamn genius 
That's the most outstanding answer I've ever heard. You must have a goddamn IQ of 160. You are goddamn gifted, Private Gump. Ah, <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. They just get longer and longer. I know, right? It's news, Forrest Gump quotes. And the next thing of this is going to be a six-hour podcast with your goddamn one... Two hours with, are going to be the Your one sound movie. effect. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But yes, we are in the news section. And we're going to start off with a little sad news. The Batman, or Batmobile designer, George Barris, passed away, Eric. You tell you me sad news. I swear to God, ago. I mourned like last year I yeah, thought he died. I, maybe he was just sick then. Uh, yes, according to a Facebook post from his son, Brett, George Barris, oh, the Brett. designer of the 1960s TV Batmobile, has passed away at the age of 89. Yeah, that's a long life. It's a good run. He says, sorry to have to post that my father, legendary custom car king, George Barris, and for some reason that custom is with a K, uh, that means that he really, uh, that's like kick-ass, I think, with a K. It's like He's, X with the 90s. Uh, yes. Uh, George Barris has moved to the bigger garage in the sky. <laughs> what he, kind of <laughs> shitty heaven is that? <laughs> the guy just wanted to get, he's like, oh, finally, I can just leave. I don't have to deal with a goddamn garage ever again. He wakes up in heaven, it's a garage, and, and God wants him to soup up his freaking pimp his ride. All George Barris wanted his entire life was to live and then die and have there be nothing. <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to relax. Now he's in a big garage he's, in the sky. He's God's mechanic. He passed on peacefully in his sleep at 2.45 a.m., said the younger Barris. The younger Barris is probably 70. He was surrounded by his family in the comfort of his home. He lived his life the way he wanted till the end. He would want everyone, to, he would want everyone to celebrate the passion he had for life and for what he created for all to enjoy. Thank you all for the posts and calls. Your love is deeply appreciated. Peace. Peace out. Peace out. Well, Barris was best known as the designer of the 66 Batmobile, Eric. I'm about to drop some knowledge on you that really, uh, I'm very impressed, actually. He also designed many classic television and film automobiles, including Green Hornet's Black Beauty. Not much of a stretch. I, uh, I love the Black Beauty. The room. 60s TV show The Munster's Coach. Love The Munster's Coach. The Not jal- as much as Dragula, this is my but... favorite, though. The Jalopy from the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> and I, I wonder, I know he created the jalopy, but was he the one who put Granny up on that rocking chair on the top? No, he, just put, he just put the rocking chair up there. That's what made it. That made it. And Kit from Knight Rider. What badass car. That is some good stuff. But yeah, he passed away. He's, he's in that garage in the sky here. And, and this might like, be old news if he died last year. Yeah, this came out. Even my wife today goes, hey, the guy who did the Batmobile died today. I said, it's old news two days ago or something. <laughs> um, Jerk. Th- this is what I imagine. Like, I, I have a heart attack tonight. Because I had a lot of shitty food today. And I wake up in heaven and, and you're there with a mic. And I'm like, God damn it, this must be no! hell. This is hell. Send me back. Send <laughs> the, me the, back. The next bit of news, Emma Caulfield is cast as Cameron Chase for CBS's Supergirl. One of DC's premier DEO agents is coming to the small screen courtesy of CBS's Supergirl. According to the Mary Sue, Buffy the Vampire Slayer actress Emma Caulfield has been cast as Cameron Chase in an upcoming episode of the CBS series. For the uninitiated, Cameron Chase is a DEO agent specializing in metahuman activities who debuted in the pages of Batman before landing her own series, which ran for 10 whole issues, Eric. Fan favorite. (laughs) Most recently in the New 52, Cameron Chase was seen taking on Batwoman. Here's how CBS described her character on Supergirl. 
Heroic. After a <laughs> spirit of a hero. After her father's violent murder, Cameron Chase decided to dedicate her life to law enforcement. Of course. Everything yeah. has to do with a violent murder of some My parent. parents are dead, uh, Supergirl. Now a stern, no-holds-barred FBI agent. Chase's weapon of choice are manipulation, manpower, and sexiness, Eric. With little sympathy and plenty of suspicions, she pursues her targets with ruthless determination. Who the fuck writes this shit? I'm already irritated. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Steve Orlando on these things? He work for cbs holy crap her choice of manipulation and manpower with little sympathy and plenty of suspicions she pursues her target god fuck you i am so angry god dude dude if anybody's looking for a positive podcast get the get out get out i like emma confident get out while you can you told me i said hey emma confident man she's hot you're like not anymore did i say that (laughs) yeah you said something like you haven't seen her lately Man, I was a dick then, yeah, apparently. I, I always just go back to the Halloween episode where she was dressed as Charlie's Angels, but yeah. she was just in her freaking short shorts and roller skates. Yeah, that was good. So hot. Yeah, but yeah, we were at, we were on break whenever this news, either yesterday or the day before, which I'll just mention we are recording this on uh, November 7th, Eric. And it's All right. I, I was going to do that at the beginning. Everybody seems to do that on these podcasts. They mention when they're recording. You want to be like everybody else? Is that cares. what you want? Hey, 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 I'm the CEO and editor in charge. What do you think of that? There's the next baby. news. What do you, you like Emma Caulfield? You, Love you, Emma Caulfield. Why would you tell me that she doesn't look good anymore? Maybe she doesn't. You were I just don't saying it out of your ass. Probably. All right. The next bit lot. of news. Did you read this news before? No. No. Well, this one actually. Oh, is, no. I did read this. Yeah, this Holy one's shit. not. This is serious. I'm not even going to joke about this because this involves, uh, especially was something up. with um, uh, our man Pop Man. Yeah. On the uh, this guy was a friend of his. FBI joins the hunt for missing comic book artist Norman Lee, and I'm telling you, we probably talked about this in the first couple episodes of our podcast. I know I, we I, did mention. I thought it was in May or something like that. Uh, it was it was early though. But according to the Cayman 27 News, the FBI have joined in the search for missing comic book artist Norman Lee. The longtime anchor disappeared while snorkeling in the Grand Cayman Islands in March. So it would have been March, March that we yeah. talked about. The report states that Lee went missing while snorkeling with his wife only 250 feet from shore, though he is in close proximity to a several thousand foot drop to the ocean floor. <laughs> that happens? Why, I don't. That, why do people do this stuff? Why go snorkeling, Eric? You know what? <laughs> I don't snorkel, and I'm alive. I'll say, though, snorkeling should be like a simple thing. Snorkeling. Like I, if I'm going to snorkel, I'm going to be in a pool. Did you ever watch and the I'm snorks? telling you, it's not Nothing even going to be. Nothing bad ever yeah, happened. It's not even. It's, uh, my snorkeling won't even go into a uh, in-ground pool. Above ground only. I was going to say, scared. the in-ground had your uncle painted the shark oh, on the yeah. bottom. Well, so. the other problem is is I'm always afraid when you're snorkeling that some asshole is going to come and put his hand over his <laughs> snorkel, which I is think probably... That's my yeah, I know I was going to say that's usually me. Uh, local, see, now we're joking. This is not a joking time, Eric. No, local not, authorities, I, I felt so bad, yeah. too, when I read the story. Local authorities, all about they it. initiated an air and water uh, search for three days following Lee's initial appearance that proved unsuccessful. Appearance, disappearance, it should have brewed, that proved unsuccessful. The FBI have confirmed their recent involvement in the search, but would not provide any details about the investigation. I don't know what they're hoping to find at this no, point. Oh, I know. Do they think he pulled an Oliver Queen as on no. fucking island either, either they think he did that or there's some funny business going on. And I Faked would like to know that or they think his Iris? wife's involved. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. But yeah, for them to get involved this late is very odd. Lee is best known as a penciler and inker who has worked on numerous titles for Marvel, DC, and third-party publishers, including Astonishing X-Men, Avengers, Deadpool, and DC One Million. And uh, I don't know. At one point, I was even thinking to uh, message old uh, Pop Lee or uh, Pop Man, and I thought, no, 
No, that's, <laughs> that's a dick not, move right that's there. That's not fun to message. No, I was going to just say, hey, I saw uh, that about Norman Lee in the news, and you know what? That, that sucks. Yeah, because he was—he seemed to be breaking, uh, broken up by it. Well, he's a good friend of him. Yeah, he is. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's going to happen about it. We're going to hear some more, but it might be. But yeah, I don't. Why did I even put that news in there? I don't know. I'm no, already yeah. miserable. Uh, next bit of news: Jeff Johns returns to Aquaman. Eric, Aquaman. Woo! Yeah, now you'll be excited that you uh, do the book, right? Yeah, Finally, because right. Jeff Johns has announced that he and his former Aquaman collaborators, Ivan Rice and Joe Prado, are returning to the character in a storyline called Rise of the Seven Seas. The news came by way of a tweet from the DC Chief of Creative Officer with artwork from Johns' previous run on the book. The tweet said, I can officially say that Ivan Rice, Joe Prado, and I have started work on Rise of the Seven Seas. The team is back. You know Johns, the best part about this what's is? that? He put this tweet out as soon as Jay Garrick mentioned, uh, did an Aquaman yeah, reference you in said the Flash that. episode. Hokey. It's John's fun. alluded How to a, I thought it was, uh, he put that out just as Cullen Bunn was there crying that nobody's buying his Aquaman. <laughs> he saw him, he's down the hall, he hears him weeping. He's like, yeah, all right, I'm with the team is back, baby. Hey, uh, Cullen, <laughs> hey, Cullen, you get my tweet? What happened if you added at Colin Bunn? Uh, John's alluded to a Rise of the Seven Seas storyline as last issue of Aquaman, November 2014's number 25, which I loved. And the final page is that issue. Neris, King of Zebel, confronts Orm and Aaron to reveal that he knows the location of the Seven Seas. At the time, Aquaman was the king of the First Sea and Neris, king of the Second Sea, Zebel. The issue ends with Neris asking Orm to join him in helping the kings of these Seven Seas to take over Earth. In this week's announcement, Johns did not give any details as to when or where this Rise of the Seven Seas storyline would appear. Somewhat coincidentally, however, current Aquaman writer Cullen Bunn recently announced that he's leaving the title January 2016. This is funny, too, because I forgot all about that this ended on a cliffhanger. You yeah. were reviewing at the time. I, I don't even think I was reading regularly at this point, mm-hmm. and I forgot all about this. Yeah, to me, this there was always the, the that this was going to happen at some point, and... I think that Cullen Bunn quitting uh, took them by surprise, and they needed a stopgap of some sort before either a new writer jumps in or Cullen they Bunn. have, or He's they have, sweetheart. yeah, or they have a like a reboot type of thing, which is what I think is going to happen next summer. Um, because everything, like basis. I said, I even told you, everything seems to be pointing towards something happening June, July time. Shit's all ending and stuff like that. Even with, uh, say, a Mega Man being extended to 12 issues, that seems to go around that. I didn't do much of the math. Uh, but it does seem like thing, <laughs> it seems like everything's going to end around there. And I don't know. I said to you, if that's the case, if they're going to do a thing, which we what we thought would be the greatest, like you said, back to the basics, but also it'd be cool if they had a, like, New look, new creators, and they mixed everything up. Almost like we what we do with this. our reviews. Yeah, we but I'm saying this. that, but they new didn't. New look, new creators. No, they didn't do new creators. I'm saying, you know, they didn't change like, that much. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm saying, like we said, Scott Snyder leaving Batman. Oh, right. Uh, right. You know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, even if you had the same books, but change it up a bit, and maybe this is there to wait for that. Or, like, another thing would be that you have Cullen Bunn just quit. You don't want to just add somebody else or they don't have time to add somebody else. Jeff Johns and these guys had this story a little bit done, so they'll go with it. Uh, I don't know. But you're excited, right? I'm excited. Everybody is. All of a sudden, uh, people on Twitter. And again, if you remember, Cullen Bunn was pissed at you. That's why he he quit. I think he announced it was hashtag Eric Shea's an ass. 
That was the hashtag going that around. That is a regular hashtag. Bonds. A lot of people well, use it. Well, it is. Well, he just jumped on it. What he did was he put hashtag Eric Shea, and then the thing came, <laughs> the automatic thing came. Eric Shea's an ass, or Eric Shea, Eric Shea, America's sweetheart. He went with the ass. And but I think that it was um, a toss up. Yeah, I, he was all upset that Twitter and the reviewers were mean. Correct. <laughs> He did there, say that, right? Why is everybody always yeah, picking on yes, me? Yes, Charlie Brown. <laughs> he, everybody's pounding on him. <laughs> he's a clown. He's pounding on him. And uh, the minute that Jeff Johns announced this, it like I'm telling you, just the crowd went wild. And I, I just picture Cullen Bunn just sitting there like, you motherfuckers. You know, I like to imagine it's, they're all at the D- – everybody just hangs out at the D.C. office, the one that we imagined in our minds. Yes, yes. And Cullen – like uh, Jeff Johns walks in. Everybody picks him up on, on, on their shoulders like Ralphie's dream. And he's yep. freaking walking around. Everybody's cheering for him. They're he's just freaking- cheering for him. And there's Cullen Bunn in the corner, you son of a bitch. And somehow what I heard was it was Jeff Johns who actually uh, made Cullen Bunn bald. <laughs> He, set he shaved fire. him while he was sleeping. <laughs> and it never grew back. He's the Lex <laughs> Luthor. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. All right, the next bit of news is another Poor bit of Colin sad Bunch. news, Eric. It's another bit of sad news. October's top 10 best-selling comics have been announced, and there are no DC comics on it. Top 10, Ooh. no DC comics. And before I tell you what the top 10 are, I will say that the, I don't care. Biggest, no DC comics. the biggest problem, well, we'll just, I'll just rip through them, but the biggest thing is that Marvel accounted for 43.65% of all dollars spent by retailers in October uh, versus 21.85% for Christ. DC. They doubled. That's fucking terrible. Uh, but yeah, here's. I got to do my homework, but I do not think that DC's ever been this well. No, it's it's awful. Actually, it's their worst since they did mention this on Twitter. Okay. I saw something on Twitter. And it was like something like their worst since '88. It, it's something really say, it's bad. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, but yeah, the top ten was Invincible Iron Man number one, Amazing Spider Man number one, Spider Gwen number one, Secret Wars number six, Doctor Strange number one, Star Wars number ten, Chewbacca number one, Journey to Star Wars: The Force Awakens: Shadow Empire number two, stupid ass title, and Guardians of the Galaxy number one, and Amazing Spider Man number two. Yeah, it's all this stuff. I, me and you talked with um, Ryan about Journey to Star Wars: The Force Awakens: Shadow Shattered Empire number one, and I liked it. Uh, you are you ever going to read another issue of that? I don't have time. To I read don't. I don't issue. think I will. The only I, thing, the only reason I read that issue is because we're doing something with Ryan, and I was forced to. Yeah, I. I don't know. I thought it was. Gonna I be was something interested, different. but I thought it was going to be something different, uh, and then I read it. Uh, it was okay. I'll yeah, read it's it. not a bad book. I just don't have time. We also uh, read. I got to dedicate so much time to reading shit DC's putting out right I know. now. Oh, yeah, yeah, really. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, that's miserable news and that's the end of the news eric that is right. the end and we're gonna you want another forrest gump quote no i don't uh you save those you're gonna run <laughs> out eventually uh, you know everybody <laughs> just writes, they say, you know what i love about that uh weird science podcast i love uh the listener mail and boy i can't get enough of those forrest gump quotes from eric that lead into the news <laughs> Nothing better than leading into the news with goddamn Forrest Gump, which my uh, son Ethan loves. He watched it the other day. A great he movie. He loves it. My wife does not like it. She hates how uh, Tom Hanks talks in that movie. Oh, and she I, doesn't like special needs people. Yeah, All right, I, I got said you. She is very insensitive. Very insensitive. Longer. Yep, I told her she's a monster. <laughs> uh, but speaking of monsters, we're going to head off to Reggie's recklessness, Eric. All right. And Reggie, what his exact quote, I asked, hey, he hasn't sent it to me yet, so I can't even pretend I listened to it. But he did say, uh, I said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to do criticism, how creators take it, and how people give it. 
spun out of the Cullen Bun leaving Aquaman thing. So hopefully she didn't blame me in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he will. I think that's what helped. It's criticism, and there's how people give it. And I think he's going to say crap about you. But yeah, we're going to take a pause for Reggie. We'll be back with listener mail right after it, and take it away, Reggie. fellow comic enthusiasts and welcome to Reggie's Recklessness. I'm your host, Reggie Byrne. They say that if you cannot stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. But what if it is the kitchen itself you cannot stand? From a democratic standpoint, our reflex reaction is to believe that every opinion has merit. And yet that isn't true. An unsolicited opinion may be unwelcome and unnecessary, while an unsubstantiated opinion can be out and out erroneous. When you really examine opinions, attempting to include the unusually high volume resulting from internet discourse and diatribes, you see that most of them are uninformed, or unrequired, or flat out disrespectful to the people at which they are aimed. Why do we bother to critique one another at all? What is it in our social conditioning that makes us believe our judgments are valid? I'm not sure, but I have some ideas. The quick answer is that the internet allows us to be anonymous and people use that anonymity to assert their opinions when they otherwise would not have. Okay, I suppose, but that doesn't really explain why we use the public form of the internet to opine. We could use it to uplift, or to inform, or to expose, and to be sure the internet is used for these things as well. But too often we see people going to the wells of criticism and derision. And it's not just anonymous people either. On any given day, you can see dozens of comic book fans who have shared their identities with the world going on and on about some bit of comic book minutia that doesn't sit right with them. Indeed, many of these people launch what could be considered small-scale media assaults on creators and publishers' social media accounts, tweeting or tumbling or what-the-fuck-have-you at people who actually have some agency. And therein lies the real difference the internet has caused. Not merely a venue for unsolicited opinion, but one which greatly increases its volume. You see, in a democratic society, where you are raised from birth to believe in majority rule, you learn that your opinion is vital to the political health of your nation. You are expected to voice your decisions anonymously on a regular basis through voting, to inform yourself about policy and candidacy at rallies and from reading editorials and other media. We are told to write our senators, write our congresspersons, write, 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 until we deluge them with our side of the story. That is how democracy works, we are taught. The squeakiest wheel gets the grease. The internet has exacerbated this tendency by an almost limitless factor. If you are displeased with the service or cuisine at a restaurant, you can launch a campaign to have their online ratings slashed to nothing and harass them on several social platforms in every waking hour. If you do not like a comic book, you can bombard the creators on Twitter. You can often get some kind of immediate access to the publisher and make demands there. Our access to each other to total strangers in this very casual way is unprecedented and sort of amazing, and we use it primarily to tell others how much we hate and fear them. Opinions are like assholes, they say. Everyone's got one, and they all stink. To some extent, 
When it comes to opining on entertainment media, your unsolicited opinion is built into the purchase price. Certainly, if you spent 10 bucks and 3 hours at a movie, you are fully within your rights according to the social contract to express your feelings are about it. But when you unfairly judge something before it exists, when you have harassed a creator so much that they quit a comic book before the first issue has debuted, well then you're just being a fucking douchebag. For Weird Science DC Comics blog.blogspot.com podcast, I'm Reggie Byrne, and this has been Reggie's Recklessness. You can reach me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie or in care of this podcast. Good night. And have a pleasant tomorrow. Big Willy rappers, silly rappers, my Mac Millie rappers, smoke a Philly rappers, illy, illy, killy, killy rappers. And we're back, Eric. We are back. And boy, Reggie gave it to you. Did he? Oh my God, he gave it to you. I couldn't believe it. I just cannot believe it. But here, we're going to jump in. Did he hold me afterwards? Yeah, he held you tight. Actually, no, he held you just nice and comfy. He's tender like that. Staring into your eyes, getting that hair. You need a haircut. I do. He told me that. That was his criticism, that you needed a haircut. But we're going to go on to listener mail, which I usually say is your favorite part. I don't think it is tonight because we got a lot of them. And you are you don't like that, do you? I don't like the an absorb, uh, abundance of it. I don't know. <laughs> I just think you, you get tired and whatever. But, yeah, if you want to get involved in listener mail and, and make Eric even more miserable next week. Don't do that. Uh, write in at weirdsciencedccomics like at gmail.com. That's the only way you'll get it in. And in the process of right now, we're in the process of maybe even getting another mail. We had a lot of latecomers uh, this week. Got to put a time frame on this. Well, it's hard because people, we've we've recorded on different days and we kind of tell, you know, we announce that. Now, every, By 7 p.m. Yeah, Eastern Standard know, Time on Saturday. Yes, that is exactly it. By, nah, I'd say by 8. Because I could always add them in. By 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Saturday night. You write that mail. Got to be in. contrary, don't you? Yes, I just don't like to agree with you. And the first mail is from Chisanga. Hey, guys, I can't believe that it's taken them five issues to start the nonsense garbage from the previous Eternal. Does that uh, mean you thought it was going to happen earlier? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, he's obviously talking about Batman and Robin Eternal. Art is all over the place. Things such as the T-Rex and the Batcave and the cliffhangers changing over the next issue are god-awful. And he's right. That's I, I'm off that book. I have to review it. If I wasn't reviewing it, Eric, I'd be done. I would, I would still get it. I'd push it away. I've never read Midnighter before, but if the dialogue is similar to what we got these last two weeks, then I'm never picking up an issue of it ever. And you know what? It's worse. Way worse. It's worse. Uh, also, this friction between the bats is now just pathetic and overdone. Batgirl and Red Robin for the last few months have been coming off as condes- condescending, unlovable hypocrites, in my opinion. The Bat family has always dealt with gray morality, and all I've seen from them is whining. Batgirl comes off as a self-centered bitch who loves to pass judgment and make petty remarks and, like Alfred, apparently finds it okay to endanger a bunch of random kids despite Damien and Bruce's death over the last two years. Alfred better pray the real Bruce never returns and finds out about the Robins. We have some explaining to do. And Red Robin admitted repeatedly in Teen Titans that he has been manipulating his team and pulling Batman annex on them, yet he came off like an idiot during this week's issue. It's true. I agree. Actually, if you if you combine those, it comes off as just stupid. And exactly ridiculous. what I thought about the ending of Freaking yeah. This Week's Eternal. Yeah. Seriously, Cassandra pointed out his, uh, his brains, yet which detective would think it's a sane idea to put their parents in witness protection within the same city and driving distance from Wayne Manor? Thank God it's Batman Beyond. Uh, thank God his Batman Beyond is uh, all right, guys. 
Thank God Orlando is done, hopefully for good, and uh, Tyne and Snyder with Valentine are handling the story for the rest of November. I think next week, I uh, I did look, it's Tyne next week. Nice. Probably one issue, and then uh, Genevieve Valentine will be What you're looking in. forward to. Yeah. Do you guys think the story will be back on track, or is it all downhill from here? I don't know. I have I'm high hoping, hopes for the series. I'm hoping that this next issue from Tynan kind of hits hard like that first one and gets things, you know, sparks it again. Because, boy, right now I'm not looking forward to it. I I don't really care. Uh, from where we end this week, which we'll talk about very soon, uh, yeah, I, I could care less. And I'm hoping that the Tynan comes back on. Because, again, it's not even just saying that Tynan's a better writer than Orlando or Tim Seeley. He he's him and Snyder writing the story. They're gonna save yeah. some big things for them. The big they're reveals. Having sleepovers and going yeah, over with the big reveals are gonna be there. You think that's what they're doing? They're underneath the covers. They're writing <laughs> stuff and giggling. And oh my god, it's two a.m. <laughs> you hey. got to sleep sillies. Oh, I get to sleep sillies. Hey, uh, Scott Snyder, did you order that uh, stuffed crust pizza? Oh yeah, I forgot. My mom. Uh, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I just want to know why he calls him Scott Snyder. <laughs> Don't people do that? Yeah. Hey, hey, Scott Snyder, did you order the stuffed crust pizza? Shut the fuck up, yeah. Tynan. Did you get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. All right. Hey, where Let's are get the, back to this where are the book, girls? girls? Girls. Haven't you seen that picture on my Twitter? <laughs> There's no girls coming here. I look like freaking sloth. Gollum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you go? <laughs> I'm reading the line again because I'm <laughs> laughing at us. All right. Now, I, I really hope it goes up from here. I think it's going to be up and down uh, like any it's story be. like this, but it's going to be. It's going to be a roller coaster of emotions, Eric. Right now, my emotions are bad. All right. This next email is one of the late comers. Are you a late comer? Sometimes. Pfft, that's not what I heard. Uh, it's from J-Man. What's up, Eric? <laughs> late coming to bed to avoid all that nonsense. <laughs> What's up, Eric? Hey, Jim. How's it going, brah? I don't know. If the, I don't know if this will be in before your podcast. It was. It. He made it like nine minutes before I came upstairs here. But I wanted to s- discuss the current state of DC Comics. I see a lot of titles that I really don't care for. My poll is presently down to seven DC titles, which are. Yeah, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down for the ones he has. Great. You really, you really want me to just yep. give you a thumbs up? Thumb, well, I want you to say <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs okay. down. If you give me the thumbs up, or thumbs up. Grayson. Thumbs up. Sinestro. Thumbs up. Justice League. Thumbs up. Green Lantern. Thumbs up. The Flash. Thumbs up. Robin, son of Batman. A thumb in the middle. That was the only reason I had to add. Justice League of America. Thumb in the middle. Okay. There's no thumb in the middle. Cisco and Ebert gave it two thumbs in the middle. <laughs> if anything, I see that being uh, reduced by I'm next I'm on the year. fence, man. Calm down. You're on the fence, all right. Uh, what do you think Dan DiDio and Jim Lee have planned? This seems like, I'm telling you, Jay man it basics. seems like I made him write this uh, because it's uh, what we were did, talking. Did you, you make him write this? No, no, no. Uh, you say back to basics, like I said. I think they're going to mix everything up. But, yeah, I think they're going to have to go back to basics. And I hope they do because the thing that they've been, they've been trying to catch up, doing a little catch-up. I like ketchup. Too much, too I like ketchup on, on hot dogs, by the way. Uh, yeah, you're gross. We know this. Um, but yeah, I think what they have to say is, listen, we are a company that's this, you know, we've been around a while. We don't we have to. We fucked up. Please don't take have us to, back, yeah. please. And again, they tried, this is them trying kind of this, uh, hey, fun approach, new hip approach. People don't want that from them. Uh, and I think there is enough going on at Marvel for that. And then the people who want something different, they go to DC. You don't have to try to be like Marvel. And it seems like the movies, they're not. 
the movies are kind of staying with their plan. These books are all over the place. Nothing seems to have direction. Nothing's on point, Eric. Where's the no. continuity, Jim? I know. It's, I don't. It's everything, though. It, like, yeah, I know. You know. He goes on. At this point, it feels like they're catering to too many fans, which is funny because they kind of seem that way, but yet there are no fans. Uh, yeah, they're alienating everybody. And with the limited six-issue, 12-issue series bullshit, it really feels like their philosophy is throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. I agree with that as well. Um, I also agree that you hear these six issues and 12 issues. I think that that kind of takes the luster off of some things immediately where you're like, eh, it's not important. Six issue. What the hell? I'll wait till it comes out in trade, whatever. Don't uh, even do that. Yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, even, to get even the trade with, of Batmite. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, the six issues, uh, six issue minis that they had at the beginning of the DC YOU, uh, <laughs> like Batmite, Bizarro, uh, what are the others? Now all I can't star, but, um, yeah. All, all star section eight. Section uh, they're eight. not important books. They're just no. kind of goofy. Um, so yeah, and I can't say that Lost Army was supposed to be a six issue mini. Uh, <laughs> and no yeah, matter what anybody tells you, Prez is going to be a six issue mini. Yeah, they keep saying it. They keep saying it. I don't understand. I can't wait till those sales come out. I recently canceled Midnighter because of the shitty dialogue. Really? Oh, huh. is that what he thinks? Shitty dialogue. Who would think that? Apparently not the reviewers for the book and this week. And the feeling that it was taking place in a series of vignettes instead of a well-defined locations, which it's weird. I actually, I don't even know if you remember me telling you that as well. That I, I said it, it almost said. seems like a movie where they just have seven sets and they just jump from one to the it's other. It's a Star Wars swipe? It, yeah, it's all the swipe. Nothing makes sense within the book. It may Not that it doesn't make sense, but it's just nothing happens. And again, before I go on with this, stu- with this stupid book, it, I'm telling you, we're now five. Five, six issues in, right? Yeah, six I keep thinking issues, it's yeah. five. I labeled it as number five this week. I can't really say that I could sit down and tell you the story, and but what I can tell you would last two seconds because nothing has happened. Uh, ironically, this is gonna be a fun book to talk about. Oh, later. <laughs> ironically, this week's issue got uh, nines and tens from every reviewer Seriously. except you guys. I skimmed through the issue in the store and it really didn't impress me. That's being nice. I read the book. Yeah, it felt like all the reviewers were giving praise to the issue simply for the unexpected cliffhanger ending, uh, which I would say that was an unexpected cliffhanger. I don't think that's why they're giving it tens and nines. I think that they are assholes who all – I'm telling you, I don't care anymore. I really don't care because these people seem to think something that they have to give this book good reviews. I don't understand it. Just because you you like a book or you want a character – I'll say it. He's an openly gay character. It's great. Yes. It's great to have that in comics. And it's I'm telling you, the way that Steve Orlando deals with that is great. It, it Because, actually, I'm no, not going to say no, it's, it's great. Not. Because he really does push it on. It, it's not like a natural feeling thing to me. It feels like it's, it's pushed on you too much. Uh, but besides that, it just... If an issue's not that great, you don't have to give it to... I don't... Uh, again, these people might like it. I, I can't speak for them. Uh, but I did tell That's you. That's what that. I do. I speak for everybody. Well, I say yeah, really. I have that in my notes later. So uh, do I. One of the um, things I told you, because uh, uh, J-Man probably went to uh, Comic Book Comic Book yeah. Probably looked at the reviews and like, oh, my God, there, there's weird science right at the bottom. There's power <laughs> bottom down there. Damn and right. I said to you, next issue, if it's another shitty issue, 
And I know that everybody will say it's a 9 or 10. I'm going to actually write a note to everybody above me on the comic book roundup. It's going to make no sense. It's just going to be for review. the roundup. In my review, it will make no sense. But they grab that last blurb, and I'm going to put something like, hey, don't listen to all these assholes above. Uh, you know, <laughs> If you want to read it for yourself and you know, get your own opinion. But Jesus Christ, I, I wonder how many people are going out to buy this book because these people are giving it a 10s and, and just either one, uh, convincing themselves that it is good, or number two, saying, what the fuck? You motherfuckers just wasted me two ninety nine. you jerks. Jerks, Eric, all of them. All I, of them. I agree. Uh, none of them listen to our podcast. They all hate us. They hate our guts. I'm okay with that, too. I, I don't like them either. <laughs> I don't even know who's really above us. There's I like probably you. some guys that I like. I don't like you, so oh. shut your mouth. Thanks, Jim and Eric, for your insightful, non-pandering reviews. Batman Eternal was very uneventful this week, but Poppy returned, Eric. Oh, Poppy! Oh, oh, Poppy! Not yet, not right now, Poppy! Oh, Poppy! So stupid, I don't, stupid. I don't got time for you, stupid! <laughs> Later, Coolios. J-Man from Santa Barbara. All right, the next email is going to come from our man. I'm trying to grab it now. Joel. All right, Joel. Joel With sent us a late email. Email. He sent it 11 minutes ago. Joel says, oh, and of course it's a question. If you were <laughs> stranded on a deserted island for five years and only had one movie to watch... Then what would it be? My buddy and I did this. I said, Scott Pilgrim, but he told me it was dumb because there were no boobs. He said he would have chosen Total Recall so he can have three boobs, Eric. How old are you, Joe? What would be your movie? He likes boobies. I, this, I was, this is me at eight. I don't know. Freaking, um, and plus, you live in a world with the internet now. Fuck, when I was no, young. No, he's on a deserted island, though. You don't got Wi-Fi he there? He needs boobies. If, I'm, if you're going to go that He's route, got one movie, though. If How's he going to play this movie? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pick, like, you might as well pick porn, then, if you're Joel. Get get a porn with, like, some lady who gets her hands stuck in the drain or something. <laughs> <laughs> it causes issues. No, uh, but seriously, though. This is, a good, this is a good question. I love this shit. Wow, what would you pick? You got anything on mine? No, you go first. I got to think. I'm sorry, I, I might I, as well. well. What I actually would pick would be Forrest Gump. That's because what I then would I, pick could, as well. I could do the news to myself then. I could just play clips. I want to know what you're playing these movies on. Everybody always wants to pick this movie. The yeah, best would that's be what if I you're, said. you're stranded on the, the, you're on the, the beach yeah. and you just got the movie in your hand. You can't play it. I would pick whatever the uh, case of the movie looks coolest and has something to read. Like a, like a blockbuster type style, walk through the aisles <laughs> for the coolest cover. Because you can't play it on anything. You're stuck on a deserted island. Where are you getting? En- where are you getting the energy? The this electric- is bad logic, Joel. Where are you getting the electric, Joel? Now I I don't know. I I don't think I, I might pick um, Pulp Fiction. Um, again, I that's might, good. I, I, I like Pulp just, Fiction. I might go uh, a little uh, Back to the Future because I be like the too. movie and I could twist it off a little to Leah Thompson. <laughs> And even uh, Crispin Glover, he might get me uh, a little excited after about two years stranded on that island. It's that son-mother thing that really does it for you, right? right, yes. And, uh, yeah, Leah Thompson might get her hand (laughs) stuck in the drain as well. I don't know. Wasn't that a deleted scene? I might even go freaking Bloodsport, Eric. It always comes back to Bloodsport. You should pick Shawshank Redemption because you're heathen and you've never seen it. That would be good. I could pick that, finally watch it. I'm there on the island going, you were right, Eric. You were right. No, Eric wasn't right. The world was right. <laughs> but yeah. So you, did you say you would pick what? What? Uh, Forrest Gump? Yeah, I totally would. It's the most in my mind. It's the most quotable movie there is, and I love it. Actually, you know what I'm picking? I just figured out. I'm gonna pick Castaway. And uh, what'll happen, it'll kind of like implode in each other. It'll be like one of those paintings that it keeps going and going and going. And, and then, I don't know. I watched my cousin I Betty earlier. Myself. I thought you might pick that. 
Yeah, I, I watched that uh, yesterday. Must nice. be, it must be on. Uh, yeah. I, actually, I watched a double deal where I went back and forth between two movies that I could pick on this deserted island would be uh, My Cousin Vinny and Goodfellas was on, too. Nice. And it was great because Goodfellas was on, like, uh, VH1 or something crazy, so it, was, it had, like, all the curses out Ooh, wow. and some of the worst dubbed-in words. <laughs> it's like, hey, you fudge face. I'm like, what, what, mobsters, Mother truckers. what mobsters yelling fudge face? Oh, yes. Well, let's get back to it, Eric. Back Go to spit. it, because our next one is from Boltron Force, Eric. Oh, Boltron Force, Oh, Boltron huh? Force. Hey, what guys, a not a bad session. Game. It's really improved since you guys started so long ago. Now, Jim, this question is for you. How the fuck do you work with Eric? Oh, uh, I uh. think I saw him the other day, and I don't know how you sleep after having looked at this dude with those busted glasses and those damn jankos. Considering all that, love must be blind, deaf, and drowning in bullshit. How did we ever say Eric was America's sweetheart? Eric sounds like he's got a dick in his mouth and spews more bullcrap than a manure spreader in Lancaster. And back to the Jankos. Eric, let those 90s rest in bloody peace. Stop making Jim and your coworkers suffer. There's a little hint there. I'll yeah. be willing to bet that Jim and your other coworkers want to sharpen up some cardboard and impel themselves to end the painful sight of those fucking Jankos. Jim. Does everybody, do everybody a favor, take those pants, burn them in a righteous fire, and send them back to the dark pit of the 90s they came out of. At this point, I'd like to thank you for your time and honesty, and now back to both of you. Keep up the good work, guys. Can't wait till next week. Boltron Force, Eric. Boltron uh, Force. Boltron Force. All right. Now, I, this <laughs> motherfucker. Now, everybody knows this. I don't know everybody will know this, but... This is a, a kid who works with us, who is the uh, son of the owner of the cardboard box factory. Yes, he is. Now, I want everybody to close their eyes and imagine this in their heads for, for me. I have my eyes closed. Do it up. All right. Think of the weeniest little kid, right? 21 years old. And he goes around and tells everybody how smart he is and how he's the hardest worker there. But everything he does, he just fucks up and makes everybody else's job harder. You are, you're a nasty fella. You're and then he nasty. tries to chime in on conversations that he knows nothing about. And when you say, no, you're wrong, well, actually, it's more like this. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Shut the fuck up and stop bothering my podcast. Oh, jeez, Eric. Goddamn and, kids. And in, in other news, uh, Eric is now available for employment. <laughs> Slimy little fuck. <laughs> Just uh, email at uh, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and he'll send you his resume. Which is, uh, it's not very good. All right, the next bit. Alex sweetheart. M. Alex M. says, hello, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the cast at Weird Out Loud. I was surprised last week when nobody corrected our good friend and information hub, Professor DC, on his history lesson at KG Beast. According to Professor DC, the last appearance of KG Beast was around the Blackest Night event. Well, I'm not sure if he was being sarcastic. You can't tell with those sneaky Russians, Eric, or maybe he just <laughs> made an honest mistake. I wish I had a Russian joke for you. I wish you did, too. Sometimes when I uh, would bed down a lady, you would think I was Russian. You got Roman hands and Russian fingers? Yes, I do. There you uh, go. But I am here to clarify that KG Beast did appear after Blackest Night. In fact, he appeared <laughs> during the New 52 in one of Jim's favorite titles, Aquaman and the Others, issues and 6 through 9. This is why nobody remembers his appearance. This will make you laugh, everybody. This stretch of comics in this popular title received <laughs> an average score of a 2.35 from Weird Science DC. <laughs> Two point, and the best is the full run. I only did nine of those issues. I fell off at the very end. How I long did think, they go? 
I think 11. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I, I actually thought I fell off way before. But I should get uh, freaking combat pay for doing nine of those issues. <laughs> it was terrible. Well, obviously, the six through nine, I gave a 2.35, which was down from my uh, full average, which I believe is a 2.8. Uh, yes, from Weird Science DC. The history of KG Beast does not really change in the New 52. And as Jim puts it in his review, and Eric, I'm going to read this quote from myself in this review. Where's the puke, Litzer, Eric? Because where, where, <laughs> what happened? I used to write really, uh, you know, kick This is some enlightening shit right here. There we go. Jim says, we know that he was produced to be Soviet Union's ultimate cosmonaut, but the lengths the government went to get the job done are appalling. Then the scene devolves into more heavy-handed exposition about the strength of Mother Russia that would be too much even for an 80s movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Bravo. That's some good Bravo. shit right there. Bravo. I do not know if I could recommend it, and maybe Mr. Professor DC was right in forgetting about this series, but I know that this podcast blog prides itself in keeping its facts straight and doing its research. Uh, yeah, don't yeah. ever read that book. Don't ever go and read that book, Eric. That <laughs> Don't take anything book. we say that at face value. No. But Aquaman and the others was a bunch of bullcrap, which is weird because it came up with Aqua Anders on Twitter, a guy who maybe, I'm telling you, and he's probably very proud. If he listens to us, he'll be smiling. I think he is one of the reasons why Cullen Bunn quit. <laughs> uh, hope this email was informative. And in the future, Professor DC needs assistance. Feel free. Uh, oh, geez, I lost my place. Feel free to give me a shout-out. I'd love to hear a history lesson on Blue Devil or The Wild Dog, Eric. The, the wild, wild Dog, the huh? The Wild Dog. Hmm, that sounds intriguing, The Wild Dog, because I think that he might get his wish. Keep up the good work, boys. Written and lettered by Alex M. Thank you, Alex M. Yes, thanks, Alex. Goes on to Manship. Here we go, Manship. Manship's calling me out on that. I, <laughs> did, did you get this one, or was this late, too? I don't know. Okay. Some of us comic enthusiasts use comics as a means of relaxation, true relaxation, not just sitting on our asses. What, what does he do, jog when he's reading these things? <laughs> he's on the treadmill like you are. Yeah, but it's hard to truly relax or concentrate when Run there are off, so many Daddy. distractions these days. Curious. Can the dynamic duo concentrate on their comics with the TV on or with people in the room? Well, I know you always have that TV on when you're reviewing comics. Yes, I do. I can tell. It can be Ooh. very if you don't have a blurb like that one before. No, I, I got blurb. the TV on and I got Jess showing me like, hey, I'm going to make this dress. Here, look at this. God damn it. Would you leave me alone? Whatever, woman. But it's hard to truly relax or concentrate. Uh, I'm I'm having problems concentrating. I'm reading back you got, the fucking. You got the TV on? I, no, I think I got I got a stroke. It can be difficult to fully comprehend comics with the TV on in the background, no matter what is on, unless it's the Lions. <laughs> big, big Lions fan. Yeah, the Lions. You watch two seconds and you know it's done. And it's important to train your family when comic in hand. Do not disturb unless for an emergency, which is to open to interpretation. Of course. Apparently, it's a new dress she's gonna fucking make. Yeah, mine. Um, actually, I was trying to get the the notes for this podcast tonight, and my son Rafe kept yelling over to me, <laughs> and he was yelling phony NFL trades. Really? And, yeah, he's yelling. Hey, did you hear that the Eagles just got uh? freaking megatron I'm like the, the trade deadline's over Rafe. i'm not <laughs> fooled just stop and he's like oh yeah did you hear cam chancellor's on the cowboys what are you talking about i was getting did, so did I, you hit him no i started getting very angry i was getting very snippy and then my wife yelled at me and i had to calm down nice work warner you're getting the hang of posting images with your reviews <laughs> thank you although jim still has a habit of attaching quarter or half page images eric yeah uh, that's not just a habit 
That's on purpose, buddy. You go buy that book. I'm not your fucking supplier. While Shay almost always posts full-page images that we all love to use as our phone backgrounds, <laughs> must admit that the Quick Downs comic latest super cool all-star Section 8 full-page images are my current phone backgrounds. The best is, that wasn't me. That was Reggie. Yeah. Uh, now we just have to get... Actually, no. I'm wrong. Reggie did the review. I put the images on. Uh, because he Good did, job, he, Jim. Yeah. Hey, see? But when it, I just grabbed them, I, I wanted to get it over with. Now we just have to get Jim to add spoilers to his reviews. See, Pete, you're right. People don't want to buy the books. They want to, I told you earlier. They just want us to give it to them. A guy uh, keeps wanting me to review the He-Man that I'm really late on right now. And he's like, he just doesn't want to buy the book. That's yeah, all it is. That's it. Uh, speaking of which, I just want everybody to know that if you do follow us on Twitter, I'm sure there's one or two people who do. And see the, if you ever see this guy who keeps begging me to read his goddamn Indiana Jones script, I block his ass. He's <laughs> off. Don't worry. He'll, he, he's not begging anymore. Jesus Christ. The guy was just hounding me. Uh, and so I was bothered you for a while. Negative <laughs> manship. I just ignored him after a while. It, the guy, when he originally sent me this crazy, uh, his version of the Indiana Jones, like seven. I don't know what it would be. Would it be six now? Five. Yeah, five. What, what, I'm out of it today. But yeah, it would be Indiana Jones five. And I was like, oh, it's it's pretty good. I read the first couple of pages. He's like, yeah, you know what? And he's mentioning all these big wigs. They've all blocked him on Twitter <laughs> because he's done the same thing. And he just hounds you. All right, next email is from pistol dear jim and oh did i say uh manship ended with negative manship negative manship negative manship thanks manship me and manship will be talking some uh fantasy football this week uh pistol says (laughs) of course you will he wants you he wants you to make all your his picks for you yeah he does and every time i give him a pick it always turns out wrong i think he asks me now and then goes opposite (laughs) he's like should i add this guy or that guy that guy all right i'm going this guy uh, Pistol says, Dear Jim and Eric, great podcast last week, but Jim, just so you know, not everyone has shit to bed. I, I think that's a lie. I think everybody in their life has shit to bed at least once. As an adult? Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm saying after, uh, after the age of 28. Not everyone has uncontrollable diarrhea of the <laughs> ass and mouth accurate. like yourself. However, I'm about to have a bit of verbal diarrhea here myself, so brace yourselves. And Jim, you better take a drink, which I will. I'm going to take a drink, Eric. I have a gridlock right here, and it's I'm getting a little peppy. Uh, after this mail, I'm going to take a five-hour energy, though. <laughs> ah, like acid. I wanted to talk about a few of DC's recent books. Firstly, goddamn, that issue for Batman and Robin Eternal was hard to read. Dialogue was shockingly bad. I found myself having difficulty reading it because we know words are hard, guys. Sure Secondly, are. did you guys notice in We Are Robin that Alfred's disguise kind of looked like V from Vendetta when he is disguised as the old man? And he sent us pictures and indeed looks exactly like him. Thirdly, I have been noticing a few plot lines in recent books that seem recycled from old stories. When I started reading the new JLA book by Brian Hitch, I really liked it. And I realized why I liked it soon after. I would read a story very similar, JLA New World Order from 1997 by Grant Morrison with art by Howard Porter. Saw a group, it saw a group, of known, group known as the Hyper Clan come to Earth preaching that they would heal the world's maladies and protect from future catastrophes. Thank you, Hyper Clan. But these newcomers turned out to be white Martians. Oh, no. Be a kick-ass mixed drink. Every time I hear that, I think that'd be a great drink. Screw, white those, screw those white Russians. We want right, white Martians. How do you make a regular Martian? Uh, I'd, it would be green. You'd have so, a dream with cream de menthe. Uh, the white Martian would have creme. a little bit creme. Yeah, I'm not a drinker, Eric, or a talker. Uh, the white Martian would have a little cream in it, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what else. What else would you put in a white Martian? What's I have in a no white idea, Russian? Man. Vodka? Uh, I friggin' would Kahlua? Kahlua? 
Yeah. That sounds a little fancy for some Russian. It's been a while. Yeah. And I never drank them anyway. I okay, usually well, just stuck with beer. Uh, the White Martians were using mind control to gain the populace's favor and become Earth's pre- preeminent champions. Sound familiar? Just like Raoul, no? Next, I was listening to Paul Dini tell <laughs> Kevin Smith on Fat Man on Batman podcast <laughs> that he had once written a story. I can't remember if it was a comic or for one of the DC animated series, wherein Batman reveals to Joe Chill that he is Bruce Wayne and that Chill created the Batman when he gunned down his parents. Hearing this, Chill runs into a room filled with gangsters, pleads for their help because Batman's after him. Finding out that he had helped create the Batman, the Bob guys promptly gun Chill down before he can give away Bruce's secret. That, yeah, why would why would they do that? Because that would be the best thing. They, that they are the bane of the, like, he created the bane of their existence. Yeah, but why wouldn't they ask who he is at first? Then they know. He's like, oh, I created Batman. Oh, you created Batman. Who no, is no, Batman even, then? No, no, even with that, though, if he said, yeah, Bruce Wayne yeah, is Batman, get that I before, created him. Yeah, get that before you kill him. But still. That's, that's not very uh, forward thinking. A couple of days later, I read the Dark Side War Batman issue from last week, and this seems to echo the Paul Dini story. What do you guys think? I think if that's what Paul Dini said, yeah, that's very, yeah. very uh, familiar. Do you think writers are having more trouble nowadays to come up with original storylines? Do you think they think we won't notice recycled plots and themes? Yes. I don't I, think I, they care, really. They're getting a paycheck and writing yeah. a story that they know people uh, will people like care. because it's worked before. I think some people care. But I'm yeah, sure and again, I, you will often have this where you'll uh, have somebody write a, a pop song, one of them pop songs there, and they'll be like, boy, that sounds like something I heard back in 1959. You know, there's only so many freaking cool Even t- TV shows. Yeah, every every show funny. has like the same well, kind that's, of episode that's or something else. That's the worst. Else. That's, yeah, every, I said every family show has the episode where the one of the kids is running away and the parents are like all right see you later and they meet out on the porch and it all works out anywho reggie's recklessness was fantastic last week i was starting to get really creeped out when i heard the first couple of whispers that sounded vaguely familiar (laughs) by the third time i heard the voice in the background i nearly pissed myself laughing as i realized it was none other than dan stransky and he's asking for the dan impression here it is hello weird science Hello, Weird Science! It was Dan's birthday this week, so everybody wish Dan a happy birthday. I really hope that Reggie survived Dan's attack. I I don't know if he did, as I would really miss his segment on the podcast. How do you think Dan would attack Reggie? Crickets? I think he controls crickets. What do you want from here? And he's going to make uh, Reggie run up and down. With a knife, Jim. A knife? Next, actually. I want it to be with one of those newer cars that have the collision, like a... like uh, prevention, Sensors, yeah. So like, they goes to run him down, but the car won't let him. <laughs> won't so something in front of him, and he starts. I want there to be a horror movie like God that where they go to run down the killer. God and damn they it, can't. car! When I get angry, I get funny. And then the car ejects him. The car doesn't That's even have an smart ejection car right seat. There. It actually makes it uh, just to eject his ass out because he's had enough. Had enough of Dan talking to him. Next, I have a question for Eric. What Imagine X figures are you still on the hunt for? And what are your top five uh, characters you would like to have them release? What right you, now, I'm them? looking for Man Bat. Uh, they, just put, they just brought out Man Bat. Red Robin. Sinestro and Cheetah are coming out soon. And uh, Firestorm. Really looking forward to those. Oh, you're talking? I hate you so much. <laughs> Is that that's what you want? Those are the ones that are released now. Uh, yes. We did this before because I was trying to... Uh, have you uh, waste some time? What are the top five characters you would like them to release? You trying to find the crickets? No, I'm not, actually. I, I okay. was going to earlier, and I'm like, fuck that. I'm just going to listen to his fucking dribble. Uh, what do you? What top five characters? I would like a Batgirl, Red Hood, Supergirl, Superboy, Shazam. Now I am trying to find the crickets. I know you are. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. 
Oh, I remember. Keep going. Uh, what was that? What are the top oh, ten? Oh, I would. I'd also like them to fi- like finish out the Legion of Doom. So like a Gigana, a Toy Man, and um, who else is there? Okay. Oh, keep thinking. <laughs> are you going? really still trying to keep find going? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what was that, Eric? What do you need? Gigana, Toy Man. Oh my! My power just went. <laughs> That's what you get. Oh. Really? Really a slide whistle? <laughs> That's what you know. You are the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. Freaking... There you go. Actually, I should have looked up the Forrest Gump quote. Hey, I was right on cue today, wasn't you I? You were. I tried to trick you, too. Okay, he goes on. Uh, I'm a fellow grown-ass man-child who loves to collect toys. My poison nice. is Lego. I am, like you, fed up having multiple Batman figures after buying all these sets. My top ones for Lego DC characters, Deadshot, Martian Manhunter. Blue Beetle, Harper Row, and Shazam. A I don't Lego... think you'll ever get a Harper Row. I know. Lego version of the Young Justice characters, including Miss Martian, would be cool, too. That Hopefully cool. all this toy talk is pissing Jim off, and, and yes, it is. Uh, how about a um, Harper Row with, like, bleeding out from the side? Would you like that? You know what would be a really cool character? They will never do it. It could never happen. But Orphan would be a really good Imaginex character. I would not want an Orphan uh, character. Wouldn't? I think no. he looks cool. He looks cool, but I'm like, what am I going to do with you? You're going to be a guy I know nothing about. Yeah, but you know when you play. You're, hey, Batman. I'm <laughs> And then what would be really neat if they had a balloon that was oh, over him God, and he blew it so. up and then when he absorbs people's powers. <laughs> but, but Orphan doesn't absorb people's powers, uh, he, Jim. He does now, Eric. Thanks for the podcast and the site. Keep polluting the airways, champs. Love, Pistol, Obsidian, Blackbird, McKnight. And Oops. Eric, we're on our last email. And our last right. email is from Brandon. And Brandon says, oh, and uh, yeah, thanks, Pistol. I like Pistol. Pistol was talking I? to us a little on Twitter today as well. Brandon says. Nerds. Yeah. Brandon was talking to me a little on uh, Twitter later uh, tonight, too. Oh, uh, yeah? Brandon, yeah. Brandon That's says, sweet. to Pencil Tucky's finest, just checking in with you guys this week after reading and hoping nobody's in a fast food coma. I saw this since <laughs> the McDonald's tailgate box is back in full effect around the country. Never left here. No, you had uh, to ask for it. And in fact, here, I don't know how it is around the country, but here when you get it now, you actually even get two free sodas. I can imagine this hasn't escaped the attention of the fine foodies over at Weird Science. No, it hasn't. I saw it last night. Uh, me and my kids went last night. Yeah, they dropped shopping. it down though. From, they dropped it down from the twenty nuggets to the ten piece nuggets. But it's also, I, it's like eleven ninety nine or something crazier. Obviously, it was fourteen ninety nine when I got it last. No, it's it's cheaper. Obviously, in my neck of the woods, there's Bill's logos plastered all over the box to remind us that we are an awful, we are awful <laughs> at football as well as our meal choices, all at once to truly make it a depressing experience. So, being Eagles fans, I'm sure you can relate to that situation. And yes, and yes, yes, we can. Anyway, I'm excited to listen to. The other nonsense that comes this week more than others because i hated the books i read by dc i got eternal terrible detective uh-huh. comics awful terrible both justice league tie-ins unnecessary uh, yeah. and i can't say i enjoyed anything but for the pretty pictures in any one of them so if i hated them i know youtube or curmudgeons are about <laughs> to decimate those poor creators hard work this is why these bastards push for five points for art to keep their jobs writing utter shit with inflated stats Yes. Keep the pressure on these bastards to increase their quality because I'm becoming disenchanted quickly with DCU. Good Why thing are I, you? Why are you? Good thing a new Martian Manhunter is on the horizon. And God help me, if they fuck that up, I swear I'll kill people dead <laughs> like your daddies. Oh, I was going to be with you for a second, but not oh, anymore. Oh, daddy. Oh, puppy. Puppy. <laughs> Back to lighter time. <laughs> Reggie was on top of his game last week, and I loved it. So did, Dan, so did Dan die in the back of a Baltimore police car? Is that the final verdict? And the answer is yes. 
Where does Eric's love of Imaginex come from? Why do they look like toys a five-year-old crippled child would enjoy? Help me understand why you spend your hard-earned sick leave pay on that stuff. There <laughs> has to be better toys to act out your Superman, Batwing, Nightwing, Glove, Triangle fantasies. There right, is where, actually not better toys. Where does the love, where does the love affair of Imaginex come from there? It's because they remind me of my superpowers figures when I was a kid. I knew it. I knew it. Superpowers. And they also, no other toy line is this diverse and actually has play sets. Oh, play sets. Oh, yes, play play sets, sets, Jim. Poppy, Poppy, I want to play sets. Some people go out there and do drugs and drink. I just play. play I don't bother no one. I love it, too, because you get these play sets and you fucking hate them all. You're like, this wasn't good enough. I can only fit three figures in it. I want seven. I Ooh, do want do. seven. I want seven in there. Where I can't fit my. Why whole, can't I fit my entire Justice fit League and goddamn playset? Justice League in the playset. That's not how it works. All right. That is how on. it works. Jim, please review an Anosenti uh, book every week. <laughs> uh, God, that'd be terrible. They, she, I I'm wondering why. Like she just disappeared. I know she was an editor for a while, and then they kept. She had somebody's pictures or had the knew where the bodies were buried. Yeah. They kept, I actually miss her now. I really do. Because you have nothing to bother me yeah, with the break anymore? Even if it's I'll, it, it, Review one every week, even if it's old as hell. I can't get enough of you losing your mind reviewing your work on the backlog. <laughs> yeah, you're just listening to old ones. I'm telling you. I, I was I was talking about this today where the um, – what was that? The, the uh, race of uh, thieves. Race of thieves, Oh, yeah. my God. It was so much nonsense. But, boy, Cat I had so much ra- fun. wacky racers. I, I t- yeah. I told you that – Steve Orlando's close to, to Anosenti with these nonsense situations and dialogue. The problem is, and I said it to you, Anosenti's books, though, were still fun. They were awful. <laughs> they were horrible. But, boy, I laughed. And it was weird because we would get a week where I'd have uh, Katana or Catwoman. Boy, I was looking forward to that book from Monday. I'm like, Eric, I got Katana this week. Oh, I get the, when we do the podcast even, and we say what's next week, and we keep track of what's coming up and talk about what we're going to review and when and whatnot. And when I see Midnighter on that list, it just, it kills me. I, it's I like a black inside. cloud. And then when he was, when I saw it announced that he was also going to be on Batman Eternal, Batman and Robin Eternal, boy, I, I wanted to jump off a bridge, Eric, which I'll mention later. You wanted uh, to handcuff yourself to me yeah. to take me with you, piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, really. And then somehow I slipped the handcuff off and push you out. Boo, boom, you're dead. Uh, no, it's it just, and no sentry was just fun. It, it just the nonsense. The best, the way I could describe the, mo, uh, the thing that really made me laugh the most is they had uh, Gotopia. Right. And in the event, it was it was all a dream. Nothing made. But yet in Catwoman, everything remained. She <laughs> she got a job as a suicide hotline uh, operator. And somehow when Gotopia was over, she still had that job. It made no <laughs> sense. Nothing made sense. She was so great. Oh, Anosenti, come back to me, please. Come back to Poppy. <laughs> I, and then he goes, and I want to listen to one of these emergency podcasts. Yeah, you keep uh, calling for him. Yeah. Please piss someone off and then record immediately so I can hear that verbal vomit. Uh, I love the I love the pretentiousness of the emergency podcast. <laughs> oh, emergency podcast. I did call for what was the one I called for? You called for like nine. I know I, have I no make idea. jokes, but there was one I actually wanted to do. Uh, thank you for the little work you do. Thank you for making us all retarded. Oh, I'm getting goofy. Brandon, and he's at B M U R. Three six six zero, and uh, yeah, if you want to Twitter him about the freaking bills, tell him the bills suck. He already knows, but uh, everybody knows. Yeah, and we're gonna move on, Eric. I'm getting a little goofy, but what we're gonna move on to is uh, 
Alex, or Alex's, Alex M's little choice. We're going to go to Professor DC, and I have a, I have a feeling that he's going to enjoy it. What do you think? Maybe. What do you think, Eric? What do you I don't think? Depends on what Th- Professor DC says. Th- things might get wild in here, dog. Last, last week, Professor DC screwed up, so I don't know. Yeah, I know, really. Well, we're going to take it to Professor DC and see what he's going to talk about. Much is that dog in the window, <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. How much is that dog in the window? Hey, this is Wolfman. I, I mean, Professor DC, and I'm here to talk about that DC character, Wild Dog. Wild Dog, his real name was Jack Wheeler, was a cat. I mean, dog, out of the rockin' area Quad Cities. And the first appeared in 1987's Wild Dog Number 1. Created by Max Allen Collins and Terry Beatty, the dog was a college football player who lost his scholarship due to injury and later quit the Marines due to his squad being killed. I know it sounds like the dude was a quitter, but after his girlfriend was killed by a hitman, he put on a pair of electrified shock gloves, camouflage pants, combat boots, his snarling red dog football jersey, and a hockey mask, and started making things right. I know you're thinking, hey, Professor DC, what could this wild dog possibly have done? I'd never heard of him. Well, let me tell you. Wild Dog was present at the Great Summit during invasion when the heroes of the world gathered underneath the leadership of Captain Adam to strike back at the Alien Alliance. The time that Lobo came to New York City and fought against DC Comics editor Mike Carlin. Yeah, that happened. Wild Dog was part of a team of seldom used heroes and villains sent after him. This random selection also included Black Condor, El Diablo, Garrett Beck, Human Flea, Strata, Velvet Tiger, and Wanton. He also took part in the Battle of Metropolis during the Infinite Crisis where he teamed up with the Crimson Avenger and Vigilante to take down Madman and the Trigger Twins. Unless I'm mistaken, and if I am, Alex M is sure to tell me. Most recently, in an alternate timeline, accidentally created by Booster Gold and Booster Gold number 6, Wild Dog is part of a resistance cell against Maxwell Lord, being the one and only hero still alive or uncaptured. Lord forces Wild Dog to shoot himself. What an end. Well, that's it for another segment of Weird History with your Professor DC. If you have any suggestions for what you want to hear next or have any comments and or corrections, just email them Weird Science Boys at WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com. And remember, the next time someone asks you who let the dogs out, you tell them Professor DC did. Who let the dogs out? And we're back, Eric. Oh, we, God, we are, are back. Yep, recess is over, buddy. Recess is over. It's time to get back to class. Oh God, where are my notes at? <laughs> I, got, I have no pants on. Just a normal, normal day at school, Eric. Seriously. Normal day. Uh, yeah, we're at the meat and cheese of the podcast, which are the books, which yeah, sucked this week. There's a I'm little spo- of, spoiler you know what's alert. Cool, though? What? I'm talking to her right now, I look like a pretty girl. What? Nothing. You look like a pretty girl right now. I'm, I'm tucking it. Oh, you're tucking it, are you? I'm not. Oh, yeah. I don't have pants on right now. I have a blanket over me, though. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? I don't Actually, like it. Oh, okay. You can come on over, Big Boy. I was joking. Come what on did over, you do? Big uh, Yeah, this is the Meat and Cheese, the podcast. If you want to read all of our flowery words and descriptions of these reviews and not just us spitting out garbage. Yeah, you, you can get can great shit site. like Jim talked about earlier. Yeah, you can go to our site at weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com, read the full reviews. <clears throat> Eric will tell you everything in that full page <laughs> pictures that you can put on your phone there, man. Ship. Uh, I will give you non-spoiler reviews, but kind of spoiler. I'm going to 
gray area. You're walking the line there. I am walking a very thin line, Eric. But uh, we're going to get on with it, and we're going to start with the big book of the week. Oh, jeez. The big, big book. book of the fucking week. Hey, the big book is always the weekly book. That's what you say. It doesn't matter. The big book doesn't mean it's a good book. No. It just means it's the big book. It's the important book. It's the one that they should take a lot of effort doing and not have 17 artists on it, Eric, because it's it's a very big event. You, you agree with me? Yes. Yeah, get ready for these artists because it's going to take me a while. Batman and Robin, number five, written by Steve Orlando. Art by Scott Eaton, Ronan Cliquette, Steve Pugh, yeah. Wayne Foucher, Gabe Altieb, and Dave Sharp. And it may not seem like a lot of names there, but some of those are repeated because they also ink their stuff as well. But Multi-talented. Yes. While this issue started out promising with a flashback that seemed to harken back to the good old Batman 66 days, by the end I realized that uh, what was going on may or not have been the campy fun I thought it was, Eric, <laughs> but just bad situations and awful dialogue. Steve Orlando was at it again, and has quickly turned my excitement for this book into disbelief and anger. His total disregard for natural dialogue and story progression really makes me want to jump off a fucking bridge. I know he has his fans out there, but I dare anyone to really sit down and read the entire scene with Dick and Tim's parents and tell me I'm wrong. It's awful on so many levels. Congratulations, Steve. You have made me hate a book with Dick Grayson as the lead character. If I didn't have time to, re- if I didn't have to review this book, I'd be done. Thankfully, James Tynan is back next week to pick up the pieces. Good luck. Good luck, James. He's, you all right? It seems weird even saying calling him James because we're so centered on this goddamn last name. It goes back to the freaking sleepover. Yeah. Hey, James Tynan. <laughs> hey, James Tynan the fourth. How you doing? <laughs> I don't like you, Scott Snyder. Get out of my house. We oh have a God. weird friendship. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, where's Greg Capullo? Hey, he's lifting weights so with my dad in the basement. Smoking like a badass. <laughs> he's lifting weights with my dad. Where's your mom? Yeah, she left. Start, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, what did you think of this issue, Eric? Uh, I had its ups and downs. I'm ups down. and downs. I don't hate it as much as you. Yeah, I hate it. I hated it. I thought it was a bunch of nonsense. It really, uh, number one to me, I know I just asked you what you thought and then I just butt in, but to me, it didn't progress the story one bit. Not one bit. It, it may have gone a step forward. It did so. No, it didn't. We We're, now have drama between Tim and Dick that we didn't have before. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, kind of. How about this, though? It, it doesn't have anything to do with the cliffhanger of last week. What was the cliffhanger no, last week? You th- you, it was a, yeah, it, does, it was a ruse. Get out of here. Yeah, well, do you think so? Your his mom called him. Apparently, his mom called. I don't think that. I think that he would have had it set up that when this craziness at the end goes, there would be an alert that would go off to his phone or whatever. Would hey, maybe that on. was his phone turned yeah, on. Mother. mother? Yeah. yeah. Maybe no. she called from the panic room. No, makes no sense. Well, that she probably did, but it's stupid. Uh, but the issue does start off with another flashback with Batman and Robin. They're uh, looking into a church while it seems that Crane has a pretty big uh, either apartment, I guess it is, or his offices. I would say apartment. Okay. Well, they're, the FBI or the police are there, you know, raiding it, and he happens to be next door at the church, which Robin uh, uh, drives Robin nuts. I say that it should be his apartment because I don't think a psychiatrist with a high-rise office should have a balcony. Yeah. Too many, pe- too it, many people I'm are going to be jumping off though, that bitch. Has, yeah, he has a lot of things there. But, yeah, they, they end up, and I'm telling you, the nonsense starts right away because you have Batman and Robin, and Batman has what he claims is the penetrating mic. Yeah. And he's listening. And it, he's not getting much. He, it's not well made because basically it's telling us that the, the acoustics church, are bad. The acoustics are bad. 
That's a bunch of nonsense. No, actually, the acoustics are good screwing up the freaking uh, mic. It's a penetrating mic. And he says, the church's acoustics are fighting the penetrating mic. It's so stupid. (laughs) But uh, he and uh, luckily, we're told that the sound's coming back like a kaleidoscope, Eric. Oh, yeah, a kaleidoscope? Yeah, kaleidoscope. But oh, what chump? Get, he, he can figure out, hey, there's two voices. Okay, um, here, I'm going to do the voices. You, <laughs> Prague, own, deal, Prague. And he, whoever's in there, Crane fears them more than the police. <laughs> I, where do you get this? Hey, he, hey, hey, greatest detective in the great, world. I guess. He's jumping to conclusions. His legs hurt. He's jumping to so many conclusions there. But <laughs> And then you get, you get Orphan and Crane. And it, again, the, the scene is beyond just, it's just not good. You, you have a lot of dialogue that's just stupid, but my favorite line in this is um, basically Orphan's telling Crane, and it makes sense. He's like, hey, buddy, we have a plan here, and you're fucking it up by thinking you're the you know be-all, end-all. Of running villain. around in a yeah. scarecrow yeah, costume. What's wrong with you? And we've seen it in all of these flashbacks. He's going after... Uh, you know, Batman and Robin, that when Batman, the greatest detective, jumped and, and started beating up an actual scarecrow in the middle of a cornfield. But yeah, uh, my favorite dialogue in this part is uh, Orphan says to him, you're too loud. Bring too much heat on the street. And then Crane responds, heat, then let's get hot, killer. And I don't know what's going on. I really don't know what he's saying there. I wonder what's going on. And then it continues in the background. You see Cassandra Kane. I guess come up on an elevator in a statue. Yeah, she but. comes up behind Saint Elijah the Thunderer, the big statue yep. behind the altar, yep. Yep. and it opens up like in a uh, big trouble in little China at the yeah, end. It does. It opens up just like that. And I want to know though, this is I would say five years prior to where we are now. Yep. What is she, seven? Because she looks exactly the same age as she does now, though. Like I'd say she was twelve now. Yeah. Would yeah, you agree yeah. with that? Yeah. I don't know. She does not seem to age from then to now. She's she's a, a beautiful young lady, Eric. She does not age. She uh, she is seven to twelve. She uses proactive. I don't know. Yeah. You want to use the Firestorm Matrix? What are you telling me? Here? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Well, uh, so you have an issue with her age? I do. Okay. I'm saying I'm um, just because I don't really see a difference between here and now. And this is back when Dick was Robin. Yeah, this is back. And I'm and telling the weird, you, weirdest part though, Orphan looks like he's younger. Yeah, he does. Um, I think that it's just a matter of all these different artists on this book. Uh, not even just this issue, but throughout. So everybody's, oh, uh, Cassandra Kane. let me see what she looked like there. And they looked at the wrong picture. Maybe made her look crazy. But I, I don't know. Who, I, I don't, have no idea if St. Elijah the Thunderer I is know. a real thing. And they really, I want to go to that church. They really stress that. You do? I do. Well, well you well, won't now because in the middle of this, you have Batman. And he's <laughs> hanging out. You know, they're like, okay, there's a church, Crane's in there, I don't know who this other guy is, he seems scared, they're talking about Prague, nobody likes Prague, Eric, Prague in the summertime, who's going to go there? I don't even know. Pragonians? uh, That's a thing, right? So Batman's like, okay, it's a church, Uh, you know, if there's any building you should respect, it would be a church, correct? I I am the knight. I don't even care if you're that religion, I would still respect the building. They come crashing through a stained glass window, why would they do that? That shit's expensive. It, it, not just it's just that's just bad. So they they go in. In the meantime, Orphan had already been alerted. Wait, we're compromised. Let's go. They get the hell out of there. What you're thinking? They go in the statue. Has to be. It's weird too, though, because they go in three seconds. That statue only looks like it could hold one person at a time. If you look at it, to me, 
Uh, and I don't know how they all got got down there in, in three seconds. It's Squeeze what, in. What Come Batman on. and Robin said. Yeah, but why would Crane even do that? I guess, yeah, maybe. They're working together. Yeah. They're working together. Cassandra Kane has a fucking knife to his neck. I don't. That's not a great partnership. Hey, I've seen us work together. Yeah, that's true. All right. You, you're right again. But anyway, um, I want to go to this church because any, any church that has a freaking Shazam lightning bolt in the yeah, background, yeah, they, I want to be a part of. I know. The Thunderer. The Thunderer, what kind baby. of church? Wait, yeah, what kind of church is this? I have no idea. <laughs> it's Saint weird. Elijah the Thunderer. The Thunderer. I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know about why. that. I don't. That, not, I don't know about all that cross nonsense with the freaking Shazam lightning bolt. All you about like the it. Shazam? I don't know. In the corner, they. It's a little off panel. I read this in an interview. They had a witch priest. A witch priest <laughs> is there yelling crazy <laughs> shit and dancing to fucking insane clown posse. Ziana Kampa. And you know what? If they had that, oh goodness gracious! Yeah. Oh my good! You just you're. Voodoo. Just, gonna be Evil Dead out of nowhere. I better now. put my pants back on now. Holy moly! Uh, yeah, well, Batman and Robin <laughs> come in, and there's shit all over there. In the meantime, we said uh, some files that they had. You think that it's uh, Orphan's plan. plan? He had his plan the all, all plan. decked out. The guy had it in a file, Very organized. And he's like, and to prove it, like you ruined our plans. Watch, I'm gonna set them on fire now. But why, if those With are the my plans, matchstick fingers? Why is crazy? <laughs> Why is Crane so upset about it? Or is he upset about the fire? Because <laughs> he's really upset about these files. Well, the thing is, they did the plan. They made Crane take dictation. Oh, he did. Spent a lot of time. Now he's so pissed off because he took all that time. Plus, he wrote <laughs> wrote shit in the margins. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, little did we know, actually, what he's burning up is everybody's Midnighter reviews. <laughs> Steve Orlando's actually Crane getting upset. Uh, but yeah, they have shit on the floor from the files the files burned on the floor yeah. batman's reach out like batman is actually smoldering ash batman's actually looking for clues while dick is just yelling it's like they never were here who could be like shut up dick. Uh, you know, and how about this start looking around you <laughs> might find a statue that's also a fucking elevator Sitting there playing on his Game Boy. Yeah, he just wants Nothing to go Nothing around home. here, Batman. Let's Actually, go home now. He has his uh, Xbox at home. He wants to get back. Uh, <laughs> so then Batman ends up, I don't know, not yet, but I know where they're going. So, yeah, we're going to Prague, Eric. Prague. Prague it is. Before we go to Prague, though, we go What's to What's your my, prerogative? Uh, ooh, what are you, Bobby Brown? Uh, the next step on the uh, awful tour goes to Bristol Township, Outer Gotham, now. And now. that is the Drake residence and we'll just start off by saying the old uh continuity which you said last month or last week i'm sorry uh that tim drake uh, his parents were in uh witness protection yes this appears to be a little different it appears to have changed it i know a lot of people are still uh hanging on this witness protection it to me it just appears that tim decided or was told or made to go Got work bruce with batman to help them, you and know. what happened was he's like okay bruce told him in my mind hey listen uh people are going to come after your parents you got to change their name uh, why would he change it to the name he's now using i i don't know but it seems like he they're just there um that he has made a new life for him. He even says it at the end. They have a house. So yes. Dick is going to show up. We realize, you know. I ain't building I, my parents a house. You knew. Fuck that. You know. You knew as well as I am. He was going to find out how Tim became involved with Batman. That seemed to be what uh, I guessed before. And it seems to be the truth. So again, I'm right, Eric, as always. Oh. Uh, before we go into that, I didn't even mention to you. We were talking a little about this book during the week and before the podcast tonight. I forgot that. 
Why do we have to have these jokes every time these hypnos are activated? I, I, I hated just, it. it. I'm just, actually surprised you never brought this yeah, up. It's just you, nonsense. You complained for yeah. a week straight last yeah, time we saw it's this. Just, it's just nonsense. Was that uh, Grayson Annual? Yeah, yeah. It's, you love yeah, that. Yeah, it's just nonsense. But yeah, <laughs> uh, he puts the hypnos on because, you know, he doesn't want these people to see a face that he, they don't know. <laughs> Why does he put the hypnos on? Tell me, please. Why? Because a swirly face... Is an honest face. Yes, and that's what happens. He answers. And also, if anybody, I'm, uh, this is a public service announcement to everybody out there. If anybody comes to your door and says they want to talk about the children of Medora, you run like hell. Because that <laughs> sounds evil to me. It well, Medora's like going to be. Medora's in Green Lantern this yeah, week, just, too. I'm telling you, it sound, the Children of Medora sounds like one of your movies that you like watching. Some fucking horror movie, like Children of the Corn. Hey, hey, I want to talk to you a moment. Okay, you know what? Our I want son, to talk to you about the Children of Mordor. Yeah, our, yeah. our son told us that you know people might come by and, and do bad things to us and set up... Come on in, buddy. You, know, you got an honest, swirly yeah, face. Get in here, kid. Face. Now, again, I asked you about the hypnos because there's only one reason he put the hypnos on so that later somebody can show up. Yeah. Because he has an honest face. Let's him in. These fucking parents. Tim's a genius. How did it come from this gene pool? Fucking <laughs> guy. He also has a fucking stupid-ass mustache. Hey, hey, you leave that mustache stupid alone. Stupid-ass mustache. Oh, honest face. Come on in. Yeah, your face is all swirly. So they go in. Immediately then, you're, you're there, okay? You're wary that there might be people that might come into your house and cause problems because of your son's occupation. The minute he comes in, doesn't talk about the children, but well, he does a little. He starts, and then, hey, is that your son? Penny's uh, a day. What do Penny's you mean? day. You could feed children yeah. of Mordor. Son? Oh no! Uh, why? Why do you care about our son? <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, that's our son Tim. Jack, get the gun. We lost him years ago, car accident, and now comes. The greatest bit of dialogue that I've heard in quite some time when somebody has just told you that their son died by car accident. Now, I will let you know this. I am aware that Dick knows that's not the truth, obviously. Yes. But he's trying to get information from these two. So he says, your son is dead, really? When exactly did this happen? You have a death certificate? And I can't read that in a nice way. It sounds so bad. And then the, the mother... Some stranger comes into your house, starts demanding to see a, a yeah, death certificate for like, your dead boy. Yeah, comes right now and even, hey, where's your dad? Oh, he died. Where's the death certificate? I'm, I don't know, but that's where my mom dropped his fucking ashes on the fucking carpet. <laughs> idiot. And that's true. Uh, yeah, she's like, oh, that's a bit oh, forward, Mr. Dixon. It's a sh Also... I don't know about you. Somebody comes to my house and to talk about the children of Medora. I don't remember their name. You know what I mean? They come and like, hey, I'm John anybody's name. I'm Johnny Franklin. And by then I'm like, oh, you want to see a death certificate? Here's this. See my fucking face or my fist upside your face and get the fuck out of my house. Whoa. How about that, Eric? Out of so my house. We make up nicknames for people at work because we can't remember well, their maybe, names. Yeah, I can't remember names. But yeah, then the dad cuts off the, the mother, who seems kind of pissed, and like, hey, Tim was a great kid. He arrived. He just arrived. <laughs> arrived, you <laughs> arrived. say? Ding and, dong. Yeah, and then all of a sudden there's a ring at the doorbell, and again, you, you are trying to keep yourself away from bad people. You just tell somebody you don't even know who's now demanding a death certificate. Hey, hey, you got friends? <laughs> Hey, let that man. And then the stranger comes says, "You stay here. I'll go get it." Yeah. Who no, the stay fuck here. are you? Yeah, really. And and takes the picture of Tim. <laughs> and in fact, at this point, that you know, you wouldn't know. They think, you know, that's the last thing they have of their son. He just takes it with him, and he answers the door. And who is it there? 
It is. Oh, Poppy. Oh, Poppy's there. And, and, and Dick says, oh, my God, Poppy, not now. Well, I ain't got time for this, Poppy. When When is there time? Working. Poppy looks very happy. Working, baby. Poppy shows up with that God, God garden tech. Uh, I like. I hate <laughs> it so much. Says. But uh, again, and then she says, tag Dick Grayson. Mother says hello. What the fuck is going on in this book, Eric? What is going crazy on? shit? I don't. I and again, I don't want to go bit by bit with this, but uh, and this you, is what we like to call. Hold on, this is what we like to call. <laughs> and now, Weird Out Loud would like to present Bad Dialogue Theater. Yes, it's Bad Dialogue Theater. We were going to do a bit <laughs> with Bad Dialogue Theater, but uh, again, I, this book is nonsense. You go, then you you catch up with. Uh, Harper and Cassandra. And this they're, is my favorite part of the yeah, book. Yeah, they're going to go to the, the Church of St. Elijah the Thunder, which Harper now tells us that it's now uh, being developed by the Order of St. Dumas, which yes. uh, is a great shout-out. Not good dialogue, though. Who says that? Who says that you go in this? Oh, my goodness. The signs out front. This used to be the Church of St. Elijah the Thunder. Now it's being developed by the Order of St. Dumas. Another oh, crazy thanks cult. A lot. Thanks a lot, freak. <laughs> Why would you say this? And oh, they go in there, and then what happens? I, I'm getting so irritated with this. Book. Orphan comes through the magic door. The magic door, Orphan comes out, right? Yeah. And then grabs, throws Cassandra away, and then starts yelling I, at Harper. And, I uh, love it so much because this whole freaking series so far, I'm at issue, we're at issue five now. All we've really seen of Harper is her have the shit kicked out of her and then be out of it for a little while. Now she's finally back in action, and here's her attacker. Time for round two, yeah. bitch. And, <laughs> you, know, you know what I hate? I don't know why. I hate when he keeps calling her Roe. Yeah. <laughs> it annoys me. Roe. Uh, and then, again, you get these two fights going back and forth. It's between Dick Grayson and Poppy. Poppy's like, and now now they're just destroying the the uh the drake's house and then uh the drakes use their uh, secret word which is shin bone <laughs> and the house turns into a panic room shit's like it's like a super secret thing where desks are turning around oh yeah why? it transforms why? into a whole secret why could it just be a door that closes <laughs> the whole house transforms Tim goes the whole nine yards when he takes care yeah. of his parents and then i i also like too is you have this going on, and then out of nowhere, there, there's these voice, the voice print, recognize, confirm, Drake, Janet, confirm, Drake, check. Why? You have arrived and said, why would it then announce that, stand by while I invigorate the human snares? Why? why because you, it's hilarious. Why would you announce this? And then they're both, uh, Poppy. Tim has a sense of humor. Poppy and Dick are like, what? And then you go back, it's back and forth. Then you go back with Harper, trying to fight freaking Orphan again. Why doesn't she just run? She, she knows she's not going to do it. And Orphan, my favorite part of this whole scene, <laughs> uh, he does, Harper runs at him and swings. He does like the grab and throw over his shoulder. She crashes into uh, the pews, yes. breaks them. She's a mess. And then she gets up with the Starts greatest bleeding line. bleeding again. Hey, no way in hell you're going to knock me down. I, I wanted Orphan to stop and go, listen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, bitch. I uh, hit her a little too hard. Uh, she doesn't know what's yeah, going on. I think you just got knocked down. Yeah, what are you talking about? That fucking that old wounds open, which old one? It's like from two days ago. Not even. Yeah. Then uh, Cassandra comes in, steps in. This is a few hours later in my mind. Yeah. Cassandra goes, and again, you you're getting this. That's why you got that uh, old thing, uh, the flashback. Obviously, Cassandra. Now it's confirmed fully that she was part of this whole thing. We knew it before, but yeah, you would. 
think that she might not have been that much involved, but yeah, she was fully involved. Yeah, she and, was built, and she's a killing yeah, machine. She's, she's a killing machine, and that's what she was built for. Yep, and uh, it's like, uh, was it Alias that that was the case? I don't know. I didn't watch that show. Yeah. Um, oh no, I was thinking of Dark Angel. Didn't watch that either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's like, uh, orphans, like, come on, you know what? Come to the dark side. Come on back. We come we, on, baby girl. Come on, baby girl. <laughs> we used to hang out, and she cuts off his hand. And would you say that she disarmed him? Oh, he would. Was give, would you say? Could that? I say that she, he was giving her a hand? Would you like that? <laughs> would you say that she caught him red-handed? Ooh, that's a new one. Would you say that I fucking hate this book, Eric? Uh, so then he wants to get away. This is my favorite part, yeah, though. Yeah, it, it's okay. He's got no hand there. He's running away. I'm so <laughs> He's happy. He's throwing grenades. She shoots him. Uh, Harper shoots him with what would I would think is a tracking device. <laughs> I as, don't as, know. As freaking Orphan's running away, though, he's like, next time I won't ask. I'm just going to take you down. But as he's running away, he starts unleashing this fear gas that he has in, pumping yep. into his mask. Yep, the fear and gas. then he grabs the grenades and drops them. And I'm thinking as he's running away, the happiest thought in his mind is that he didn't have the grenades on the other side of his belt where his <laughs> hand's missing now. <laughs> it's like, thank God. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then it looks like her, uh, our Cassandra now is upset. She might even be pounding her fist into the wall at that point. She's very oh, upset. Darn. She's crying. And Harper gives him, listen, you're, it's okay. You're okay. Uh, some feels there. Do you have the feels? We're all monsters sometimes. Uh, yeah, she's like, listen, we, we're all killers. I just, actually, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think Harper's just sitting there. She's like, somebody explain to me why I wanted to be a vigilante. This really <laughs> sucks. I just keep getting the shit kicked out of me. But at least I have my hands. I Actually, I, I would have loved uh, one of them to pick up that hand and make, like, jokes with it. Like, high fives. You're going to try to freaking cheer her up with hand, like, shadow puppets? <laughs> shadow puppets from Orphan's bleeding hand. Uh, then we get back to... We get back to Dick and Poppy. are still fighting. They're fighting between lasers. <laughs> And yeah, I'm sorry, we just get right back to nonsense stuff. Stuff with Cassandra, Orphan, and uh, Harper. The only thing I like in this book. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else I like, though, is the book has to end. It's getting the page count. So you have this long fight between Poppy and Dick, and now all of a sudden just uh, knocked out. She gets hit by a laser, gets knocked out. Uh, it's Dick, shot in the ass with a laser Dick and knocked Crasher out. goes out to the uh, front lawn, dumps her on the front lawn, uh, calls uh, Helena, says, hey, you got to pick us up. Tim shows up. Now, tell me why the, the yard's on fire. Can you tell me this? Was it that uh, that Poppy was on fire and my, I, the, the lawn's on fire? Everything's on fire. Makes no sense. This book isn't. Uh, yeah, Tim shows up. He's pissed off. He has a very weird uh, gathering with his parents where he looks like he doesn't want to hug them. Don't get and too close, Tim. While they, they've hurt you before. And that's in the apartment. The, the floor's on fire. <laughs> The metal floor, yeah. yeah. The metal floor is, the metal door is on Fire's fire. everywhere. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, goes out, and in my favorite, you like the Harper Cassandra part. I like, I do like the end where Tim's like, listen, you, you don't have the right to do this. I, I tried to keep my parents away from this. You brought them to the front door. Uh, why are you doing this? Dick has a claim that he didn't have time to talk to Tim. That's bullshit. They had were plenty talking. Of time. He went dark. Remember, he was on his motorcycle. I'm going dark now. The whole last issue, he's mad because Tim can't get a hold of him. Yeah. When he finally gets a hold of him, you give him shit for not getting a hold of him, and then I have something i got to do alone. Yeah. And Why goes, not come back and dark. talk about it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, could have talked about it, but then, uh, you know, hey, anybody could be mother. Anybody could be controlled. Even us. You're not the one to decide. Punches him right in the fucking face. 
Jerk off face. Yeah, right in the jerk off face. And then it basically gives the zinger of, you know, this is what Batman would do, and I, I expected more from you. That's why it shocked me. Everyone's bad mouth and Bruce. And then we go back to the last issue of Teen Titans where uh, Tim did the same thing. Yeah, that's what he did. So where's, and uh, I'll, even before we're done with this fucking issue, I hated yeah. it. Uh, the art. I did, these characters changed. I, I think there was 20 characters in this book because, boy, at one point, Tim Drake looks like he's 20. At the end, he looks like he's about 12. I thought it might be Damien. Oh, yeah. I, at the I end, don't know what's going the, on. The last page, he looks like Damien, he and Dick looks like, looks like Midnighter. Yeah, it, it's just crazy. Uh, but there was a lot of artists that just the dialogue was terrible. The book, This book, this issue was so bad that I'm telling you, I'd be done. Uh, I think there'd be some... I think that the... Uh, the numbers will drop a bit. It, it's not going to drop all the way. People still like Batman and want to know what's going on. But this is a book with uh, starring Dick Grayson with the Robins. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, that's the whole cell of the book. Yeah, where, where's Jason, too? I, I want, I want more it. of these guys. Yeah, he's just back there hanging. Smoking like a badass. Stephanie's just hanging. They're, they're hanging together. Who knows what they're doing. Ooh, yeah. fire uh, still. Eric, <laughs> I gave this a 3 out of 10. Wow, three out of ten. Yep. That is some low ass shit. Yeah, I, I would give this a five, five point five. I'm gonna tell you. Uh, I'm looking at the roundup actually, and I think this book averaged pretty low. Yeah, a five four. Uh, the highest being a seven five, but then uh, goes down to that lowest one is me three. Most people do uh, tend to be around that five area. I didn't like it. I thought the art was off. I thought the dialogue was terrible. I thought the whole book, and I don't think it went very far in the story. Not enough for me. But yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, they got to spread it out a bit. We got 26 issues to tell a story. We got to spread some shit out. Yeah, but it's been spread out now for a bunch of issues. And it's yeah, just... we're only five issues in. I know. Well, five issues, that's almost, you know, 20% of the deal. Oh, you and your 20%. We're going nowhere. So this to me earlier it today. It seems like, I know. Well, that's what it seems like. You have uh, Tynan give you a, an, an issue where everything happens, and then you'll, and have, four, you'll have four more issues of, eh, a little bit happened, and then he'll hit again with a great issue, which, again, maybe next issue sucks, but I'm assuming we're going to get some big reveals in that issue. So do I. Yeah, so, and uh, we're going to go on with it. What's your next book? Next, we have Green Lantern number 46, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Billy Tan, Mark Irwin, Alex Sinclair, and Dave Sharp. It's time to finish up this planet's turning to stone story, even though it feels like we just began, and we haven't really got any answers about how or why any of this is happening. Mm. Or what was up with that monster that broke free of the source wall at the end of Godhead? But what the hell, it's over and it's it's as simple as knocking Black Hand back into the wall and heading back to Earth. The end. The end. I don't know how people are actually liking this book be, and talk about how like you know great it's like we're moving on to a new story. How great this conclusion is! It answers all these questions. There are no questions answered in this book at all. Eh, I didn't mind this issue. Uh, again, really? uh, again, we're gonna run into this where this week was so bad that maybe it's that because I reviewed my books and I hated almost every one, and then I right. got this and I didn't hate it. Uh, I don't know. It starts off nonsense, like you said, Virgo and and Vir. Uh, What's his name? Virgil, Virgil. Uh, Virgo and Trapper. And Trapper, yeah. Virgo and Trapper have nothing to do. So No, they, they haven't they, had anything to do no. this entire and, time. Yeah, they, they're talking, and uh, uh, Virgo comes off as an asshole. <laughs> Again, you have Trapper. You're, you're there with him. You know, they. how long do you think they've been together in this book? Has this Two book weeks. been lasting a couple weeks, months, whatever? I would whatever. say so. Say even a month. But yeah. you, I've heard enough from Trapper that I realized that he did not have a great life. 
No. Like don't, so they're on this planet where they had, where they were going on quote-unquote vacation with Darlene. They, they oh, Hal took, took care it. of his shit. Yeah, yeah, well, Hal worked out some, some real-life problems there. <laughs> and uh, they're there, and and uh, Virgo's like, oh, this planet reminds me of my uncle's palace gardens. Oh, Kethleth Prime. Yeah, great. You Thanks a lot, Virgo. So then he, and then he, but the worst is then he says, I ate oh, my own shit once. Does this not remind you of your home world? That makes no sense. I hate this you so much, whole, you rich piece of shit. Is, and it's a whole universe. And again, maybe that's, you know, it's Venditti's way of saying, yeah, the, he's a naive guy. This is like a Paris Hilton uh, who thinks everybody has, the, you know, the uh, opportunities and everything they have. But again, I want it, Virgo, I want you to fucking fall out of the ship. At the one point when he's like, we got to get out of the ship and help him, I hope, I wish he ejected him out of the goddamn oh ship. Oh my God, so at that annoying. point I started screaming at the book. I'm like, you do not help because you fuck up everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all the time. And the best is Trapper tells him that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then you have uh, Hal with Black Hand heading towards the uh, the source wall and Relic. And Relic looked awesome when he gets there. But I did have one kind of an issue where uh, Hal's going, hey, uh, I'm going to try something different this time and announce our arrival. And he has the big Green Lantern symbol that he yeah. makes. He, Relic knows he's coming just from the, the light. You know what I mean? I get it, you. It's just, it just was kind of hokey to Maybe me. Maybe just to get to his attention, you know? Yeah, I know. But he gets there, and Relic... Not a lot of light in space. Yeah, Relic's pissed. Uh, it, like you said, not a lot to talk about in this issue. No, I'm saying, but the thing is, this feels like it's such a cop-out to me. I want to say that it might be an editorial decision, because we had all this great stuff at the end of Godhead, where we had this monster ripping through the source wall, and that's a great cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And then periodically we saw like a pebble hit a planet, yep. and then that planet would turn to stone, and that's all we'd get. And then we started getting into the story, and it's just black hand now. Yeah, and what, uh, what, what, what are you talking about? It's just black said, hand. We had um, all this lead up. You're getting the same thing that I thought when. Uh... When Hal's talking to Relic and like, hey, he accidentally touched a source wall and he's everywhere he goes. And hey, he doesn't even mean it sometimes. He sheds off things like dandruff. You know, yeah. That's the pebbles, you think? I have to be. Now I'm guessing what they're that's what, how they're I, explaining editor- that. I'm, in my mind, editorial told him, look, this was a great story you had going. We need to do something else, so you got to wrap it up. Yeah. You know what my favorite part was? When, when uh, Hal first starts talking to Relic. And he's talking the dandruff thing, and there's uh, the side view of Black Hand in the construct, what looks like a coffin. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that he has a little pillow for Black Hand? He has, <laughs> no, a little con- he has a little construct pillow for Black Hand. He's just not laying on the, you know, the surface of the thing. He's a little pillow. <laughs> makes That's me, your favorite part. Makes me laugh. <laughs> he's got a pillow. <laughs> oh, hell, you're a good guy with that pillow. But yeah. Fucking, um, uh, when we talk about like, things changing up in July or whatever, I like I dig Venditti on this book. I've liked what he's given us so far. I think it's time for a new writer, though. I, I'm so, Like I said, I don't know if this is his fault. Like, to, like Tomasi on Detective later on, that's not his fault. Yeah. It's a, li- a bad book, but he got fucked. A little pillow. Eric. A little pillow, dude. A little dude. pillow. Uh, yeah, we were talking earlier. This is what I'm saying. I think that how, you're, how you could get a lot of uh, – uh, juice going in the books would be to change up some of the creative teams uh you know again you might say hey listen jim you stupid ass they tried changing up a lot of things uh and that didn't work out this you know with the batman and superman the truth all that stuff but i'm telling you a lot of these books just seem to need a spark they need something different and uh, like we said we were talking like say what we said scott snyder on green arrow yeah that'd that'd be great People would get all excited, and uh, and also again, also bring in some uh, new writers, some big writers, some other con- you know. DC, it just I don't know what it is. They they 
seem to lose guys, not get them. You know, for every three guys they lose, they get one guy uh, from other players, like Tom Taylor coming back or whatever. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I don't know. I love Tom Taylor, but you take Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire out and give me Tom Taylor, I don't think that's an even swap. Not they at need all. to do something. And like you said, I like, yeah, I like Van Diddy. And I'm one of the I'm probably the biggest supporter of the Flash book with him and Van Jensen. But even that book, they've been on it a while now. Maybe it's time for you know something new where you get a new type of it's not even just the stories itself, but the way, you know, each writer progresses the story in their kind of way. And yeah, this uh Green Lantern, I like it. I like this issue enough, uh, but yeah, it's kind of boring. Uh, it's not really a, boring. Not I'm a saying, lot happens. He's talking about how, like, you know, he's shedding now. He, like, he's, these dandruffs coming off him, and yeah, how yeah. he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't mean to. But I don't. I want to know how he got the source wall power onto his hands. Yeah. How this happened, and how during this final battle, when they freaking all they do is dodge his pebbles and his attacks, and then you know, Trapper shoots a freaking grappling hook and knocks yeah, him into the wall. Hook. And him getting absorbed back in, like, shuts the fissure down, which in my mind was created by a giant monster ripping through it, and saves yeah. the universe. I don't understand how any of this happens or why, and there's no answers here. I didn't even, I, again, I was not confused, but I was wondering when uh, he turns that construct into stone, and I, it, I just, it just seemed odd. That started, that started last issue. Yeah, it just seems odd, though, that that would happen. Uh, but, yeah, you even see it when the pebbles hit, Hal puts up that wall, that shield, yeah. and they start to turn into stone. And then it but does I, turn I have no answers. Stone, he hits them with it. Why did this happen to Blackhand? Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, yeah, why, why would you make this the way to seal up the wall? Because then you don't give the story like you want it. You were a big Godhead fan, right? Yeah. And uh, the, so the story ends that in a way that's really not excited. satisfying to you and also seems to get rid of Blackhand. And who was supposed to be in Suicide yeah, Squad? Yeah, I don't think that's happening. No, here do I. We didn't think it was anyway, but, yeah, this kind of puts a, a nail in the coffin, as they say, Eric. And the worst part, too, like, I'm, I'm reading this book, and it looks like uh, Trapper and Virgo, they shoot that grappling hook, hits Blackhand in the back, and knocks him right in that goddamn source yeah. wall. And then he fucking, he's okay. And yeah. it's not until he starts monologuing, and the back of his hand brushes against it that he gets sucked in like it's quicksand. Yeah. yeah. You know what else happens? What's weird to me? When uh, something happened uh, when Blackhand gets knocked into the wall, uh, Billy Tan took a, a bit of time off. Because the art really goes downhill then. Yeah. I love the art up until then, and it start and it gets progressively worse till the end. And I, I was I talking agree. to you. I said to you, man, I love the art in that issue. And you're like, I don't know. It ends up really bad. And it really, when they after which you thought was the greatest part of the whole thing. Yes. When yes, it all happens, Relic starts monologuing about like, hey, you know what? Maybe I had you wrong. Maybe. But I still don't like you using you know, the emotional I don't spectrum. Like it. We're gonna and then turns and Hal's gone. <laughs> Hal's already taken off Darlene, yeah. gotten the hell out gone. of there you know and i wanted that man his ass. i really was hoping that relic would call him a little light smith just one more time god damn it yeah that annoyed me but yeah really if you look i'm going through it right now when they go after that all said and done they have this little epilogue at the end to talk boy the art goes red and it is the worst in the panel where hal is there with, with those uh, big eyes oh my god what, what is <laughs> happening at first i need to check on something someone actually and he uh, who is that what happened? No, Where's Hal? Because that doesn't look like him. That's a big-eyed, long-haired freak. Yeah, and, oh, it's weird. And I, I feel like by the time I got done with this, though, like I, in my mind, Billy Ten was just really into this issue for Relic. He likes. Yeah, he likes. Yeah. He's a Giants fan. I imagine he's like the young Frank Dukes the of Bloodsport. No, he's got the freaking <laughs> San Francisco Giants Frank hat. Dukes. 
He's yes. got the New York Giants jersey. And he's got the Japanese Giants uh, jersey as well. He's got their <laughs> pants. But once once Relic was out of the book, he didn't care anymore. Yeah, he's like, okay, Relic's out. I'm done. Because, yeah, it really is. I even said it was, but, yeah, even Relic, that last bit when he's talking, yeah. that is pretty good. And I like it, it. It definitely happens right then when they're flying away. The, it gets bad. The part, though, when Hal flies up the Relic and you see the smoke coming, like the fumes coming off of yeah. Relic's eyes, it is some of the best artwork yeah. that I've seen in Green Lantern uh, in the entire run. Would you be that taken aback if somebody told you that it was supposed to end with that little lightsmith and then they had to add that part at the last second for to get the cliffhanger for next issue because boy it, it's it's that last part agree in fact i even went to the beginning to see if there might have been another artist on that because whoever it would i'd fire them but yeah it's it's well, manship was yelling at me on the freaking site this week telling me how this is like great art all the they way did. through don't well, listen not to all the way through yeah uh, he says Man all the way through, probably like, getting pissed off right now but boy it, it's not all the way through this no. last like three pages is is not good at all actually the last page has the uh those guys in Medora that end yeah. with the cliffhanger that they look like they're heading to Coast City to, you know, maybe blow it up. Yeah, uh, they're going to let their voices hear by yeah. taking out the city without fear. But boy, I really don't know who that is with, with Virgo. <laughs> it's a long-haired <laughs> idiot. I don't Big know. eyed freak. Some boy, kind of mongoloid on that ship. some crazy looking dude. I, Sloth grew some hair. His face is all off. I don't know what's going on. Eating a baby Ruth. Freaking looks nonsense. What, but what now, this, this ending is very lackluster to me. Yeah. It doesn't answer any questions I have, and it just kind of – it seems like it's swept under the rug real fast. Okay, dirt's gone. Don't anybody worry about this. Let's move on. Yeah. Now, I gave this a 5.5 out of 10. I actually would give it a 6.5. Okay. I, up until that last part. But, I again, I, I liked how he gave a little pillow. He gave Black <laughs> Hand a pillow. A little pillow putting it's up a bl- point it's in your black, mind. It's Black Hand, and he's that nice. He gives yeah. him a pillow Do you know why? Because he just beat the ever-loving shit out of him in the last but issue. He gave, but he gave him a pillow. After crushing pillow. his face in. Yes, he did. All right, yeah, about a 6.5. <laughs> you know what? That's in the running for best book of the week, Eric. Really? Uh, next up is Justice League, Dark Side War the Flash, number one. Written by Rob Williams, art by Jesus Marino, Guy Major, and Saida Temafonte. Oh, yes. What's that one? Saida Temafonte. The black racer is fused Belafonte. with the flash. Tele- Temafonte. Temafonte. Uh, why isn't it Belafonte? The, ba- <laughs> the black racer is fused with the flash to become the god of death, and Barry isn't having any of it. The racer pleads his case, forcing the Flash to face some stark truths about the need for mortality. Yet, Jump in the only, line. Yet, Everybody it is on only time. when okay, Barry realizes... You shut you. your mouth. Oh, sorry, yet, it is only when Barry realizes the personal sacrifice he must make that he agrees to merge with the racer and become the god of death. All right. Yeah, uh, these issues are now... I Now I'm fully on board with them being unnecessary. Oh, yeah, this is total cash grab. And just a waste grab. of money. Uh, really, there's no need for these. It does nothing. Every story starts and ends in the exact same place that they were, and you don't get much at all. Uh, yeah. And in fact, though, I think this might be the best one. I and think it still, is as well. It's still nonsense, but boy, uh, I love the art. Still Jesus good. Marino is great, and uh, he gets a little uh, bonus. The, the Black Racer is a really cool character to draw. I'm saying, no, no. Right now, he's a cool character. I've never liked well, the Black Racer. Well, I'm saying Racer. in this. In yeah. this book, The boy, Flash Black great. Racer is awesome. Yeah, he looks awesome. Uh, but yeah, you get the book starts with a recap of the end of the last Justice League book. Um, and they go off. How'd they get yeah. to Earth? They run? They run across the galaxy. No, they were on Earth. Uh, no. 
What? I thought they weren't. They, I thought they were on Apocalypse. No, this is Earth, Earth, baby. Okay, this is Earth. Okay. Uh, Superman must have flown. Though. No, I'm saying I still have no idea how that works. I'll yeah, get to yeah, that when we get yeah, to it. But okay. This but is yeah, all they're Earth. there. You're right. They're there. Uh, again, you get that recap bit. Like they said, oh, did I kill Darkseid? What happened? No, it's a Black Racer. Uh, he decides he's going to outrun Death. And the thing is, this whole thing, he's got to outrun death. And the reason the Black Race is chasing after him because he needs a host yeah. uh, to do anything. And in order for that to con- – uh, I love it too. you got to consummate this relationship. Barry, I'm like, what are you guys going to do? Yeah, I know. And, uh, very are you going to show the whole thing? This is getting racy. <laughs> Ooh, uh, that, that might be worth the two Barry's got to look him in the eyes missionary style. Yeah. He's, oh, really? Yeah. You know, no, do- you know dolphins do that. Really? Yeah, I heard that. It might be. It might not even be true. <laughs> uh, uh, missionary style. But the whole point is, Barry has to kill somebody in order for this union to take place. Yes. Because and the Black Racer spends this entire issue telling him, "Look, if you don't kill anybody, then death is just out there, and everybody dies." Yeah, everybody dies then. And uh, the again, universe unravels. And he he tried. You know, death has given him the whole deal. You knew it was going to come. That like, hey, death created you. They show uh, him at the grave of yeah. his mom. Uh, obviously, that was where it was leading. They go to Central City, and it looks like death kills everybody in in Central City. It just, again... It, it is the freaking ghost of Christmas past, like Barry says in this he, book. Yeah, he does say it. I'm showing it you is. possible futures if you don't choose the right path. Uh, then it's funny, too, because he, uh, when he's thinking, like, oh, I got it, somebody's got to die, he ends up with, at Iris's house. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know why I thought of you. And I was like, holy shit, that got dark. Uh, the thing is, too, because Iris is playing it off like he's just came here. But she, he thought of me because he needs help. And I'm like, no, he thought of you because he, he's going to kill you. Yeah, he's going to kill him. And he even spells it out. Hey, I didn't even think of Patty. She freaking that bitch left me. I thought of Iris. I, very odd. Um, again, what else is there to say, really? Um, well, I'm I saying re- Barry figures out that, you know what? If I got to kill somebody, I'm going to kill death. Yeah. And well, I'm sitting here reading this book, and I'm wondering to myself, didn't you guys just kill Darkseid? Yeah. Doesn't uh, that count? Yeah. Well, and, you know, you have to kill certain people, I guess. But I what thought, the fuck? actually, the thing that I really like was in the Black Race, I was like, yeah, I can find somebody else I can use, and it's Reverse Flash and, uh, uh, and I, I was actually, I actually took that at face value first. I'm like, oh my God, did he just tell him? Wait, no, this is a hallucination, Dumbo. Now, I actually would love to see a Black Racer Grodd. Me too. That'd be so <laughs> awesome. I wish that that's how it came to be, that he. Ended up making uh, Grodd the Black, and then he killed that somehow. You know, killed him through them would have been really cool. But yeah, he ends up killing Death, Eric. So badass. The end. <laughs> the end. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it's not the end. No. He unleashes Death at that point. Has no, There's no tether to keep Death bound. Yep. So Death is just out there, can destroy the entire universe. So Barry decides to save everybody. By sacrificing one person he knows he can himself, he's going to sacrifice the person he was, and become the Black Racer. Yep, he's the Black and that Racer. is that is an awesome freaking ending to this story. Even though it doesn't really matter because you can go from Justice League forty five to forty six without needing this information, I still liked it a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, it was unnecessary. It, uh, nothing happens really to lead into you know nothing's going to change. You can't have this book changed like the whole flash book and the and all that's, that that's the best too because if we went to just league 46 and people didn't read this and it actually changed and now he's done yeah. the black racer what the hell happened yeah you can't have it that so i give uh, rob williams credit that at least it was enjoyable read 
uh, actually, to me, I thought it was kind of a, a cool deal that he made it into like a Christmas Carol type thing because that even made it more like okay, it's it's a side story. It, yeah. It's uh, you know a little bit of a, a just story time. Uh, but I like I said, I love the art. I, th- there's a couple full page things that are really good, especially if you're a Flash fan. Uh, it's uh, just, hold on, it's like hold on, I gotta read this. It's so good. In order to keep everyone I care for alive, one life has to end. And I fi- and finally I realized that f- that for me that one life ended a long time ago. And you see him walking as a child with his dead yeah, mother. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a really good ending. Well, actually, and the way you said, I actually thought that the death that he's talking about is that he's finally going to let go of his mom because he's kept her alive in his uh, in his heart, say. Right. And that's why you see that ghost. And when he lets go of her, that's the life that I thought was ending, that he's like, yeah, that one life ended a long time ago. I'm going to finally let go of my mother's death and get on with my life. And that's what kind of was the life. And in my mind, his life ended as Barry Allen, the day his mother died, to put him on the path to be the Flash yeah, and avenge yeah. his mother. Yeah. And that, to me, is the life he's giving up, his yeah. own life that he could have had. Yeah, yeah. like I said, I actually, because they kept showing his mom throughout with this yeah. ghost type thing, I got the idea that it was the life that he, like I said, that he was keeping her alive in his memory and stuff like that. And he's like, finally, I'm just going to let go. I'm saying, in the book, he never let go. He no, walked away with his mother. Book, he, no, because at the end, it looks like he's, uh, it looks like he's uh, stopped holding her hand. Nope. At one point, he's there. and yeah, I'm looking at like, it. No, I'm looking at it now, too. They're not holding hands anymore. His mom's hand's open, and his is kind of there, and I think that that's saying him walking away. I disagree. Yeah, no, I don't, uh, because then she's not there. He's there as the black racer. She's gone. That's what I Yeah, the hallucination's over. Yeah, I know, but I I think that was the hallucination. I think that was just him thinking in his mind. Yeah. So It's it's all an act that's going on inside his mind as he falls. I don't know. I'll have to read Reggie's review and see what he thought. But, yeah, I actually thought that it was that. But, uh, yeah, I like the art. And you know, like I said, it was kind of was a, great in this it book. was an unnecessary book, but at least it had a story that was, you know, decent enough. What would you have given it? I would have given this a 6.5. I have seven. Uh, Reggie gave it a 6.5 and then sent a note along that says, you know, I don't know why I judged this so harshly. I would probably give it a seven today. So nice. he changed it up. He said that he liked it a little more afterwards. But we're going to move on to the next Justice League Dark Side tie-in. Uh, <laughs> Justice League Dark Side War Superman number one, written by Francis Manipool, art by Bong Dazo, Hi-Fi, and Carlos M. Manguel. Hi-Fi. Yes, yeah, Superman has become the god of strength, and he wants pie. After dispensing of an alien assassin by leaving him on the floor of the Daily Planet, Superman goes to the diner for apple pie. While munching on said pie, the alien's exhaust residues take over Metropolis and consumes everyone in a black goop. Superman begrudgingly saves the day and then flies away in search of more succulent and delicious pies. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. This was an odd one. Uh, again, it's a very odd one. Well, again, you're going to have an issue that really doesn't do anything. Uh, this one just actually... If anything, this one maybe is less unnecessary only because it really does show how much of a dick Superman is now. Not uh, only that, it shows uh, Superman getting back to Earth, which yeah. I find ridiculous because yeah, he's not yeah. flying from another dimension back maybe to Earth. Maybe he is, Eric. Maybe he is. <laughs> he is a strong fella with a hunger for pie. But yeah, he goes back to Earth. In the meantime, he punches a crazy uh, alien in a construct of like a mecha suit. Yeah, it's a mecha kind suit. of a spaceship, and they crash into Earth. He's got a new suit on Eric. 
Oh yeah, is that what it is? A new suit? He's got a new suit. Because that's what people every, Metropolis seem to think. Everybody seems to think he has a new suit. Uh, his, all his colors are inverted. He yeah. is irradiating darkness. Yeah, he's irradiating darkness. And I'm telling you, the way it's drawn, I don't know if it was supposed to be, but it looks like he's not naturally in any of the book. It looks like he's been plastered in afterwards. <laughs> it's an odd look. It looks cool. It does. Um, but yeah, it's an odd look, and this is a weird story. I, uh, I just wish that people would have like reacted a little bit differently than seeing somebody whose colors are completely inverted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's this alien, like uh, Reggie put in that intro. Uh, he basically just says, get the hell out of here. Enough of your backwards talk. Get What's the- up with that? Yeah, it's like, you, it's are so you trying to be Zatanna here? What are you doing? Yeah, it's Zatanna with not much to say. He calls Superman a uh, dumb ape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He tells him to leave. He does leave, but in the meantime, it's almost like a uh, like a contest. Like, hey, I'm stronger than you. Yeah, but I'm smarter than you because he flies off, and like the exhaust ends up infecting all of uh, Metropolis. Yeah, in with the, the meantime, venom symbiote. Yeah, in the meantime, Superman goes to his famous diner, Melvin's, and he wants some pie. Eric. He wants pie. Of course, because uh, when you fly back from another dimension, that's the first thing you want: yes. coffee and pie. Yeah, of course. And when he goes in. People again with the new co- oh new costume looking he good soup steals a guy's pie which is almost as bad as in that Man of Steel movie when he was stealing clothes Eric why did that bother your kid I, so much because he, he's not it, I didn't like that I think that he, oh I thought it just bothered no Logan. no it was me I didn't like that <laughs> that's he, right you have the mind of a child yeah he shouldn't steal clothes but he stole pie here uh, Melvin tells him a story which makes me laugh I just <laughs> Melvin is the owner of the diner. He probably has keys to the place, whatever, but he you would think. Uh, he understands what's going on with Superman because he, too, had a change a couple months ago. He <laughs> shaved. Oh. He shaved off his beard, almost got arrested. That they, The cops thought they were breaking into the diner. These Metropolis cops are racist, Eric. They saw a black fella going into a diner and tried to arrest him. They are Reagan, racist. Can you imagine? I'm sitting at the diner next to Superman's there. I know what you're going through, Superman. I shaved last week. I still can't buy cigarettes at Wawa. Yeah, you can't. That baby face they told you. <laughs> you fucking bunch bitches. of nonsense, baby face. But yeah, it's so weird. Uh, this issue is just. Uh, what else is there? He wants pie. He demands pie. He demands like, pie, and Jimmy demands his big br- uh, hero. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy at one point in this book looks like he's about a forty-five-year-old <laughs> man still in the same job. I felt bad for Jimmy. It's like a forty-six-year-old working at the cardboard box factory, Eric. He's yeah, that's, not going that's anywhere terrible. until Jimmy gets on his bike. And now he looks like a 45-year-old who had a DUI, and he's on, like, a little kid's bike. That's the thing. is, He's rushing down the street on his bike. You know we're in the car next to him. That guy had a DUI. <laughs> that, that, that guy's DUI. Look at him. Yeah, he's going there. <laughs> Imagine me. Dring, dring. He's trying to get through. That's when this... Why would you have a bell and not use it? I, well, you would use it. But, yeah, Damn Jimmy's right. heading to Melvin's. He realizes that's where Superman would go. Superman just chucks him the fuck out the window. He's a dick. And That's... then you see him. I love it when Jimmy's on the ground. He's up being consumed by the uh, symbiote. Yeah. And, uh, and you look, Superman's just having another piece of pie. <laughs> he's I, I, I love it, though, because he's so, like, obsessed. Like, Superman, you're still him. You're still Superman. I know it. Right? Yep. Deep inside, you're there. He's being consumed by this black ooze. Yep. He's like, I'm not going to lose face. Run. Kick it off, man. Just yeah. do something. Like, but uh, stand uh, there and I'm yell at your, Superman. I'm your friend, Superman. I'm, your, I'm not human. But, but I'm your friend. <laughs> And then Superman's just pissed. He's a dick. He's yelling at him. And basically, Superman's had enough. He's had enough of these freaking humans asking him for help all the time, which I'll go back. 
old Melvin when he was trying to get into that diner. That was something that was Superman saved the day that day yes. because he went, "Hey, police, that's Melvin." Oh, thank you, Superman. Police, do we want another Ferguson on our hands? <laughs> Calm down. Listen, Melvin's I, diner. This is I, Melvin. I may be. I may in the future punch one of your cops, but hey, he was a shadow monster. Uh, kind of like I am now. Yes. Uh, then you you go and everybody's being consumed. The whole whole all of Metropolis is covered in this black yeah, it's ooze. Covered in a black ooze, and Superman's just staring there. He doesn't see, it, and yet it's my favorite line. He, he uh, a pigeon lands on his shoulder, and I'm telling you, I those see are, nothing moving rats for with miles. Birds, except rats for, with wings, except for you. Get off! And then a pigeon flies. No, don't go! Don't go! And then all of a sudden, he's got his blue eyes there. He's got the eyes the again. Blues. I'm telling you. I don't know why this panel where his eyes are normal, it looks so strange to me and I can't stop looking yeah, it at does. it. I'm looking at it now. He's staring in my soul. Uh, he was so upset. He looks that, like an old man because of the white on that, the eyebrows. That pigeon flew off, Eric. He was so upset. And if you look, the pigeon looks very pissed. Uh, yeah, pigeons do that when you swat him so, away. So Superman has to save the day. And of course, when everybody's covered in black ooze, the only way that I could ever think that the, you would fix this is by freezing the whole city. And then smashing it open. And then smashing it. Well, he froze the this. I, it's so stupid. but uh, I, I don't know how this works. And, I'll go with it because why not? It's a Superman, like, Dark Side War tie-in. I'll just go with it, yeah. but it's silly. Yeah, and then uh, Perry yells about a new costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. And then there we go. Continued in Justice League 46. Um... Whatever. It, it's unnecessary. This one's a bunch of nonsense. I, nobody really liked this issue at all. Uh, what would you have given it? I think I would have given it a 5.5. I have a 5. I'd give it a 5. I did like some I, of the art. I really um, like the art. Yeah. Uh, it is weird. Like I said, some of the Superman uh, panels, when him and the panel looked like he was just pasted on. Uh, I said no, it was like a color pitching. form. You're my only uh, friend. Reggie gave it a 6. Right. And his other thing, he said, this is another one I might bump up another half point today, though it was an awfully fast read, is what Reggie... Oh, it's uh, very fast. Yeah, it wrote. Yeah, it was. It was really fast. Uh, we're going to... How did he get back from Apocalypse? I don't know. You don't need to know that. Well, who cares? How is he going to get back? I bet he starts off on Apocalypse again in no, I 46. I don't I know. It. I don't know. Maybe that was the only thing that that would accomplish, that he's with the rest of the team then. But I think, yeah, I don't know. Because uh, Lex is there... He's the god of apocalypse. Sure is. Yeah, so I don't... Yeah, you're right. I don't think Superman will start off an apocalypse. He'll just be on Earth. They won't even explain it. But uh, what we're going to do is... Hold on a second. Whoa, whoa. I'm saying, just this whole story, though, it's a ridiculous story. And it's really Superman 3 is what it is. And you should have learned. Never never emulate Superman 3. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. I like Francis Manipul a lot. Uh, yeah. I'm lo- I'm saying though I'm looking at the freaking diner scene again. It just reminds me of Superman sitting at that bar drinking in his dirty costume. Yeah, yeah, flicking uh, peanuts and breaking bottles. Yeah. And and again though I, we're saying that about Francis Manipul. I just said, uh, really, these guys they were just kind of hey, you got to do the story. <laughs> Everything, nothing can happen. Nothing can happen at all. Uh, just go with it. Tell a little tell a little tale. And he went with pie and a mean and angry Superman. Pigeons. <laughs> the pigeon saved the day. That pigeon <laughs> was the savior of the day. No, don't go. Get out of here. Don't go. <laughs> My name is Chad. Uh, we're going to go over to Ryan, Brightest okay. Day Clark, for his other side. Uh, he's going to be talking about... 
Claus number one. There you go. I kept telling you, I kept calling it Klaus. <laughs> like it's some book about some Russian dude who just walks around. Yeah, it's Claus number one. It's a Grant Morrison book, uh, kind of a, I don't know, a realistic, not realistic story of uh, Santa Claus. But Santa Claus year one. It's like Santa Claus to me. It looks like Santa Claus the Barbarian. Is what it looks like. But yeah, it looks, looks very interesting. I thought the art looked good. So we'll see what Ryan has to say about it. Three. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Hello, Weird Science, and welcome back to the 38th installment of The Other Side. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Baritis, Daycare Clark. I'm coming to you this week to bring you Klaus, number one, from Grant Morrison, Dan Mora, and Ed Dukeshire through Boom Studios. If you know me, you know I'm a big old Grant Morrison fanboy, and this book is no exception. Uh, I'm even overlooking the fact that I am way beyond not ready for Christmas to start, and here I am what is uh, reviewing what is, in essence, Santa Claus Year One. This book is gorgeous. Dan Mora is really pulling no punches with this first issue. I just I absolutely love it. Uh, and so far, uh, we even get Grant uh, doing some pretty subtle and nuanced storytelling, uh, but you can bet your bottom dollar before we're through that he'll have Morrison dust but good. Uh, I actually like the idea in this story of a dark, grittier tale of how a man became Santa Claus and not being anything like the uh, Tim Allen vehicle. Uh, and this book seems to have a lot in store uh, to show us how a gruff mountain man eventually becomes a magic chimney climber with a bowl full of jelly. I did find it, though, a bit odd uh, that the art style uh, felt so tonally different from the main story, from when we were seeing Jonas, the prince of the village that is probably going to become the North Pole, uh, who keeps all the toys in the land for himself because fun is abolished. Um, so this story is kind of like Footloose meets the Miracle on 34th Street. I guess we'll have to wait and see where things really go from there. Uh, but this book is beautiful, and it seems like it'll be uh, Morrison in a less M. Night Shyamalan esque role uh, of just telling an interesting and unique story uh, without the inherent need of some big gotcha moment. Uh, I think when this lumberjack puts on a red jumpsuit will be quite enough of that. Uh, this was a fun and interesting read, and like I said, I'm a big Morrison fanboy, so I think you knew. I know Jim knew. He messaged me Wednesday morning to ask if I was doing this book, and he was right. Um, knew that this would be the book I was doing this week. Um, I would recommend this book, but probably don't uh, leave it out next to the milk and cookies on Christmas Eve, because uh, you don't want old St. Nick getting any funny ideas. Along with this book, I'm reading the first Marvel Now hardcover collection of uh, Hickman's run on Avengers, uh, the Avengers World story arc, plus Jeff Johns' Superman, Last Son of Krypton. Uh, I picked up that one because I haven't read any Jeff Johns in a while, and I know he's coming back to write Aquaman again. Uh, I'd probably uh, end up jumping up, uh, jumping back on board with that. Uh, and because I haven't actually read a Superman story in a while, and I'm starting back next week with Max Landis's new miniseries, uh, which I'm sure the guys will hate because they hate everything. 
Um, but my pick for this week is Klaus number one. Definitely recommend checking it out, even though it's way too early in the season for a Christmas book. Um, but I don't think there's any really good stories to be told as to the um, mystical, magical, otherworldly genesis of Thanksgiving. Uh, unless you count, like, the horror movie Thanks Killing, which I'm sure Eric does, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's all for me this week. As always, if you have any reading suggestions, please let me know. Uh, either let the Weird Science guys know, you know, they read everything. Or you can let me know via Twitter at BDC Comics or via email at brightestdaycare at gmail.com. And you can always read my written reviews over at brightestdaycare.com and listen to my podcast on iTunes or Overcast. However, it is you listen to the iTunes podcast, just search for Brightest Daycare, two words, and that'll pop up. As well as you can like my uh, fan pages on Facebook, Google Plus, and Tumblr. And until next week, I'll see you on the other side. Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> And that was uh, Klaus or Claus? One of them. <laughs> I would guess it's Claus. Uh, Makes sense to me. Because of Klaus. The, uh, because of the subject matter. But uh, we're going to move on with the books. Uh, yeah, it's it's about to take a downswing in quality. Well, that's tough because we didn't even say, like the others. Uh, it gets bad, though. These are the our least favorite books of the week. And it starts out with you. Green Arrow number 46, written by Ben Percy, with art by Patrick Searcher, Fabrizio Fiorentino, Gabe Altieb and Rob Lee. Yeah, don't you talk for the rest of the Green Arrow fans here. Go on. The hunt for George is on, I guess, even though we haven't seen him in two issues. But this whole Bone Colt story is going nowhere fast. After driving to Juarez, Mexico, even though the Bone Colt was just in Seattle to attack Green Arrow and take George, Green Arrow and Tarantula are attacked and brought to the Bone Colt compound, where the leader of the cult, Hefe, monologues like the... Like, the villain that he is about how much he loves Bones and how Tarantula planned on sacrificing Oliver to save her niece Catalina, who the Bone Cole had previously kidnapped. As terrible as the monologuing is, though, I'll take it over Green Arrow breaking free from his restraints and murdering everyone around him. Yes. Yes. I offended someone this week because in my blurb of my review, I got all pretentious as hell and... Pretty much said that I spoke for all Green Lantern fans. Yes, you did. It was not my intent, but it did come off that way. And uh, he was not happy with the fact that I said all Green Arrow fans do not like this story or this direction. But this is mm. fucking nonsense. I'm sticking with it. Fuck everybody else. So this now is- you're going against him. I had to apologize for him because we were at work when he sent that. So I kind of sent him. Like, no, I agree. Hey, I'm you're saying- right. You're whatever. But that was uh, a bullshit thing to say. But you know, I'm not going to say that this book is good though. Um, it, it is nonsense. No, I, I don't like it. And I'll tell you, uh, one of the things I told you that I go, uh, yeah, there's always going to be fans. There's going to be fans of any piece of crap. Uh, me and you, like that crazy book you wrote years ago, probably three fans. The Beyonders? There. Yeah, the Beyonders. 18 fans out there somewhere that like that. Um, but I go, I, I put a lot of credence in the amount of reviews a book gets. To me, that means... First off, that people who are, quote-unquote, in the know uh, think that that's an important book. That's number one. Also, unlike us, 
Eric. Most sites are driven by clicks. Yes. You know, by looks or views, uh, by traffic to the site. So if they're putting up Green Arrow, uh, you know, for two months straight, three months straight, and nobody's coming to look at that review, they figure, hey, we're not going to be like those assholes at Weird Science that have to put up every goddamn book each week. Yes. Uh, we're going to cut it out. And I think that a lot of cut people might. Cut it out. Yeah, cut it out. Hey, the hair. That, that doesn't I think work without the hand gestures. Yeah, I know. I think, whoa. I think that some people, uh, yeah, I think nobody cares about this book at this moment. Um, it's because so bad. nobody's reviewing it. It's you, it's us and IGN, yeah. you and Levi Hunt. And Levi liked it a little more than you. Uh, but besides that, like I said, I go a lot. I put a lot of uh, credence in the amount of reviews. And there's only two. Uh, it's one of the least, like two people reviewed Batmite. Christ's sakes, this is Green Arrow. I know that Green Arrow, you know, you can kind of throw him in with Aquaman uh, with that kind of little bit below the tier. But with Arrow being such a hit, you would think there'd be people interested. And I don't don't know what this book is trying to do. The thing is, I want to like the comic more than I like the show. Yeah, yeah. Because the the comic to me is the real Green Arrow. The show is just, you know, based off of that character. It's not the real thing. I like watching Arrow, but at this point... I love Green Arrow way on the show way more than I love him in the comic. Yeah, I, I'm I was a huge fan of Jeff Lemire's Green Arrow and Andrew Sorrentino. You did not like it that much. You no, liked, I did not. You like previous runs. You like, but both of us, again, I can't say that Lemire's uh, Green Arrow was fun. Um, but yeah, it, it got had, heavy. But it it got heavy. But it it worked. I said it was a lot like uh, Charles Soule's Swamp Thing. It really went into the mythos of Green Arrow and changed things around in a way that I really enjoyed. Uh, maybe some people didn't. I didn't personally. Um, yeah, I did. I'm the telling idea you, of all these clans fighting and shit. Things always shock me when I find out, because I've read, oh, I didn't like uh, Sorrentino and Lemire's run, and it shocks me. Uh, but I also saw that with uh, Brian Azzarello's Wonder Woman run. Oh, yeah. Where a lot of true Wonder Woman fans didn't like it. Again, shocked me. Uh, but yeah, this run, and at, you took over the book. Yes. And I was not a big fan of the next uh, creative team. I can't even remember who They it were was. the writers of they Arrow. They were the writers on Arrow. So it did. And it brought in Felicity. Felicity and was in uh, for no reason because now it's that's completely gone. I'd want that more than this. That was this at is, least fun. Yeah, this is too too dark and too non-green arrowy. What's the is whole that, thing? Is, is that a sentence? I, I or a word, green arrowy? Because, boy, I, I don't get Green Arrow from this. Well, no, I'm telling you, because we, like, uh, Ben Percy is a horror writer. Yeah. And it seems that he spends most of his time working on the atmosphere of the book. Yeah, and it's very, it dark, it's, creepy, it's very and atmospheric. It yes. is. And the um, story takes, you know, the backseat to that, and it, it shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in fact, like you said, that, that actually spells it out really well, that it's all atmosphere but it's not no green arrow atmosphere to me either. No. And and again, where what what I get from the last bunch of issues is basically Green Arrow is a awful dog owner, <laughs> and wherever he thinks George is gone, he's gonna follow and and freaking chaos follows with him. Not only that, know. from what we've seen from Ben Percy's run, he's an awful businessman. He's an awful hero. You mean, and he's uh, an awful yeah. boyfriend. I thought you were talking about Ben Percy. No, no. Like, boy, you know a lot about Ben Percy. <laughs> now, let me break this down. Yeah, he is. He's... Tell, t- tell me how this works in your head, because um, this is what we got so far in this whole like story arc. We're in Seattle. Yeah. Oliver gets the war- woman who's now a psychic for some reason. 
to tell the secret origin of George, and it has to yes. do with this bone cult killing George's father. And, and somehow, I'll, I'll just interject one little thing. Yes. Somehow telling this story makes that bone cult <laughs> mysteriously arrive. And then they mysteriously arrive out of nowhere, and they attack Oliver. A tarantula comes out of nowhere, and then they have to run for their lives to get away, and I guess they take George, because we never see them take George. Yeah, just but... kind of go with it. Yeah. And then... Tarantula and Oliver have to, right after this, Tarantula and Oliver have to drive to Juarez, Mexico, even though the bone cult was just in Seattle. I'm like, this is a long ass drive. Yeah. Seattle to Mexico. Yeah, they're going all the way down to California or whatever. I said, don't yeah, you think I, that Green Arrow, with all his, you know, money and whatever, he'd would be able get to get a plane? Like, not only that, <laughs> he would be able to freaking, you know, stop them midway through or even still in Seattle. Yeah. What kind of like uh, I don't even know what kind of resources the Bone Cult has to get back to Juarez. Yeah, I I don't know. Right, so I, well, they're they're a cartel, Eric. They got a lot of money. Uh, That's a big uh, I don't know. It looks like a Japanese uh, dojo that they're in, but hey, whatever. Anyway, the the then Tarantula Novel, they drive them to Mexico, and somehow they know this is where George is. I don't know how they know. Like Tarantula just seems to be like, yep, this is where they're at. What's All really right. funny is I I I laugh at George and that whole nonsense. Uh, but yeah, George. I for, I didn't even know they had George. When George was not what? No, yeah, that's George. the whole thing. I got to go find my world. half wolf thing that yeah. I Emiko likes. Yep. And then we find out that Tarantula was planning on sacrificing Oliver to trade him for her niece Catalina, which we find out in the beginning of this where Ben Percy was setting his tone and atmosphere. The Bone Cold kidnapped her before, and then her brother called her for help. Yep. Yeah. Now, how does this plan work out? My niece has been kidnapped. Yep. I got to go to Seattle to get Oliver Queen to trade him for my niece. How does any of this work out? I don't know, because when they get there, it's kind of like we were talking about, uh, uh, what's it called? Black Canary. When Black Canary and uh, Bo took uh, Ditto yeah. and was giving her a, a Mendewaller and then all hell breaks loose, but they still give her the Canary's, canary's cry. cry. Yeah. Uh, but in this, like, at this point, they're there. They have them tied up. I think that this bone cult's like, you know what, Tarantula? Fuck you. We got Oliver now. Kill them both. But not it's even not that. a good I'm plan. Saying, it's not how, well thought out. I'm saying, though, how do we jump to this conclusion where Tarantula lives in Juarez, Mexico? She owns a bar, as we find out in this yeah, issue. Yeah, yep, we find her out. Her brother calls her, says, your niece has been kidnapped. Please help. How does she know the Bone Cult's going to go after George and Green Arrow I don't know. The Seattle? only thing I can think of is that they've always wanted to get uh, Oliver or Green Arrow, and she... They, they want George at one point and then knew about George. I don't know what she just got from yeah. a freaking dog fighting ring guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, I, I, I don't understand how any of the story works out. So, yeah, out of nowhere, Tarantula wants to trade Oliver for her niece. Yeah. Which they're not about to do because somehow Hefe is going to marry her niece off to his fucking, you know, skull face. Crazy son. looking son who looks like Mo. Oh, He's, got yeah, he Mo He's got a Mo haircut. He's got the Mo. He went there and they're like, hey, what do you want that hair? I'll have the Mo. Yeah, I actually like that. That panel's pretty crazy looking. Um, but you said in your intro that the main thing that uh, bothers me in this or I didn't like was when all of a sudden Oliver just straight up just starts murdering people. Yeah. And I don't care how bad they are. I don't care if they have masks on. Uh, he's murdering people. Saying, it's, a cool, can, it's a cool scene the way he does it. Looking. It has very like, cool tusks. Looking. He has yeah, tusks, tusks are strapped that he rips, to his freaking arms. Yeah, he rips off the tusks that were on the chair. And then just starts just killing people, and it just felt weird. It, it felt it, really weird. I'm saying people can argue that Oliver has killed before, like when he was captured on the island and they were torturing him, shit like yeah, that. Yeah. He had to kill to save his life. 
Green Arrow, you know, this is a guy who was fighting to be on the Justice League. They're not yeah. about to let a fucking murderer on the no, goddamn uh, Justice yeah, League. You, like, you, this goes against the character. Yep, you get the idea that uh, by this point, and you said, though it doesn't tie in at all to the show, but they even made the mistake of making him yeah. a killer at first and then had to draw that back because nobody likes it. No. And yeah, they rectified it in a good way. Uh, this just, it just seems off. It just doesn't seem, well, the whole book, the, it just with the tone, everything, I, I don't like it. Some people must. Absolutely. I read this book, and it's like that freaking wart woman with the bone cult, like premonition about George's past or whatever you want to call it, fucking psychic flashback. Mm-hmm. It's like Ben Percy sits down, all right, I got to write something in the beginning because it's going to come back to play at the end. Yeah. And that's every issue. So yeah. see something in the beginning, you it's going to be at the end. You know what's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, though, I do want to point out, we both laughed. They're driving in the car at the beginning. There's two things oh, that God are really ridiculous in this issue. No, uh, there's a lot more than that. Well, yeah, but I'm saying two major big things ones. for me. The big one is they're driving in a song from Black Canary, which I mentioned comes on the radio. Yep. And Oliver is so upset with this goddamn song. Now, again, I don't like certain songs or whatever, but when they get to the bar... <laughs> That is uh, Tarantula's bar. She goes to find the bartender. Can't find him. He has to pour a beer. First, he, got, he has to yeah. get changed to his well, green that, arrow that's costume. That's my second thing that I oh, hate. I'm sorry. He just he has a like a it's it's not even a hoodie, right? It's a it's a button up shirt. But it's even a when shirt. even when he's driving in the car, you look, you can see that he's got the gloves and he walks into this bar. He's got his goddamn arrow, his bow and arrow, and then he just throws the shirt. He goes, "Yeah, it's time to." Get down to business. Those are, he has the full Green Arrow outfit on. So Put in everything. Yeah. And then he's like, but first, I need what I need to wash away the taste of that song. Really? You, you got to do that again. I have to pour myself a beer to wash the taste of that song out of my mouth. And again, it's only to make a scene of a creepy scene with the bartender. Pinned uh, to the ceiling. Pinned to the ceiling and bleeding into the ball, into the, the freaking mug. beer. The mug of beer. But yeah, it's it's nonsense. Uh I like the art enough, but even the art at points, I think, was a little uh, I, off. I feel better about the art because when this first started, I was really excited with having Patrick Zercher on art because yeah. I dig his art, but it did not. I could not get into it. It did not feel right, and yeah. I finally feel like I'm on the trolley. I, like, I, I dig what he's given me. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it, again, it is atmospheric art. It does match the tone of the book. Maybe um, it's just that. Maybe it's because I'm just not into it. I, I'm, not, I I'm pretty know. sure that when uh, Ben Percy sat uh, sat down to write this, so he had just got done watching Silence of the Lambs, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre, yeah. and possibly the Crow Four Wicked pr- Prayer just for the Day of the Dead like motif. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm saying he makes it a point to show you, you know what's in this book? There's death head moths that were all yeah, in Silence they, of the Lambs because they they're creepy. Ooh. Yeah. And then, like and, I said, it, it definitely is one of those with, like you said, with the skulls and the bones. Yeah. It, it, it's not enough to show them and be creepy. The guy has to spell it out. Hefe has to spell it out completely of what he does. Yeah, it's and a chainsaw massacre. They had bone furniture. Everything yeah. was made out of bones. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. My fucking God damn it. Yeah. Just give me a Green Arrow book. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, whenever the next uh I don't know when the last team... time we actually saw him shoot an arrow. Yeah, I know. When the next creative team comes on, I think that uh, hopefully it'll be like a fun, you know, thing adventurous i don't know uh, this isn't it what no what, what did you give it 3.8 out of 10 i four five for me uh, uh yeah i did i'm so fed up with like this it. fucking book yeah it's again it's it's just one of those where i read it, i'm just like another another bunch of nonsense yeah. it just does it just it doesn't really anger me that much anymore <laughs> uh, I, i'm used to it now i'm just like okay here we go which kind of goes in the next book eric Whew. midnighter number five 
Oh, written by that, Steve huh? Orlando, art by Aiko, Hugo Petrus, and Romalo Fajardo Jr. While every other reviewer is trying to convince the world that this is a perfect book, Eric, I'm here to tell you that's not the truth. Oh, when, I know it. And when, it, when, I say it loud, the, when I say the truth, Eric, I'm not talking about that horrible Superman non-event. I'm talking <laughs> about Midnighter. This book continues the trend of awful dialogue, odd and confusing situations, good but confusing art, which you will disagree with me, and giving me high blood pressure. Yes, it's not the awful fast food that I eat that is slowly killing me. It's actually Steve Orlando. To any reviewers listening to this stupid podcast, if you like this book, I'm so happy for you, but please look deep in your soul and give it an honest score. <laughs> if this is like you say, a perfect book, I'm packing everything up, moving to Nepal and becoming a monk. And oh yeah, maybe I'm falling uh, into the trap of the, our new theory, it's better than the shit that came before syndrome. Seriously. But this issue was slightly better than the previous couple, and the cliffhanger at least sets the book up to have an interesting villain. Agreed. Uh, the, the thing about this is I, I'm mad at myself for giving it the high, uh, high score that I gave it, but yet I also see other people looking at it in my mind on the comic book roundup and wondering why it's so low. Like I can't imagine that, that people above me on this uh, fucking roundup, their heads would explode if I would have given it a three. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think it is. I, again, I hate it. I hate this book. I can't stand it. The first issue I loved. I loved. Second issue I loved. And you loved the second issue. The second issue I thought was. And the reason I didn't like the second issue, again, uh, way back then, was just that I thought it was a little too um, spelled out and it was like forced to me. But it wasn't that I thought it was nonsense. I was still into this book. I am no longer into this book, and I don't want to. I really hope I, I'm not falling into the trap also of like, hey, I'm the guy who hates this book, so I have to keep hating it. I'm trying to give it honest scores. Yeah, you got to do that. And I, I think I am, uh, but boy, I have to fight myself because when we go through a week and we see the books coming up, I dread this book. I see it, and I'm like, here we go again. i got to read this garbage. And hopefully I'm completely wrong, and from here on out, it is a 10. I would love it. I said, uh, I feel the same way about Green Arrow. Yeah. I do not. I want to like it every goddamn month because yeah. I like Green Arrow. I want him to have a good Green Arrow book. Yeah. And then it's nonsense. Well, and this, obviously, if, you, if you're following and you read all the books, Midnighter was in uh, Grayson. Yes. Love those issues. Love it. I love Grayson and Midnighter together, um, except in this book. Uh, Just anything that happens in this book, it just gets me so angry. And it mainly comes down to the dialogue and, uh, like, uh, uh, J Man, I think it was. Was it J Man who said that about um, a lot of people say stuff? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, it it definitely seems like the book just jumps from scene to scene with with no. It's not anything. It doesn't flow right. The whole right. book just seems like, hey, I'm going to show you this scene. And now, in most of the reviewers, and maybe I'm just going to talk about these other reviews because they <laughs> drive me nuts. But most, a lot of the other reviewers are saying like, oh, my God, this is such a love story. Oh, it's a love story. And, oh, oh, my is God. It? It, it, to me, it's not. You you have barely seen uh, – like that. Matt is, is Midnighter's boyfriend. Yeah. I To me, you had a very minor – character development well dude it's the fifth it's the sixth issue and this is his third boyfriend yeah yeah. and and after talking about apollo for the first three issues that's why i think that people like oh man this is a love story because he hasn't dicked this guy over 
And, yeah. and that basically is what it what it is. Is that before that he just kept fucking guys and then going on to the next guy. Yeah. And again, you can show me two guys, two girls, a guy and a girl, a monkey a and place. a fucking shark. I don't care. Just because they're kissing in a book does not mean that that's a love story for the ages there. No, no, I don't it's not. get, I get to me, Midnighter, because of how it was uh, pounded into us in those first couple issues, he's still a piece of shit. Oh, he yeah. Just, he just has found a guy who's putting up with this shit. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know why everybody is so into this book. This, I'm telling you, this is probably the best reviewed issue since the new 52 started i really think so because there are 10 10 reviews you take me out of the mix you do that uh, you know highest and lowest the the rating of this issue was like a nine seven after yeah. that i am the lowest of six five the next lowest is a nine and it goes then straight up to nines there are one two three four four tens <laughs> perfect book four tens Absolutely. One of the uh, Ron Watson of all comic, good old Ronnie, <laughs> says simply put, this is comic book perfection. It's Ron. I don't, it's, did did I, we I don't get be, the wrong book this week? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I just look. Ron has reviewed five books. You know. Okay. Yeah. You know, you're, those are always special at the beginning. There, Ronnie. Uh, <laughs> Best I, bizarre story I ever read. Yeah, really. I'm. I went right with that. Um, yeah, but just got Newsarama, ten out of ten. To, actually, Newsarama reviewed it twice. Both guys, ten out of ten. Please, <laughs> this is not a perfect comic. You might like it. It's not a perfect comic. Please don't pretend it is. It's not. Ay ay ay. That's what the all. Fuck happens in this dude, goddamn comic. It's all bread comic. and circuses to me. Oh, you shut your mouth. I, I I said the way you can always tell to me every time a comic book dialogue, any dialogue on the written page. Uh, often tends to sound hokey when you yeah. read it. But boy, this one really does. But uh, I'll just give you some major things of this comic. Starts off with the, them still having... Oh, jeez. Here we go again with your little... You're so proud of this. Loud would like to present Bad Dialogue Theater. Oh, Bad Dialogue Theater. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it. Um, but before we get to Bad Dialogue Theater, it starts oh, off. <laughs> it starts off. You, you have this fucking Thanksgiving dinner, that last issue, if you remember, uh, when Matt asked Midnighter, hey, uh, what do you think? It's not the worst. <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. That's where you can tell the guy loves him. He keeps going with it. But uh, Multiplex shows up. Uh, they shoot up the dinner. Fucking Midnighter jumps out and starts beating Multiplex up with a fucking meat tenderizer. And I would then, say, though, he jumps out, though. I'm looking at this freaking scene, and it looks like he's just about to free fall down into yeah, the city. It's almost like in the, what was it, the new guys or the other guys with when The Rock and yeah. uh, Samuel L. Jackson jump off that That's exactly what it looks yeah, like. It almost and then like, somehow he jumps up and then grabs a hold of oh, he, yeah. I don't know. It, no, it I, it's can't hard be. for me to understand because right he jumps across to another building, and then his feet plant into the ground, and he jumps off again. And grabs a hold of a dangling multiplex. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the panel where he's jumping at mo- the dangling multiplex, and it reminds me also of the Matrix. Where yeah, he's trying to do that, and he just fa- he, he's not making that jump. No, that's that's seriously that's the least of our problems. I agree. I, uh, it just really bothered yeah, me when still, I first saw. Yeah, it. but again, people are like they this book. I believe is a lot of smoke and mirrors again. Because <laughs> in this first thing, you have these crazy panels where you get the idea that this is even the fight computer, 
in yeah. his head, the, his fight computer in his brain, seeing all this happening. So you get everything going on. Uh, you have the thing where it's almost like a, a Grayson-esque thing where you have Midnighter tumbling through. He grabs Matt, gets him out of the way, and then they kiss. And again, it's like, oh, my God, they're so in love. I just think they're two horny dudes, really. Uh, but then you go, he's fighting multiplex. I really like the line. He actually says to multiplex, they say, but again, here we go with the, the talk. Multiplex says, uh, you think this is a win, Midnighter? You didn't kill us all over the Rama reactor. You won't now. I'm, what does that mean? I know the Rama. That's where he was. When do you say, but I'd say, you didn't kill us all over the Rama reactor. That doesn't even sound like a real sentence to me. No. It doesn't really. And were, then, they, were they over it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's always more multiplex. And we will, when we all hate you, you'll never kill us all. And I, the, my favorite line, he goes, yeah. That's why you're my favorite. Yeah. I love that. It was even remember that when, is my uh, favorite line when he as well. showed up in the subway in one of the earlier issues. I yeah. didn't say it was like it's my issue birthday. three. He goes, "This must be my birthday," and it's great. Um, what happened to the lady from issue two that he was talking to? Uh, she's in prison. Yeah, she's in prison. It looked like she was going to always be talking. I call Midnighter a dick because now he's met Matt and fallen in love with him. Oh, yeah. He's and left he, her to rot. She's the old friend. She's, he's not allowed to talk to her. I think Matt's put a kibosh on that. She hasn't shown up. We thought that through this whole thing, they were going to go get God. He was going to get the God tech, God garden tech, and each time kind of build an army. Every uh, time I say God garden, I want to say Guy uh, Gardner. Yeah, Guy. <laughs> and in this issue, it's almost like, uh, yeah, we, we have that God garden stuff. I, I better keep showing it a little because it's such an aside now. It's <laughs> after he deals with multiplex and they show him and Matt on a whirlwind tour. As a, uh, like their apartment's being rebuilt. Yeah, they're, they're part, uh, yeah, by, by nanobots, by sure. Nan, yeah, nanobot molecules. Uh, and you show, he, they show Midnighter going around and taking care of uh, people that have the tech, the God Garden tech. I'm telling you, the three panels that they show are the most interesting things. And I want more <laughs> of that. I'm like, now that looks awesome. Uh, Who's that monkey looking dude at the bottom? I want to see what's going on with him. He's gambling, he's got cards and chips. He's gambling, he's got a nice striped suit on, a lot of rings. And (laughs) Midnighter looks like he's throwing him across a table with chips and cards going. He goes, so much for beating our chests. So yeah, so bad. Uh, so, what is with you, Midnighter? Who so, talks like yeah, this? So then they're they're again they're they're day five. They're remodeling tour. Uh, they're remodeling that apartment. They got busted up. So in the meantime, they're going around. Uh, Midnighter's like, hey, you know what? My job. Here's the other one. Listen, my job loves travel. Really, uh, your job loves travel, doesn't? But I'm not the one with an office. Don't you have to work at some point? Now I thought to myself, okay. He has an office, Matt, you think? Does he uh, have an office? I don't even know what Matt does. I don't know. Well, whatever he does. He's either working at home because he's... Or he might have an office. Like, hey, don't what, what, what's keeping him from the office? And in fact, you could work during the day at that goddamn office and then fucking door out to fucking, you know... Yeah, door anywhere you fucking anywhere. want. So, yeah, you, you, you don't... Yeah. So he gives his old Roman <laughs> Roman. I love the disgust yeah, as you're he trying just, to go. He gives this freaking line. Hey, don't you have to go to work? Bread and circuses for my clients. I've got it covered. And again, you you looked it up, and that's I'm it. saying a phrase used by a Roman Romans writer used. to deplore the declining heroism of Romans after yeah. the Roman Republic ceased to exist and the Roman Empire began. Two things only the people anxious uh, anxiously desire. 
bread and circuses. The government kept the Roman populace happy by distributing free food and staging huge spectacles. Yeah, again, a lot of people claim like nowadays I had to look in the this U.S. Up. A lot of people in the U.S. will claim that's uh, beer and football. Yeah, that that's why why we have that. But again, what I have never heard you, that before in my life. Dick. He, whatever his job is, he does not respect his clients there. He just said, eh, fuck them. You know, we'll give them what they want. But really, he says this. Okay, don't you have to go to work at some point? Bread and circuses for my clients. I've got a cover. How does he have a covered? I don't know. What are the bread and circuses he's giving? Because he's saying that he's appeasing his clients, giving them what they, they want. And it's like kind of like a, a backdoor way of controlling them. Uh, I think that that's just he he saw that quote and he likes it because yeah. it doesn't really to me it does not make much sense here and it, again you just read it and shake your head and then uh, we find out that Midnighter can indeed kick reality's ass there oh god he damn. kicks reality's ass so then they go back to the apartment how do you talk like this Midnighter they go back to the apartment and it's here we go oh my god it's like it's better than before it's brand new undifferentiated urban cells like I grew my apartment from. They can mimic any urban molecule. Really? Shut right, the dude. fuck up, you asshole. I'm getting so angry now. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking punch my computer. God damn it. I hate this Wild book. growth fucking, interior design. Fucking, no, Just 10 out of 10? Oh my god. Then he, I like this too. Then he gets a call. Midnighter's still fucking babbling on about this fucking wild growth <laughs> interior design. Shut your fuck. Oh my god. What is this? Hey, just what F, is this, crib? Shut up for a minute. Yeah, can't. He tells him to shut up. <laughs> hey, shut up. It's my dad. Something's happened. And he just says that. Midnighter punches the goddamn. They just moved into this goddamn apartment again and he's breaking shit. It was us, M. Whoever it was, they saw you and me. You on the news. They took him out. What What news? <laughs> What's the news that he's Midnighter getting? Midnighter doesn't have an identity. Like, this on the, at the 11 o'clock news, Midnighter hits a card-playing gorilla. <laughs> Story Might be involved with white-haired boy. <laughs> Looks like Dante from fucking Devil May Cry. News at 11. News at 11. Uh, Midnighter fights two guys in devil costumes. Looks like they got a lot of money. Oh, <laughs> st- they saw him on the news. Again, the news. later, I think it actually, like you're right, it's the news. News at 11. M, fucking Matt. <laughs> Story at 11. It's very uh, tender. <laughs> <laughs> they go off to Porter, Connecticut. Oh, they go to, they door over to his hometown. Okay, so here's the dialogue here. <laughs> Can't believe I'm back. Couldn't wait to get out of this white picket death trap. I've never even seen it on a map. It's certainly overwhelmingly serene. Where are the people? Commuter town. Oh, thanks. Fucking nonsense. Can you imagine having a conversation like this in real life? No. (laughs) And then this is it. God, I, those bastards. He's an old man. If we weren't so public. No, don't say we. This was my fault. It's not you. Again, it's I get it. I get it. It's like a a, a metaphor for uh, you know coming out of the closet and people not like oh whatever. I I I don't know. But you get, he goes in. There's Matt's dad. I'm telling you, if he had a fight, Eric, he had a fight with a Band-Aid dispenser. This guy has more Band-Aids on his face. It's fucking ridiculous. We were talking Who's about it earlier in the week. Mommy? It's like a six-year-old who gets a bunch oh of Band-Aids and wants to play yeah. hospital. It looks like he's play- they played hospital with him. Who put these Band-Aids on? And whoever it is should be <laughs> fucking arrested. Oh, my God. 
So then so, they're like, hey. Somewhere an Indian's crying at the, all the disuse of this freaking bandage. So just going <laughs> so in the garbage. Just tear down the eye. So he's like, there's, there's Midnight. Hey, who did this? I want to know. I'm going to kick some ass. I don't know. You should go down to this bar and just practically kill everyone. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah, he goes there to this bar. These poor people. Now, again, they don't look like they're very upstanding citizens. Now, mid- but- hold on a sec. Hold on. Matt's father got beat up because yeah. of Midnighters and his relationship. Yeah. So why would we think that it has to be some, like, you know, thugs in this town? Midnighter has a lot of enemies. Yeah. Yeah, This. The, yeah, the enemy can certainly say, okay, I want to fuck with Midnighter. I want to, you know, make a Batman. Who's talking about Midnighter? Yeah, yeah, really. So they go. He's he's in this. He goes to this bar and he's taking a piss. He (laughs) basically, I don't know why these guys even come into the the bathroom. They look like they're ready to kick ass. He's taking a piss, except for he is dressed crazy. But he shows up. He's not dressed any crazier than the rest of these. I know they are. He shows up. They're wearing denim jackets. And um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, really, nobody wears those anymore. He's like, hey, you know, you guys should know what's going on. You guys look like some toughs. You look like some local toughs. Uh, (laughs) But yet he's like, yeah, but I'm really looking for a fight. Uh, You're going to give me one? They start fighting in the bathroom, which, you know, happens a lot. uh, People fighting. And then... uh, Glory hold his problems. He's I get just you. freaking just beating the shit out of people. And he's like, hey, who wanted me here? Who's that stupid? He pe- kicks one guy. He's like steps on his face. And then you get to the next bit of nonsense. The one guy in the G. Je- of course, it's the guy in the jean jacket. He goes, <laughs> screw you. And how the hell should we know? You want a concealed weapon, idiot? I don't know. What and then means. he says, now this gonna- is where it goes wrong. Because then you usually when you have a comeback. It's the last thing said, right? Yeah, yeah. No, he goes back to the thing about hell. Hell is finding out how many of your teeth I can manually extract before you lose consciousness. Want to visit? <laughs> what? No, the worst part, though, is how there is this like this thing in between. You want a concealed weapon, idiot? Like, I'm saying, the guy just said hell. He says, yeah. you want a concealed weapon, idiot? And then goes, yeah, I'll tell you about hell. <laughs> That's what I'm what? saying. I know. It's just a, it threw me off so and bad. And also, I love, book. too. What, I th- what, I'm like, am I reading this wrong? Yeah. What's the concealed weapon? I think he's gonna shove a weapon inside of him. Yeah. He has a knife out already. I know. I In don't that panel, he's that. already with the knife, and then says, "You want a concealed weapon, idiot?" I think Midnight's like, "No, how about the one you got in your hand? That's pretty good already. I, I'll just go with that one." Yeah, I actually meant my penis. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, at one point, he does say Midnighter tells him there's a weird thing that he says that he likes that he uh, here. I'm not ta- uh, somebody bit the coward uh, subhuman coward brains. I'm not taking it well. The overachieving weapon bulges you're sporting. Tell me you might know these types. Jesus Christ! What does that mean? Uh, these people read this book. I, I, are they reading it? Seriously? I don't. Oh my! A ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. You say? Ay ay ay. So then you go you go back to fucking Band Aid Man, and there is a nice scene. Uh, the dad uh, tells him, listen, hey, um, I'm, I'm glad, you know, almost like, hey, I accept you. I'm not I'm not mad at all. When when Matt came out of the uh, out of the closet, I didn't understand at first. But you know what? I love my son. I, I know I don't want people to look at him as anything weird or bad. He's I accept him. I love him. He's not. He's just a normal guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just want to keep him safe. And that's a really good moment. I yeah. really like that. And, and it's um, immediately ruined. Yeah, it is. It's ruined because uh, you end up having uh, Midnighter out with Matt then, 
and 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 again, Matt's a dick. Matt just basically says, listen, you, you've taken down monsters, terrorists with space cannons, all your talk about beating up gods, but some locals are too much for you? I don't understand. Like, it's like a really? freaking, like I'm telling you, I'm not gay, so I don't know how this works, so I'm going to equate it to a girlfriend. Where you say you're in a theater and somebody's talking to a theater and your girlfriend starts yelling, at, my boyfriend's going to kick the shit out of you. Yeah. Oh, come on, baby, sit down. Yeah. Sit down. Yeah. It's just, and. What, you can't take on this guy? Who the fuck are you? You ain't <laughs> shit, motherfucker. I'm Why am of, I dating you? I'm out of here, and I don't even like this movie. Why'd you come take me to see Furious 7? It's a good movie. What was it called? <laughs> uh, so the fight computer goes wonky, Eric. It goes to bed. Yeah. And he immediately it shits almost gets hit by a bus. It shits the bed and he immediately uh, almost gets hit by a bus. Yeah, immediately. Uh, like, so that's what happens. Yeah. So because people the, without a sixth sense can't see a bus coming yeah, out. Yeah, a bus is coming. You told me, I, I was explaining this, and you said, well, that fight computer, he's relying on it too much. He's yeah. not looking. He's not looking at the thing. So it, this bus, he jumps up. Gets on the bus, punches open the the window Kills at the top inside. that I never really have seen on a uh, school bus when I rode them. But I've hey, seen them. really, I've never yeah. seen that on that. Uh, so he busts that, goes in, and he's there. And I like this line. He actually says, "You fooled my fight computer. Congratulations." All that leaves me with is years of experience murdering and a flair for improvisation. Improvisation. I like That's that bullshit. line. I, I, I like it. I, I it's you know it's an action thing. But then this lady's there, and she's like think you can just do what you want you shouldn't have come up on my boys at the bar uh, what and then got consequences semi-jacketed asshole and you're against a wall and again you said it's the bullets i'm it's, sorry i had no idea what semi-jacketed like was i had so to look it up stupid. but just got consequences what? Jim, it's not a full metal jacket. It's a no, semi-metal it's jacket. semi-fucking jacket. I actually thought that he might have been half-naked. I didn't know. <laughs> I was so like, then, is he wearing a half-shirt? Midnighter with a, I, I do like this. Uh, Midnighter does not have the fight computer. So Though it does panel like he does. Yeah, it does. Like he does that. So I, I'll call shit bullshit on that. Uh, but I like the idea of me thinking he doesn't have it working right now, and the only plan he can have is to run that bus right into a fucking butcher shop because uh, he really can't uh, use the fight computer. That's fine. So they get there, and the the driver or whatever, the, one of the thugs there, has green ooze coming out. You're like, what the fuck? What's that? And you look, and Drugs the, guy, are bad. the guy has green ooze. He is melding, and uh, Midnighter tells us this way, Eric. Oh, they melt. And their electric centers are tasty and informative. Right there, uh, it, the book, if everything else was perfect in the book, 7 out of 10. <laughs> Not give it that bullshit line. Right there, it angers me so much. And it's just typical of this book. I don't know. Sometimes I think that he types shit in uh, in his computer. He's making the script for this. And the autocorrect's going, and he doesn't realize. And it's just spitting out shit that, it, like, I put D's nuts, Eric, and it says deep nuts. Yes. That's what happens. And then, out of nowhere... He clenches his fist and goes, Holt Griffin's skin. Now, the I, God saying, Garden has be- has had gifts to bear. It wasn't until later that I realized when he started talking at the end of the book where he's talking about the Holt Griffin yeah, skin. Yeah. I, didn't, I had to look that up and I yeah. couldn't find anything. I had no idea what no, he's talking the, about. Like, the way he says it, like I said, the way he says it seems like this has been set up uh, for 18 issues now. Holt Griffin's skin. Honestly, the God like, Garden has had gifts to bear. When he says to me, like, Holt Griffin's skin is an, another way to say, God damn it. God damn it. Yeah. The God Garden has gifts yeah. to bear. But there you I go. I had no and idea then, what he's talking okay, about. Okay, so there we go from this. Now, what in this whole issue, the only thing that I can say is that he thinks that the dad. It's too nice. It's too. 
understanding. Non-informative, doesn't have enough information about this attack, may not be able to use Band-Aids. Yeah. Kicks open the door. Is he too under... Yeah. He goes from this, says, okay, Hulk Griffin's skin, the God Garden has had gifts to bear. How long have I been blind? Goes, kicks open the door, (laughs) uh, freaking... There's Matt, who in this panel, I don't even know what he looks like. He looks crazy. He looks like he has a big afro. Uh, and the, they, he's, Matt, step away from your father. What? We're just cooking dinner. <laughs> Let go of the skillet. Get behind me. I need to explode something. Oh that, you God. know what? That's what I say when I'm driving home from McDonald's after I've had like <laughs> two uh, quarter pounders and I'm about to fucking shit my I'm about to shit the bed, Eric. I'm like, everybody watch shit out. Shit the car, I'm, shit the pants, I'm going to explode bed. something. That front door better be unlocked. Because I am running up and halfway halfway up the goddamn stairs, the pants are starting to be unbuttoned. It's shit's exploding. I'm jumping on the toilet as it's coming out. There you go. Boom. That's what Midnight is yelling. Uh, actually, he punches uh, fucking the dad and just the guy explodes in the goo. Yeah. And what I'm saying then, like you said before, that whole good scene about the dad saying, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, my, I, I just care about my son. I love my son. I, it, he is my son. His sexual. Pre- I don't want people to look at him any different because there's no reason to. Uh, yeah, that's all down the tubes because yeah. he's, a, he's a goo monster. He's Aaron. nothing. He's, he's a nothing. goo monster. But you know, that's you should have hey, known from those. Some band-aids. people might say that your father was a goo monster. He was. He exploded things too. He ate a lot of ring bologna. <laughs> that guy, ring bologna and hard cheese. Hoo-wee. Yo, by the way, I ate uh, some Transylvanian cave cheese today. Oh, you're getting all fancy on me, huh? Oh, my goodness gracious, fancy. I can tell why they don't have that at any fancy dinner parties, Eric, because it smells like shit. It uh, is cave cheese. That, well, the bacteria they say that helps make the cheese is actually the same <laughs> same bacteria that produces foot odor. That's, well, you know about crazy. that, don't you, Stinky? Yes, I do. But, uh, boy, yeah, shut your mouth. <laughs> that... Uh, th- it actually tasted very good. I like cheese like that. It was very strong cheese. Uh, my wife took a bite of it and spit it out and almost threw up. Yeah, that uh, sounds about right. Back to Midnighter. All of a sudden there. We're so talking about the cheese the some dad, more. Fuck this the noise. dad has exploded. He's exploded yeah. like a freaking double whopper. And Matt's all upset. Exploded like a goddamn water balloon. It's weird, too, about uh, about Matt because, again, they do kind of say, but it, there's none of a reaction to me of, like, there's your dad He's not your dad. The minute that that happens, yes, I might be, you know, dramatic. Oh, no. I think I'd be like, you better find who did this now, and you better kill them. No, no. My reaction would be, I would not admit, I would, it would not be across my mind that this isn't my father. Yeah, but he's What the fuck green. did you do? There's just green. I mean, what, I, what did you do to my yeah, daddy? It's, it's green, but he's like, oh, where is he? That was him. This was my house. I can't. I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, hey, baby. You, you settled down. They used Hulk Griffin skin. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Hulk Griffin skin. Uh, that explains it all. Uh, here it is. They used Hulk Griffin skin. Techno tissue that's invisible to technology. My fight computer. My enhancements. Blind. I only had five senses like a normal person. But now I can look for what I'm not seeing. I'm going to get them. We're deep in the hornet's nest. Oh, goodness gracious. Stab. And then he gets stabbed. That's where everything is revealed. And that's... Uh, where uh, Matt reveals, yes, indeed, he has set all this up. He is actually who? 
Prometheus. He is Prometheus. He, Which it's a good thing that we saw he kept that CD player of his for so many years to yeah. find out that he's Prometheus Yeah, now. like I said, if they had anything before that, if you said, oh, what is Prometheus, Prometheus like? Well, he likes armor. If they even had where they were in a museum at one point, he's like, you know what? That looks pretty kick-ass. I can even say that. But yeah, you, I, nothing leads you to be like, people are saying like, my God, I should have seen this all along. The only what? thing that you should see is that you know, the, the Prometheus back in the day had white hair. Yeah, yeah, so that's it? That's oh. it. Oh, Prometheus. And then people were in these reviews and these podcasts I listen to, they're like, I had to page back a couple pages because, no, yeah, what do you have to page back? That he's yelling and screaming? The only thing you have to page back is at one point, I actually, first reading, I Me thought too. after he stabbed them, he says, M, what am I, what am I seeing? What did you do? You mean, what did I do? And I thought that maybe he was being taken over by like a consciousness that he wasn't really. No, he's just, he's actually just kind of making fun of like almost like, M, what am I? What am I? Like making fun of Midnighter about it and saying, oh, you didn't see. I want to know where he goes off. He goes off for a a quick costume change and comes back. Midnighter is on the floor and he's like, hey, um, you want to protect people? Be the sword for the unheard? So self-important, so confident. Look at you now. Time for some fire. What? What does that mean? Time for some fire. Time for some fire. I like that line before then. I like when he's taunting him. He's saying, you know, you're the guy who's supposed to protect the innocent and the the people who can't. Time for some fire? And he's got that cool-ass looking uh, like a lightsaber baton. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't get it, Eric. I, I love the fact that you're going to give me shit about spoiling in my reviews. You just read this whole fucking book. I know I did because it's so – I wasn't even going to. I was just going to talk – we say we spoil the podcast. <laughs> in, in my review, I just said, and then, wait till you see the crazy cliffhanger. Ooh, <laughs> it's a circus full of breadcrumbs and techno gurus. I'm just going to make – I think one, uh, one review, if it, if, it, if it keeps going like this, and they, they do not cancel it. And it, it just garbage like after that's garbage. Gonna happen. I'm going to do one review where what I do is I'm going to use that like uh, where you type in a word and then it'll uh, give you a suggestion for the next word. Yeah. And that's my whole review. And it'll make no sense just like this. And it'll, it'll just do that. I remember uh, one time in that Aquaman and the others, it ties into that. I had had enough and I think I did a haiku uh, <laughs> for that. It is. It's like a, it's just a poem or something I wrote. I, I, I had enough. Uh, I had enough of this book, Eric. I really do. Uh, like I said in my intro, I like the art as a um, character per ca- by character or panel by panel. But yeah. I think that it, goes, it, it ends up getting too confusing for what's going on. I agree. I think it's more smoke and mirrors like this book itself is. I think that at the end, this book is uh, its mind. Uh, it's controlling people's minds. I think that, in <laughs> fact, we're going to find out that the biggest thing of God Garden Tech is this goddamn comic. I can and, see that. And it has just everybody's taken by I don't understand. I really don't understand. Uh, I would hate to say that people are afraid to give a, a bad score to a comic with an openly gay character because I think we're way beyond that. Um, Hopefully. To me, yes, that's a, it's an important part of the book and Midnighter himself. But uh, Batman being heterosexual doesn't cause me to review it any different. Nope. Uh, Green Arrow, like in the ladies, hey, uh, Catwoman being bisexual, uh, doesn't do anything for me. No, uh, good or bad for the story. Um, 
Yeah, I think some of these people reviewing it, this is a character that they want to keep going because he is a homosexual, and they like that, and I agree. There should be more homosexuals, and in fact, we should be, like I said, we should be at the point where it doesn't matter what their sexual orientation is. It it shouldn't matter. Uh, But yet, they're going the opposite uh, and making it into something more, I think, because I don't understand it. Uh, this dialogue's awful. The dialogue in this book, <laughs> and finally, people who aren't reading this book got a taste of it in that Batman and Robin Eternal and hated that, and that's half of what this shit is. Seriously. And I just I just don't understand it. I can't take it. I wish I would have ra- reviewed it, uh, rated it lower just to piss those people off, but I did give it a 6.5, uh, mainly because the ending has something in this book uh, has not had a big villain. We're not at six all. issues in, and we don't have a strong villain. We do now. And yes, it is a villain that is personal, which, that, again, I like. And Midnighter's going to have to do something where this guy he thought he loved. He finally had gotten over Apollo, you guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Last issue, he said about the fucking Thanksgiving. He couldn't even tell the fucking Matt that it was a great <laughs> dinner. Couldn't even lie. He's a truthful man. But yeah, he was set up, and he got stabbed. I what think I'd give us a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10, yeah. I, I'm not big on it. Uh, we're going to move on with Detective Comics 46. Written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Marcelo Takara, Chris Sotomayor, and Wes Abbott. While I fully understand why this issue came out this way, that doesn't mean I can just look the other way when rating it. I love Peter Tomasi and can't wait to see what he does with this book after Robin War, because uh, I know it will get better. It has two... It has become... Uh, what is this? It has... Uh. What did I put? Oh, it has... Start laughing. Yeah, I don't know what I wrote. This makes no sense. The Ron Moore, I will know because it will get better. It's This convoluted story of alien parents and their all-too-needy son was just laughable. I don't know. This sentence made no sense. I skipped half of it. As each piece of the puzzle was forced into place, I just shook my head and even chuckled. In the end, it looks like Gordon isn't even a member of the Justice League after all. Suck it, Eric. Oh, yeah, I don't. Uh, this issue. Can seems, I close my eyes this yes, time? This issue is like a, a shitty uh, version of Justice League CSI or something. I. It, it's so weird. Uh, they they led into this issue of needing to have a uh, freaking Jim Gordon on the team because they needed a detective. We need so detectives. Bullshit. Just, Eric. Yo, they and need it, a forensic scientist. Yeah, it ends up being exactly what Barry is. There was no reason to have Gordon on here, and in fact, Barry tries to interject a couple times. I in love there. it. And it's my favorite also, part of the book. At the one, uh, it's it's either that he's like, hey, guys, uh, I know this, or he comes off like a, an idiot because he is a forensic scientist. Gordon's going through the motions. Hey, you looking for defensive wounds, right? Yes, I am, Flash. <laughs> Do you see any? Could be. I don't know. There's this crazy, uh, huge skeleton that we left with, and did you have any idea in your head that what we were going to do is try to figure out what happened and why and, uh, you know... I sure as hell didn't think we'd spend half the book dealing with it. And and I thought that it was going to be because of some other reason, not just because it's there and they want to figure out why. Now, they do go into that, yes, there's some hikers that have gone missing. Uh, That doesn't seem a big enough thing for the Justice League. Now, again, people... You know what it does to me? Eyeballs exploding out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of explained. No, because no, they, it's well, not. You know, they they kind of do. And I, it took me a couple read read throughs to realize what they were saying. Uh, maybe I can shed some light on you. This American ooze goes out and explodes. Yeah, eyeballs that's basically and brings it. Back. The ooze goes back and brings back the uh, 
the uh, what is it? What do they call it's the, the fluid hum- neurons? Aqueous humor. The aqueous aqueous humor and um, brings it back because that's like breast milk to this alien. Of course. The end. Uh, again, though, they're talking and I don't. Um, they go through a weird progression where I don't know why they even mention it because they're like, hey, this looks two hundred years old. What does Superman say? He's like, this this skeleton's two hundred years old. Here it is. Uh, but, but, but this creature is somewhere in the vicinity of 200 years old. And when I'm thinking of this, because it's a skeleton and it's uh, it's picked clean, I'm thinking yeah. that he's saying that it was there for 200 years. Right. Old. But what he's saying is a, this was a 200-year-old alien that ended up dying, I guess, because this baby was just kind of seemed to be born. doesn't look like that baby's 200 years old. Not it's very all. confusing to me. Um just this whole thing is is nonsense where you get from <laughs> point one to point two and then a to b well, it's, it just, it's all gordon jumping to conclusions yeah. like how he's playing out the story oh this is probably how it happened guys yep. yeah this and, alien came here it broke its leg at some point and then the mother yep. killed it so she could eat him yeah and eat him to have the baby and then when the baby was born she committed suicide so the baby could eat her yeah, but then since they were on the cave its entire life, it didn't want to leave its mother and yeah, explore out. Yeah, it didn't so want it to evolved. And, and, the, uh, and the atmosphere wasn't good for it, so it's dying. So that's where I'm saying. It's not been there that long. If they're no. saying the atmosphere. Um, the thing I want to know is if these are semi-intelligent aliens, intelligent aliens, they're intelligent enough. They're using tools, Eric. And when they use tools, you know shit's going bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why couldn't the mother stay and they send out the, the ooze to get the aqueous humor for both of them? Why did know, why man. did she need to sacrifice? Because I don't think that's how the monster really is. It's like what do they say here? Like, uh, oh, I have no idea where it goes. But it's like somehow the creature evolved because of hunger set in, yeah, and I, it, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And because uh, the mother I, didn't last that long because she killed herself, so yeah, the baby she could eat herself. Her. And I I really like the part where they get the skull of the first uh, thing, and uh, they're trying to like I don't know what they're trying to do. They're trying to see cause what it's of death. Like. And then, but I'm saying then, Flash just comes by and goes, here, let me help. And fucking looks like he's destroyed. I know, right? Him and Cyborg are like, hey, high-speed vibration and sonic pulse should do the trick. No, they just said, hey, watch out. This is something this old and cold can shatter easily. Then he's shaking the fuck out of it. And Cyborg's blasting away. And I I think Barry's just mad because he's like, guys, this is my expertise. This is what I do. Why are we getting old man Gordon here? I do this every goddamn day, you pieces of shit. This is my job, you assholes. And then they look and I'll say, I love the art in this book. I really do. Look at my application. Special interest. Forensic science. Yeah, forensic science. I kind of know what I'm doing here. I like the art. I I really like Maceo Takara's art, which I thought I I wouldn't. Yeah, I know. I think it's going to be a... Uh, hit or miss for people. It Either is they're so dull. Or hate it. It's not even that. It's like I don't like the I don't like the art. I don't like the color. The color really? is so dull and drab in this. Yeah, no, I well, they're in the Himalayas. Or whatever, Still, so it's tough. But I like it. But the one thing I'll Everything's say: everything's washed out. When they pick up the skull, and the cause of death, I, I was a little confused. I actually thought that that hole that they were showing was where the spine. But I didn't know what was going on. I thought something broke out of the goddamn yeah, I, I didn't know. So that was a little confusing. No, I, I like the art. Um, but they find this cave where they have the, the first thing is, hey, that water, it's falling up. That's not water, Jim. That's, That's gelatinous. Water, it's gelatinous. And then they go and then they, they go down. You get the idea of what's going on with this fucking shit going out and grabbing out eyes. Eyeballs, <laughs> and yeah. And bringing back the aqueous humor. Um 
the worst joke ever was was Shazam. And can anybody write Shazam? No. He just, Only Jeff Johns. As far here's as I the know. deal with me. There's a big part when you say it's aqueous humor, and then you say a joke with humor, aqueous humor. That like some kind of ice cream from a good humor truck? No, Shazam. Shut no, your goddamn yeah, mouth. Shut your fucking mouth and get the hell out of here. Go back to the watchtower and fucking I you're you're in timeout, buddy. It's so nonsense, but they're like, Oh, hey, Grace, humor. that's where Barry steps up again. Yeah. Oh, actually, he's got it down. and then the monster comes out. Spits whatever. I guess gelatinous. it's the gelatinous ooze. I don't understand how this gelatinous ooze is gonna contain a guy like Superman. Well, but, he's hey, or Shazam. Yeah, Shazam, you know, I wonder. Shazam, say, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Aquaman, all these people. I'm even saying he's still, Superman's still a, a strong dude. That's not even a big problem to me, besides for the fact that they spend the rest of this issue in this freaking gelatinous. I mean, how are they breathing? Yeah, really. Like, you, but, you even look and, and you could claim anything you want. When they first go in, you see the air bubbles of them trying to breathe. Yeah. So, yeah, they should be dead. Uh, but freaking uh, Cyborg and Gordon, when this happens, they fly out of the cave, yep. get it to a safe distance, and then Gordon just lets a missile fly. Yeah, he lets a missile. And then he comes For up no with, reason. It's funny because when he comes up with this whole thing, I, I even thought of pretty thin rigs, and Cyborg actually said I know. I'm like, <laughs> is so this funny. the freaking Murtaugh and Riggs? Yeah. Like, it, comes it actually made me laugh. Uh, but yeah, he's like, here. Pretty thin. Is it hey, anorexic? This is what I think. And it's the most convoluted story of what could be. And then to solve it, hey, uh, Cyborg, can you make a hologram of the mother? And I, I don't Projected know. Projected over the skeleton? Do you know? Like, I guess it was a baby when, when the mother died. So yeah. maybe it wouldn't know the full look of the mother because to me it would seem off. It's, there's no way he's getting the realistic look exact. Um, but it's a hologram, Eric. This baby, or you know, the kid monster is going to grab onto this thing, and it is a skeleton. There's yeah. no like there where there's a face. There is no. There's nothing. There's just bone. Uh, how does how does this fool him? And then it's like He's dying, not only Jim. that, but the He's the dying. baby says thank you. Yes. And then they they get the crazy thing, and this is where I uh, say that he's no longer. He's not part of the. Uh, the league is too. Oh, I get thing. you. I'm all right with you. And Cyborg even says, "Hey, they're my teammates, and it's my." So yeah, then they get the crazy. Hey, El Salvador is on the line. They got a, a fucking earthquake. earthquake. Off we go. Hey, we. I like this too. Superman says, "Hey, uh, we shouldn't just leave the creature after what happened. What happened?" It killed a bunch of hikers, took people's eyes out at a fucking cricket match, and tried to kill them. What happened? They should have killed that thing right then. Say, hey, agreed. Put it out of its misery. You know what? It'd be like an Aquaman when he when he went in the last issue. Killed that fucking he space whale. That big, yeah, space whale. Kill it. Put it out of its misery. It's a killer. It's killed people. Oh my god, them fucking eyes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, and then the, it ends with what? Three pages almost of Gordon One, singing. Fucking, two. Yeah, it's yeah. it's three pages. Three I believe. pages of him singing, or you know, the mockingbird. The fucking. Uh, no, it's yeah. only two. Okay. But it's still, it goes on too way many. too fucking long. Yeah, it, it's too much. And, and the baby dies, and Jim I mean, Gordon's left there. And, and I have to wonder, you know, they said that they're going to send Steve Trevor to figure, take care of it. Is Steve Trevor giving Jim a ride home? I don't know. It's so stupid. They just left his ass there to sit in a yeah, cave with a fucking monster him. alien. And to sing, uh, uh, why would this be? I think that it, I, right before he should kill Gordon, 
<laughs> he's so good. And he's there. All of a sudden, it's the monster from Alien there, Resurrection yeah. goes after him. Yeah, ah. he's there with the mom. He's going to die. Oh, goodness gracious. This book he's is nonsense happy. and garbage. He should have talked like Congo. Amy, say thank you. Amy, good gorilla. A- yeah. Fuck Shut you. up, you fucking you thing. Jerk off. Hi, yeah, yeah, Eric. What is going on in DC nowadays? Now, like I said, we well, yeah, we, this we realized has... what was going on. He yeah. had, he had two issues. He had to do something before the Robin War, and then it was going to be a six to seven yeah, issue arc. Six to seven deal. I'm had sure to that shrink it down to two. Yeah, I'm sure it would have uh, been a lot better, but we got what we got, and I did not like it. I gave it a four out of ten. I would give it a four as well. Yeah, it was just not good, and I know he's better. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go off. We have a couple more books left, but first, Eric, we're gonna have a very very short flash reviews oh all right in the first book eric is harley quinn and power girl number five which of course i gave to reggie because i hated it and uh, <laughs> jimmy palmiotti told me i'm not allowed to review it isn't that's how it went in my mind that's yeah, so how i could see it uh and reggie took it over and he hates it as well but this one he likes good a times more. yeah he, it's just not good harley quinn and power girl up to the more inconsequential annex as they go up against the misery-eating harvester of sorrow. And attempting to assimilate Harley, the harvester goes all jokery, and that makes him explode for some reason, but not before Power Girl rescues the (laughs) core characters of the book, even though they hardly ever do anything. Reggie gave it a 6 out of 10. That's a quick... Quick and sweet, and yes. if this whole thing's going to be quick and sweet because the last Flash review is the second one, Batman Arkham Knight number 38. The scare tactics are... Oh, I'm having problems. The scare tactics arc ends Wait. this week, and it's great as usual. The gathered rogues of Gotham want proof that the Arkham Knight is as badass as Scarecrow says, and instead of putting up his leg against a wall and smoking, he goes yeah. off and kills Bane. When he returns, he tells them you're either with me or against me and promises that Batman will die on Halloween night. It's a quick read, but only because of Peter Tomasi's awesome story and Victor Bogdanovic's great art. This has been one of my favorite books since it came out. It was a shining light in an otherwise dark week, Eric. I gave it an 8.8 out of 10. Nice. And right there, that I'm telling you, that even shows. when uh, Tomasi is, is no slouch, Eric. And it's almost a shame what they did to him with the detective, making him do that. Uh, you would almost have wanted instead, you get just some other guy in, you know, could have been a big guy, and just have like two issues of just, I'm telling you, I don't know, or even Tomasi, maybe a flashback issues. They've done it before. Like, I know you didn't like it, but in that, and the detective before when they have that terminal, terminal. Yeah. yeah, just have something like that. It almost like he had already released one of the issues, and then they gave him, hey, by the way, Robin War is happening. It's a bunch of nonsense. I don't know why I'm talking about that in the Flash Reviews, Eric, but that is Flash Reviews. Just a man. Just a man. Just like Lobo. Lobo number 12 is what we're talking about right now. Written by Cullen Bunn and Frank Barbary. Art by Rob Simroca, Roy Jose, Blonde, and Travis Lanham. Hoo-wee. It's it's almost over with Lobo, Eric. All right. All right. It's almost over for the main man. This penultimate issue is a strange one indeed. 
After the awesome Sinestro crossover, Lobo is sent to the fringes of galactic civilization to make some drug dealers play nice. That means Lobo slicing them in half and getting high on the supply arc. Never, never get, get high on the supply. Never get high on the supply arc. While Lobo might have five on it, <laughs> he keeps having visions of the Countess. Don't and it gets him means. in high now. And it gets him in hot water with the Floyd Whisper. Kind of like Shawshank Redemption. There are more fights in Grizzly. Stop talking about things you don't know. And then Lobo decides that it's time to show everyone how badass he is by going after Hal Jordan. It may be rushed, but I have to admit it. I had a little bit of fun reading this, and I'm looking forward to the series finale. You did not like it, did you? I liked aspects of it, but overall it was not a strong read. Um. I, I had fun with it enough. Uh, the Sinestro crossover was really good. Yes. And even even so, I as the series went on, it, the Lobo, it, this book got better. Yeah. And it's a shame because most people were off it, but if it would have started with that Sinestro crossover, even leading uh-huh. into this, and yes, this is a very forced issue, but you're going to get something like this when you have to end the book. And I think that Cullen Bunn in his mind is so enamored i guess with having globo meet up with hal jordan that he was going to force it to that um but yeah this issue not much happens he i'm goes, sorry you were you were complaining about in green lantern about the fact that rella kept saying lights a little light smith yeah, yeah yeah well little lobo here and my no no little lobo and, yeah the, well they, they've been doing that the whole time they it's, it's the whip and nay nay fuck up oh do my the whip god and nay-nay. uh yeah, but again, we even said his look, and especially at the point where he goes and he kills the two uh, guys, he slices them in half. Oh, yeah. He looks like the old Lobo. That's old Lobo. It's just, I I like, I don't know. This is one of those books that I just have fun reading. Um, it's but, your intergalactic death stroke? Yeah, yeah. It's just like that, but nothing really happens. He goes to get this drug, and, and it's a shitty job. He's got a shit job, Eric. He's got to go. And, well, he fucks uh, up on purpose. He well, accidentally just he goes to take on the freaking drug cartel. These guys have separated, and the boss man does not like it. So Lobo sent to kill him. Yeah. And some stray bullets go and break some of the canisters that are holding the drug. And he's like, "Well, I broke one. This is fucking collateral damage." And just starts shooting the rest of them. Yeah, like, I, I just fuck. I don't know. To me, to me, what he does is he because he has the healing factor. He thinks yeah. he can do whatever he fucking wants. So he's he's not very careful. Uh, he just slaughters these people. <laughs> and, uh, it, yeah, again, it's this drug. You never really see what exactly it is. You see how it interacts with him. Say, I see what it is. Well, the one guy, I mean, the one guy's just melding, it looks like. His face is melding. He just shoots him. Uh, drugs are bad, Jim. Yeah, they are. Say no to drugs, kids. And uh, so then he's like, oh, what happened? He goes out. The, the job's done. The guy's a real asshole to him. Uh, he's like, hey, you know, you, you fucking did something. Hey, I'm the whip. You shut your mouth. And he's like, hey, you got problems? Yeah, I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to talk to the Void Whisperer. I'm going to get my money back. Yeah, fuck you. I'm out of here. And he goes off to a ship, and then he sees the princess from uh, his home planet, which I, I can't remember her name. I tried so, to look it up. I don't have the old issues. I, right. I couldn't. And, uh, yeah, it was the whole thing at the beginning of this was him looking back to how he became the Lobo and how he ruined his uh, planet. So that's her, but then she turns into the countess. No, it'll be before that because if you see at this point that him, you know, being surrounded by the drug is affecting him. He starts hallucinating yeah. because of it, and I just love the fact because this princess is there and she starts making out with him. So yeah. like, can you taste it? Our world. I'm like, 
Whoa, 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 <laughs> baby. I said, uh, you, you messaged that to me, and I said, I think she has AIDS. <laughs> I said, how many guys you been with that I yeah. can taste the world I on your lips? the world. Jesus Christ, lady, you've been around. It's like that girl that gave that guy herpes outside your apartment. <laughs> there she is, kissing Lobo. <laughs> Next I wish thing you, you looked that good. Next thing you know, it's that spider woman who looks a lot like Poison Ivy. Countess. Yeah, the Countess. Uh, yeah, she's disgusting. And he's like, ah, and then you, you cut. I Actually, I really like that scene. It's very cinematic to me where you see her. He's about to go, thinks he's killing her, and then he's just there, and he, it's the empty cockpit of his, of his I don't ship. Know how I, many really times, like I don't know how many times that I've started hallucinating while making out with the chick. Thought she was covering the spiders and then had to go bury a hole out back, if, put her body in there. If I had a nickel for all that, whew, I'd be rich. I don't take drugs. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do not. That's why I, this book scares me. Actually, it would scare me back in the day because I would have thought that girl had AIDS. And uh, <laughs> somehow reading a comic would give it to me because in the 80s, I thought I was going to get AIDS. Though nobody I knew how sex. you got it. Yeah, they didn't. Everybody told different stories to me and I nobody told me the truth. I, everyone was real. Yeah, everyone uh, on the toilet Just seat. Just on top toilet of Toilet seat other. was the one that scared me the most because I, I can't hold it in there. So if I have to go, so what I would do is do the hover over the toilet i would i would never i'm not a guy who would put toilet paper on the seat i'm a guy who hovers that causes some problems really you shit does. everywhere didn't you and in fact oh yeah and in fact even now when i don't care i just sit down you know sit down on the toilet and you get the splash back kind of worries me <laughs> i don't know where that water he was been on that oh yeah yeah so you yeah problems, he sir. goes back to the void whisper and uh it's uh what's her name uh cadra he turns in, and he's like, hey. And she's like, here, here's the new person you're going to have to fight. This is what the whip does. And then calls him Little Lobo. Oh, my Little Lobo. And then freaking he freaks out. He thinks that she's the countess, starts choking her out. And uh, Come on, real- Dio, handle your hallucinations better. Yeah, he kind of like comes out of it and like, holy shit, I got to go. <laughs> Runs to a ship. And even then, I, I don't know. I know that she is, uh, you know, she's important. She's, she's a, a big huge, boss, man. She's a big boss. She knows that he has gone to this drug thing. She knows. She knows. She's like, "What's that drug? Hey, you know what? You're the you're the whip. You don't need to know this." When this happens, I I don't know. To me, nobody's seen it, so she doesn't have to save face. I think that he could say, "Listen, I am fucked up right now." Well, he even uh, says, "I got to get these drugs out yeah, of my system." And, and why can't she? Like, oh my God, you you ingested those drugs? I don't know what happened. I, there, some of it went in. I don't know. Hey, listen, let, no, he starts going off, and it looks like he's just staggering off, and she's like already on. Hey, anybody out there, whoever gets the whip, gets some extra bonus, and then he just goes nuts. And again, I like, at one point, he's like full out Lobo. That's where, the thing, though, where he's, when he's full, he jumps out of his ship to go attack these other ones, just, you know, you know yeah. in space himself. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't understand, because up until this point, he's been hallucinating. Yeah. Why are we seeing him as yeah, something different? He turns just, into. Yeah. I'm saying at this point when he jumps out of the ship, he looks like old, old badass. Yeah, Lobo. yeah, he does. But then as he starts attacking, he gets he, even more and more. He turns into evil he's Ernie like, from yeah, Chaos he's Comics. Evil Ernie, he is. And then he, he again, then he hallucinates himself. But yeah, why are we seeing that? I don't know. I'm saying the, the way it seems that the way they're drawing it here is that the people that were sent after him are seeing him like this instead of him yeah, seeing things. Yeah, I don't. I just think that that I don't know what you're supposed to think that he yeah, it's thinks. Very that that's what he's turning into. In the meantime, he's yelling, and then he, he breaks open the cockpit of that one uh, ship and grabs Gene Simmons by the neck, Eric. 
Oh, yeah. Gene Simmons. Now, he sees himself. And again, he's talking like, I'm not her weapon. She can't tell me what to do. And then comes up with this plan. All I'll right. show them. Yeah, I'll show them by going after Hal Jordan. Hmm. They told me not to, but I'm not nobody's whip anymore. Yeah. I'll be the boss man and do what everybody. I'll do the big job that nobody can do. Yeah, yeah. And he basically says, "Hey, they told me a lot of people I wasn't allowed to go after. I'm going to go after every last one of them." No, even you're with, not. Even the book's this, canceled. Up. Even with this, though, it's like he starts out this book talking to like he's monologuing before he kills all those drug dealers about how he's the whip. I'm yep. the whip. Yep. The whip's got to do this. And then he goes to uh, freaking I don't even know her name, Kadra. Kadra. And. Uh, She's like, starts saying, hey, you're the whip. You're my little whip. And he seems to get pissed off by being called the whip. Now he's back to being the whip again. Yeah, he's the whip, baby. And then it God, ends with one of the most ass-shotted uh, I'm looking at it right now. cliffhangers ever. Have some got, tight pants. He's got a nice hand. I think him and Dick Grayson could go at it right there. Uh, yeah, he's basically going to go after Hal Jordan. Yes, it's it's very forced. Um, Actually, I'm not even sure he's wearing pants. Oh no, he's got he's yeah. got like the, the bicycle shorts. Yeah, he's got some pants on. Eric. He's looking good. He looks like a badass. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I I didn't hate this issue. I, it's the I quickest read of the night. Oh, it was real quick, and it had some cool action. I really liked the art. I like the art a lot. Uh, I like the art as well. Yeah, it it I, the colors were real good. Again, this was almost at, especially at the end when he goes off and then he starts fighting the guys. It's almost like it could be a new Guardians book. How colorful it yeah. is with everything all over. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next issue. I, he's gonna fight Hal, and uh, quite frankly, he won't. He's not no. gonna fight him. He's gonna go to Hal, and maybe this will lead him being in the. Uh, Green Lantern book for a little, a Mega Man. Maybe he'll be in Sinestro a little because something will happen and he'll go back to Sinestro. I don't know. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame because he might do the whip and Nene. Uh, it's a shame because I, I actually like him, bra. Bra. Uh, yeah, I, I like this book. I've actually, uh, I didn't like the first say six issues. The next six, I thought were it, it was getting better and better. Uh, I agree. This issue was a little off only because I think that yeah, uh, again. You can't. You can tell me that this was going to be the next arc. Was him going after all these people, culminating in him going after Hal Jordan? Uh, I may have been upset about that because this book has been the you know uh, bounty of the week since the beginning. The beginning was uh, a bunch of assassins came to Earth and he had to pick each one off. And you know, I don't. I'm not a big fan of those type of stories. But hey, I didn't mind this issue. And in a, a week that we had shit, I gave it a six five out of ten. I would give this a 5.5 out of 10. All right. Now we're going to move on. I really liked it, too. It didn't do anything. No, it it didn't do anything. And it was so forced. And, yeah, it was ridiculous. But uh, we have the last book of the night, and it's yours. Batmite number six, written by Dan Jurgens and art by Corinne. Corinne, Actually, I've been saying Corinne this whole time. I actually think it's Corinne. Okay. Corinne Howe, Andres Ponce, Mike Atea, and Tom Napolitano. It's the end of... Okay. 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 I hate this this cover, but go on. So do I. Uh, Manship loved it, apparently. I hate it. It's the end of our mighty six issue mini, and even though we've spent this, we've spent it watching Batmite fix heroes and having a good time with it. Here we fix politicians instead, and because of my own personal bias against politics, this immediately made me wary on this book. But it goes back on track when Batmite goes after Gridlock and makes it so he can't cause any more trouble by putting him in the Galaxy Trek world that he loves so much. 
With that villain taken care of, it seems that the fifth dimension is calling Batmite home, and instead of the tribunal executing him for changing reality, they bring him back on board their team, the Justice Mites of America, because they need his help in stopping Canceltron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't understand. It feels like this was really rushed out and when this was always going to be a six issue mini. Yeah. I, again, it seems like this was going to be a five issue mini. And then they told him, you got to write this issue just does not. Uh, it doesn't blend. flow. It doesn't no. flow with the rest. It, it's a bunch of nonsense. I really think that the, I, I, I hated this issue. I really did. Uh, mainly because of what. What's say, a lot of people are talking about how they love the political satire. Like I went on, I think Dan Jurgens page, yeah, it was Dan Jurgens Twitter page earlier, okay. and people were talking about how they love the fact that he put Trump in there and shit yeah. like that. Like I hate that shit. I don't like anything dealing with politics. I read comics to escape reality and deal yeah. with fucking superheroes and shit like that. I like that stuff. Hate politics, and having it here just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, if if this is what it was all about from the beginning, yeah. um, maybe I would think a little different. But all of a sudden, from him trying to fix superheroes and going through that sort of fun you know goofiness yeah. which it got old it but old. that was what it was supposed to be and then out of nowhere he's going to change politics and then have it that there you have a uh, fucking uh, gridlock and he's going to go into the star trek galaxy amalgam trek. Yeah. the galaxy trek and again <coughs> it was nonsense it really was and, and you have even nonsense. have weeds and uh, reagan Weed. yeah. and reagan and uh, even that, it like nothing came from it. She's gonna lose her job. It put in what but that's happened. It, that's then? weird. The side characters book, like Re- Re- Reagan, Oscar Reagan and Weed, they really fall flat because they set up this whole thing. Like the government has to build a file on Batmite. This whole thing where Reagan has to keep him as a roommate, and it's just over. There's nothing there. Yeah, it yeah. just falls flat. No, completely. nothing. And um, I'm looking. The one thing I laughed was that. Uh, Dan Jurgens is trying to drum up uh, Batman Beyond sales. He has. To, I saw to that. that made I me saw, laugh. Yeah. Um, but then, like the big, the big twist. And again, it's not gonna. This isn't a uh, mind-bending book. But the big twist is he sees the uh, the thing on the side of the truck, like the the billboard of the side of the truck. Sometimes the best answer is gridlock. And you, hey. That means Senator Hargrave is gridlock. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you that shocked? He has and then the he gets gassed symbol. again when he freaking confronts him. And then we get to the whole thing where I'm going to let you watch the pi- the missing pilot episode, the Galaxy yeah. Trek, before uh, you again, die. Did that, the was, ultimate death. Was that, did, was that set up before? Yeah, it was set up in the last I, issue of the Imperial 5. Okay, that's I didn't read that one because Reggie. That's why I didn't read that issue, so yeah. I was a little off. I again the, I, whole, the whole issue was the whole issue was all about the the Galaxy Trek pilot episode. Okay, yeah, I, I maybe I should have run that or did a little maybe. preparation, but yeah, they go in and again it's the it's the exact opposite of you know Spock is is all it's emotional. the all emotional. Again, Actually, it's the J.J. Abrams universe in yeah, my mind. I know it doesn't even make it didn't even make me laugh. It no, really I'm sorry. Didn't. You're not a Trekkie fan. I'm saying no, I'm the not. jokes do not hit as well as they should. Yeah, I do but... like how the Captain Kirk uh, has that cadence of talk. Yeah, uh, that was pretty good. But yeah, but other it's than that... uh, this is one of these books though. These, this funny book, the six issue mini, like this and Bizarro in my mind, it, it's very hard to review because of how non important it is, how yeah, irrelevant yeah, that's what it I'm is saying. to everything yeah. else that we do. It's, it's very goofy, hard yeah. for me to. It's a goofy book, and it does not offend me. It doesn't do everything to, like to tickle my funny bone. It's no. just there, and it's it's not bad. Yeah. Then you have uh, the freaking the big mecha. I, mm. 
You know what I mean? I just essentially all, silent. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm taking silent. a drink. Yeah, I just. I just everything falls flat well, they, for me. They talked about the century silent, and he, like they kind of built it up a floor where it seemed like it was gonna be this big badass thing. And all it does is you're coming home by pointing, you know. Okay, yeah. Buy weed, buy Reagan. I gotta go see the tribunal. Um, hey, we're gonna execute him. No, we need him. For, yep. And like, and then they take off their robes, and, and it's they're it's all the Justice, Justice League mites. Yeah. I like that Aquaman was the hook hand. Yeah, the nineties hook hand. Yeah, uh, again, and they're very cute. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and you have that, and then like, and you they're said, gonna go fight Canceltron. Yeah, they're gonna fight Canceltron. And I thought I read it wrong, like, because my mind had been saying Canceltron all freaking yeah. week, and I look, no, it's just Canceltron. Canceltron. And then at the end, it says definitely not the end. I'm like, I'm sorry, I saw the sales. This is definitely the yeah, end. Yeah, it, it just didn't hit. And this issue again, maybe people would be like, man, I I actually like this one more, uh, because of the politics and stuff like that. But to me. It, it it wasn't the same. It, it moved like, away from yeah, what we it established. Yeah, it changed what we wanted uh, or what we thought we had. I really remember the first two issues. We were in. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and yes. the, even the third issue with uh, yeah. Damian Wayne. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was my favorite issue. Uh, yeah, it started going awry with Booster. Yeah, fourth and issue. And we said that it didn't seem like they did enough, that they could have done more with Booster. But, yeah, uh, as a whole, I can't say that this was a successful six-issue mini. Especially when Bizarro, which is a book I really don't care for, is selling outselling it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, these six issues, but again, maybe this is what everybody's been talking about. Like, hey, you know, th- this shouldn't be like one of the major books. And again, it isn't, but it is in the rotation. This should just be a goofy. This could be this could have been a, a digital title. Oh yes. And it probably what... would have sold just as well when it got collected and people would have, you know, the people who like it would have. This definitely it. feels like a, a digital book, and it should have been. I yeah. think it would have sold more, honestly. Yeah, but yeah, it's done. Uh, yeah, not really much to say about it. No, that's I got it. I'm saying I really like Corinne Howe's heart throughout this entire uh, art. art. Yeah, this, yeah, I, the art's great. The art is it. really good. The entire creative team. I yeah. The thing is though, I can't see. I don't want to say that I want Corinne. Uh, can't even say her name anymore. Corinne Howe uh, on any other book because I don't want to see a cartoon style in any of the other books I love. But I, it worked here, yeah. and I enjoyed seeing it here. But I don't yeah. want to see her on something else know. that I like. Uh, the, this sort of uh, deal would have to be like uh, a goofy book if if that's how. The art style always is going to be. I guess Zoo you know Crew. What I mean? Bring me a Zoo Crew. Yeah, yeah. Now again, you can't say that maybe uh, you know we're we're pegging her as uh, one trick pony. Maybe that's not the case. I'm looking up now. Uh, there is art. Actually, this one art. The first thing that comes up when I searched her under images. Right. There is a thing that actually the art to me would even do okay in We Are Robin. Okay. Uh, and like, well, a, that's cool. Then. That's even like a cartoony type thing. But yeah, I'm looking at a couple different things of her art, and yeah, there. It's a cartoony style. It's almost like a Babs Tar type deal. Right. Um. But yeah, in uh, this was awesome. I'm telling you, I there was not a down point in the not art. The art was strong, uh, panel per panel through the whole six issue. Um. But yeah, uh, when it's all said and done, though, I, I was a little disappointed with this. Uh, this was something you were looking forward to when it came when it was announced. You yeah, you were definitely going to be on it. But yeah, I uh, gave this a oh. six out of ten. Yeah, I actually would have given it a four. The uh, thing is, now after talking about, it, maybe I went a little high. But I'm saying, like, I, it's hard for me to review a book like this just because it's a funny book. It's not meant to mean anything or go anywhere. No. It's just there. I'm sorry, and I wasn't offended by anything in there. I'm sorry, no, I don't no. like politics. It was just, goofy. It's like Mad Magazine. Yeah, to me, it just seemed odd. It seemed like Dan Jurgens ran out of ideas and characters to go. So he's like, "Hey, you know what? I'd like to skewer next 
freaking politics. Trump. And I'm telling you, uh, I was a little upset because that's the I'll I'll have to go against my word. The Trump panel was awful. It did not look like Trump. The others were pretty good. That Trump did not look like Trump. It looked like freaking uh, what's his name, Kennedy. And Robert Kennedy? Me, no, no. What the, the now the wow, shoot. I'm so Teddy? Tired. Teddy. That's who it okay. looked like. Teddy Kennedy. All right, uh, I can see and that. In fact, now. I think the panel before he drove off a bridge and killed a woman. Oh good. Now that's politics. Eric. I think I should have given it a five though, but yeah. I'm saying this is was really hard for me because if you've enjoyed the series so far, you're gonna complete it here and it's yeah. not gonna offend you anyway. It's just gonna be there. It's not a good it's, I don't I can't even talk about it anymore because yeah. It is what it is. It's Four always been ten. what it is. Four out of ten. So, uh, what's your pick of the week? Oh my god! Um, Justice League, Dark Side, War, Flash. Yeah, uh, mine's Vision One by Marvel. <laughs> Am I allowed to do that? Actually, my I, mine has to be. Batman. You said earlier in the week you're going to yeah. say that. Mine I has to be ba- Batman: Arkham Knight number thirty-eight. It's a Flash review. It's a digital book. I don't care. It was yeah. Hands, uh, yeah. Head and shoulders over the I did not read that one. Uh, Here's what we have next week, Eric. Next week, we have Batman, number 46. Okay. I think it's uh, Batman uh, coming face-to-face with Bloom, it said. Uh, I'm down. Batman, Superman, number 26. And if you remember, uh, Batgirl is involved. I did not uh, care for that issue. Remember, and Dick and uh, Jason were there, too. So we'll see how that goes. We have Batman Beyond, number 6, which seems to end this brother eye nonsense. Really looking forward to it. Catwoman number 46, which is weird because I think that this, maybe, no, this is, this is Genevieve Valentine's last issue. I was thinking some reason that her, uh, that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frank Thierry. Frank Thierry started in January. No, I think he starts in December. So this will end her uh, run. And I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed it. Constantine the Hellblazer number six. I want to see what they got now that this all, that last story arc's over. Yep. Uh, Justice League United number 15, which will end not the book, but that uh, story with uh, Steel and Robot Man. And When's that book end? All December? Guys, December. So they'll okay. have one issue to tie everything up after that. Oh, jeez. We have Red Hood Arsenal number six. Always look forward to Red Hood is, Arsenal. Which what, is, what was the team called with uh, all those guys? It was at the end of last issue. I cannot yeah, recall. Yeah, I can't remember either, but it's that team that's going after them now. We have Starfire number six. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We have Superman, American Alien, number one. Which I am doing. really not looking forward to this book. The way things are going, I am. I'm really hoping it's good. Something different? I need something. Uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah, think I I'm, hope it's good, too, but I, I, don't, I just think don't think I'm going to like it. Just the way it's spelled out of what it's about of him being a teen and what he did, I, I think it's going to be nonsense. Uh, teen Titans, number 13. Yeah. I am surprisingly looking forward to this. I want to see where the story goes yeah, now. Yeah, actually, I do, too. Superboy's flown off. Yeah. Everybody's scared of each other. And everybody hates Red Robin. Yep, we have. Justice League, Dark Side War, Shazam number one, Eric. I am looking forward to that. And Justice League, Dark Side War, Green Lantern number one. Okay. <laughs> it's very odd. Uh, you pause He's there not a god. You, you pause, well, it doesn't say Justice League, uh, Dark Side War. They're gods, Green Lantern. I guess it's going to show him going back to Oa. Yeah, like I they, know the story. I'm saying yeah. every other I, person we're dealing with I know. is a god. Yeah, I don't know what's going to be. I am really looking forward to Shazam. I now, hold on a goes. second. Do you think this is going to keep uh, Hal out of it? Or just at the end, he's going to be coming back to Earth? No, he'll be coming back. He'll go, <laughs> and at the end, they'll be like, you better go to your buddies. Oh, yeah, he'll leave. Ah. And I also threw in uh, 
uh, on Vertigo Way, uh, Twilight Children number two, and I list this because uh, Reggie will be reviewing it on the site. Oh, nice. We won't be talking about it. He did number one and really liked it. I think that as of now, he's been trying to do most of the new Vertigo books uh, that came out. Uh, he really liked this. It's Darwin Cook. Oh, Reggie's our Vertigo it. whip. Yeah, and he's our—he's the whip. He's our little Lobo. Uh, <laughs> also, I wrote there, Eric, Puppet Master number eight is coming out. Yes, it is. Which leads me into what are you going to do? Are you going to go back? Me and you have not done a Just for the Hell of It review on Monday in a while. Are you... I, did it, I did it last week. Oh, you did do that. What did you do last week? Puppet Master. Oh, you did? What are you doing on Monday? I think I might be doing Evil Dead Beyond Dead by Dawn number oh, two. Evil Dead, like that Ash versus Evil Dead, huh? Yeah. You're enjoying that, aren't you? I am. Uh, uh, the, uh, the second episode came out today. It was not as strong as the first. Oh, but really? How, many, how many episodes is it? I don't know. I want to say 10, but I, okay. I could be it way off. It is definitely off. not like a full-out deal. It's, no, it's, it's uh, not like 22 episodes. Good. Good. <laughs> no, actually, I, I think that is good. They can, you know, you don't have a lull, hopefully. Hopefully you think, because, man, you love that first episode. I love it so yeah, much. I've yeah. watched it so many times. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna watch it tomorrow. I I'm saying that, it's on it's on for free. Yeah, that's I said. Uh, my wife, uh, I told her I don't want to watch it with the kids around. Uh, no, you do not. No, so I have to wait. I think that uh, they're gonna go play football at some. Well, point. I visited my mom last night and I I put it on because we we're just talking. I'm like, you know what? I just probably yeah. I just wanted to show her the beginning. Ended up wa- watching into it. My brother's you know does not is not allowed to watch horror shit. Yeah. And then it started getting really bloody and over the top violent. And he's yeah. like, Shane, don't watch this. I'm like, nah, Shane, it's fine. Keep watching. Yeah. And he was getting really freaked out. I'm like, this is, I, I can't put this on anymore. I had to turn it off. But it, I was having such a good time watching it again at my mom's house. Is that sexy scene in the first episode? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, that's the, I'm telling you, in my house, uh, violence is not, I'm not that worried about that. I'm more, I get more worried about sexy stuff. I got. Well, four boys living here. My my oldest son has his own place. But, uh, yeah, the sexy stuff. I don't need that. Then the next thing I know, all my kids are claiming they, they're tired. They're all <laughs> off in the room by themselves. I don't Why need are you that. so sweaty? I don't need that crap. Next up, like I did when I was a kid, I'd be doing that. And my mom would uh, claim that she, uh, you must have mono. It was always mono. I'm like, no, I don't have mono. I'm going mom. mono, hey, mono over here, baby. Uh, yeah, the one time I, I don't I know if I've ever, though, I, I've never told the story about when I went to the doctor, right? No. And I, I actually, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I actually went to the doctor, uh, at one point, I believe I was probably 12 and boy, I was, uh, hitting the meat hard. <laughs> I, I had discovered the, my calling in life and, um. I ended up getting a what I thought was a open sore on my cock, but when I went to the doctor and said, hey, I think I have a venereal disease, <laughs> and the doctor looked at me, and now again, this was back in the probably, would have been like so 80, early 81, yeah. and my do- it was a family doctor. This was a guy that I had gone to most of my life, and he said, oh, really? Uh, have you had sex? And I went, no, and I got all embarrassed. I'm like, no, no. He's like, well, uh, the only advice I can tell you is leave it alone for a while. And I got so embarrassed. Now, again, I thought he is going to tell my mom, no, your son's not sick. He's just jerking off too much. And I was so upset. And then uh, he did not tell my mom. But at that point, it's like one of those and things. You could, and you thought he did, so you ran to your mother to tell her first. Yeah, no. I, no I, just, awesome. I just 
stayed silent. But it's one of those things that throughout your life uh, as a guy, there are certain times where, you know, most people, I'm assuming, I don't want to be like you and talk for every Green Lantern or Green Arrow fan <laughs> or jerking off fan. Yes. But there's always those points in your life where uh, as you're jerking off that you think to yourself, that's it. I'm done. I can't keep doing this. I, I do it too much. You're it's disgusted like, with I'm yourself. telling you, after a Saturday afternoon of nine fucking sessions, and it, you're how do you shoot, know? How do you know what I did today? You're shooting out cartilage. Uh, you're like, <laughs> that's it. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. You, you can't. This is no. where when I would hear later, like, oh, these people were addicted to heroin, or that. I I understand. I understand because I actually I had very bad acne uh, as a kid, as a teen, and as a kid, as a teen. And um, I was convinced at that point that the only reason that I this is my this is how shit goes through my head. I jerk off too much, which causes an a overabundance of hormones, which is causing acne. The acne at this point, the worst thing that it was, it was I couldn't I. Anything that I could get rid of. I wanted to get rid of it. I couldn't stop jerking off. Yet I thought that's what was causing it. I still could not stop. I couldn't stop. I was addicted. (laughs) Then I remember I went to, uh, that was when I went to Sunday school. And for some reason we we had a thing where in Sunday school they were telling us like, hey, uh, you know, that's a sin. They were kind of going, they separated the boys and the girls. It it was weird. It's almost like the uh, retarded religious version of when they tell you about uh, the girls in school yeah, get separated. Health for the, yeah, health. So they tell us, oh, it's a sin. You can't do that. Sex is only to have kids, whatever. And then they threw in this crazy thing. And the guy, I remember the, I, the pastor or whatever said, and you have to realize that if you enjoy jerking off, or he didn't say that, if you enjoy masturbation more than the real thing, that makes you insane. Oh, no. And I was like, what? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? So then I went home, and I'm like, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't want to be insane. I, <laughs> that night, I probably fucking three times I jerked off. I'm telling you, it, it, I was Jim, hard Jim, all the time. Am I, am I insane? Yes, oh. because I know now that, yeah, no, you're not insane. You know what? You are a normal human being. Damn right. Because Jesus Christ, you, you don't have to please anybody then but yourself, Eric. I, I can't even but do that half the time. I know. It's getting harder and harder. <laughs> And I mean, right I mean, now. right now. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I would go and get my dad's Playboys out of his drawer, and yeah. boy, it never saw a hairier bunch of women in those books. But I remember there was one. It was a uh, Jimmy. Times for you it, back was the, you know, it was the uh, tennis player Jimmy Connors, his wife, and right. boy, oh my God, she was so hot. I, oh my goodness gracious. But yeah, now you can't. You, I don't know. I don't know what I need anymore. I was just happy that my parents had a bunch of porn videos and they weren't very good hiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, none of that, none of that. I, but I will tell you that at one point, if they took my blanket over to China, I could have impregnated the whole goddamn fucking country. <laughs> the, the thing was as stiff as a board. Could break it off like a potato oh chip. Oh my god, it was so it was bad. No, I, no, oh you. my. Like we we have all these different stories of masturbation, but the problem is, like I said, they had all these you know VHS pornos. Yeah, and uh, did. I didn't want to walk away with it because what if they came back and they were gone? So I put it on the, the VCR in their bedroom. Yeah. So there I am uh, sprawled out on their floor. Okay. Oh, on the floor, huh? Yeah, on the floor. Because I don't want to do it on the bed because that's just fucking yeah, weird. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Wow. But um, when you hear the door begin to open, the keys in the door, and then you realize, oh, my God, yeah. I'm naked and yep. I got to eject this tape, put it back and get back to my room. Wow. 
Well, let me tell you, Eric, uh, way back on uh, a Thanksgiving, right? way, way back. Thanksgiving's coming up, and this podcast has turned into a masturbation podcast. Uh, my worst story ever, uh, my grandmother and my retarded uncle. I have a uh, retarded Jeffrey. uncle, and I'm telling you, I, you can tell me I should say special needs. He was retarded. Oh, shit. Yeah, he was retarded. He At this point, he was probably like 35. Hey, he was a lot older than me, but yeah, he was just this big guy. And uh, they were coming over for Thanksgiving. So uh, somehow, I don't know why, I took a shower, and it, it was weird, yeah. though. It wasn't, you don't no, know why? I, I th- no, I, it was weird, though. It wasn't even like, it was, I don't You're know. You're sweating from all that I, masturbation. Yeah, well, I took a shower, and I got out of the shower. Now, at this point, I'm telling you, I was probably 11, 12 years old, and I went into my room, and I, the Sears catalog was there, and I was. That's why you gotta love Thanksgiving times. The Sears catalog comes out for yeah. Christmas time. You yep, go the Christmas all that Sears shit? catalog. Was yeah. Uh, so I was looking at the ladies in their undies in the Sears catalog. Now the problem being is my door did not have a lock because <laughs> uh, years before that, I don't know that the time frame of this, but me and my brother would play in the hallway. I my room was at the suitcases. end of the hallways. No, we didn't play suitcase. We played football, and it was okay. more like goal line stance. And yeah. somehow. He would be there, and basically it was an excuse for me to just plow through him and beat the crap out of him <laughs> as I went. So we went, and I plowed through him, hit my door, and it broke the broke the door, uh, where just anything. Yeah. So I had to prop the door. But at this point, I just closed the door. Everybody was downstairs. My grandmother was already there. So I just came out of the shower. I'm usually very careful with this when I was a kid. I was very careful. I Even was as not an that adult. day. I was not that day. I laid on the ground. I had the Sears catalog. I had my meat in my hand going to town. And my mom came up for, I, I usually, she would be, hey, call up. She didn't, she opened the door. There I am, dick in hand, Sears Spread catalog. Eagle. And she went, oh my God, Jimmy. And I freaked out. And I, and I turned the Sears catalog to the toys and pretend, no, no. And now, now I think, now I'm pretending like I'm jerking off the toys. I don't know what's going on. She's like, your grandmother and your uncle are downstairs. Oh my God. And she ran out of the room. I got the Sears catalog there. I'm like, and here again, we talked about it all these times. I finished off then. She went downstairs. I figured she's not coming back up again. I may have gotten to tell. I finished off. Bring, boom. Went to gut dress, went downstairs, and I sat there. My mom was daggers threw me at dinner. And I'm like, Again, in my, I'm thinking she told everybody. My grandma, <laughs> my grandmother already hated me, and we're there, and they, uh, oh my god! And then, uh, then I'm thinking, you know what, Jeffrey over there, retard, probably jerked off in the car on the way here. I do it nobody's, right now. Nobody's going at that guy. He's jerking off all over the place. Jesus Christ! At that BR, B, bark, the BARCs jerking yeah. off everywhere. Which my uh, grandmother worked there. Leave it alone. Exactly. See, it all leads to the grandmothers, which also leads to another story that my one buddy used to uh, teach uh, uh, special needs kids, but they were right. more like a like a special ed type thing. They weren't, yeah. you know, that bad. But they were all they uh, they took the kids to see the movie Balto, and one guy disappeared. They went, and the guy was in the middle of the movie theater, <laughs> naked, in the middle of the bathroom <laughs> of the movie theater, jerking off, probably thinking of Balto. Uh, a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> uh, yes. Best part of the books this week. Yes. Brandon uh, actually uh, sent me a message earlier. He's like, hey, you know, what's going on? Actually, he had just watched Kung Fury. Right. Uh, he had uh, probably heard us talk about that in the past podcast because he's gone back and listened. He's, I finally watched Kung Fury. It was awesome. And I said, oh, man, now you want, you're want you getting me wanting to watch it. It was about 830. 
And he's like, oh, you could take a half hour go and do this. And I'm like, I'm already exhausted. I got to get these books done. He's like, no, no. I like when you're tired because crazy stories happen. <laughs> crazy stories indeed. I, I hope my wife does not listen to this podcast, Aaron. I would be interested. And if she did, she would never get this far. Well, the thing is, if she does, that's normal stuff. This is stuff guys do. I, I don't know. I, again, it's probably the worst thing that ever happened to uh, humans when people thought that uh, jerking off was that much of a sin. It's a bunch of nonsense. No, actually, it's good it because I don't want to see a bunch of people jerking off around town. No, I don't mean doing it. I mean, Jesus Christ. I guess, though, the way it is, they had to do that because guys legitimately like it more than, you know, oh, yeah, man. the other thing. And the, the human race would have died off. <laughs> a bunch of freaking guys jerking off. Whew. Jesus <sighs> Christ, Eric. But, yeah, that, that's the podcast. That's it, man. I think I might. Uh, I am spent. Yeah, I am, too. It's, uh, you know, to tell you, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I am oh tired. God. I am going to go, but yet I'm still going to go down and make something to eat. Or, of course you are, Fatty. I'm going to make something to eat. And I, you know what? I may just sit back and read Midnighter again just for fun. Or the Sears catalog. Ooh, that Sears catalog. That's the weird. That just tells you, uh, number one, my age, and number two, the what? it was just nonsense that you had. Kids oh, nowadays, I know, man. Jesus Christ. I said, I'm surprised there isn't a joke, and there might be, about a uh, kids nowadays, how instead of finding the porn supply, they find their dad's bookmarks. Seriously. And go, but who bookmarks things anymore, Eric? Who does that? But yeah, uh, Sears catalog. I used to like Sears it. Sears catalog. So did I. Ladies, I loved it. Ladies in their undies. But I also like to look at the toys, but usually not with my cock in my hand. Nope. Whew, that was a hell of a Christmas, Eric. I was very, I probably, that Christmas, I probably got the uh, pitfall. And it was one year I got yeah, Pitfall. Yeah, great Christmas present. Yeah, one year I got Pitfall, but what happened is my mom bought it in the middle of November, and I knew she did, and I kept grabbing it out and playing it. So by the time Christmas came... You are came, the worst. I, I actually, that was that. a life lesson for me, because by the time Christmas came, I was done with the game. I'd had enough, and actually it was upsetting. Like my kids, today, uh, yesterday, they got Black Ops 3. It's part of their Christmas. I think three of my four kids in the house have already spent all their Christmas money already. <laughs> And I don't. I I know. I should probably stop them from doing that because of like I said. But they have to learn the lesson too. They yeah, I was always afraid lesson. that like you know I didn't want to spoil Christmas for myself, so yeah. I never went around anything where I knew they might be hidden. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew where she hid the stuff. I just went in and it was there. It was. And I was afraid of being punished. Yeah, yeah. Again, I I grab Pitfall. I play it. Put it back in the thing. Put it back. But I I liked it. But yeah, by the time Christmas came, I'm oh Pitfall. Well, my right. mother wrapped the presents right away. Yeah, no, my mom uh, actually never wrapped presents. So when we got the presents, they were just in a pile without being wrapped. And this is, you know, for, I continue again, 25, years, 25 years later, I still can't wrap presents. Yeah, I so I would not so do it back then. Uh, Tanya wraps them sometimes. Sometimes we just, yeah, whatever. It, it all depends what the, the things are. One Christmas, Tanya demanded that all they get are books and uh, book gift certificates. That's the worst, worst Christmas, Christmas ever. ever. And I said to her, Christmas is supposed to be fun. Uh, sometime in my worst Christmas, we had just moved to a new town. And my mother and my, I had married my stepfather maybe a year or two before this. Yeah. And I just moved to a new town. And for that Christmas, they decided that we're going to start acting as a family more. So every present I got that year was a board game. Oh, yeah. You did so tell me. I did. It was a board game. though. We had just moved to a new town. I didn't have any friends, and they never played with me. Yeah. So all that it was—it was, a, it was it, a great idea in their minds until they had to act on it. Then, eh. yeah, then they didn't want to play. 
What no. games do you get? You remember? Sorry. No, I don't even recall anymore. I was too I was too busy trying to get the tears out of my eyes to fucking actually <laughs> look at them. You're like B six. I sunk my own battleship. I'm a loser. And then I start slicing my Nobody wrist right there. Nobody likes me. And then you're shoving those little pegs up your ass. I don't oh. know why, but it made you feel better. Ooh, That's yeah. the end of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the one year we got Clue <laughs> for everybody, and nobody liked it. Board, I love Clue. Yeah, I but still, board nobody... games are just kids can't. They're not. That's that time is gone. Eric. I just wanted someone to play it's with. Like Jim. black licorice. Oh God. And other and peanut shoes. And wearing a hat with a propeller. I love peanut shoes. You God I know you damn do. you! You shut up. Yeah, it, it's Brooks. late. You want to end it? Yes, let's end it. All right, let's end it. Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. We'll see you in seven. I will see you in seven. Oh, there he goes. Oh, there he goes.